can see that left hook that landed Akimo's right ear. Oh, legs wobbly there, just barely, barely get a takedown in. Now Prohaska's basically could technically be paying, playing target practice here. Kingo covering up, Kingo's coming up, Prohaska's going in there for the finish. Dallas, it's over! Yeah. We have a new light heavyweight champion here at Rising. Kingo just simply was fatigued. Prohaska noticed it, picked up the pace, and ended the fight. Hey everybody, you are listening to the We Are Rising podcast, your source for all things Rising, news, interviews, reviews of fights, etc, etc. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Jay Christian Gary from Focus Fights. Hey y'all, how's things going? And with us, we have a returning guest to join us on this Rising 15 review podcast. With us, we have Joseph Matos, who was with us for the Ryzen 14 uh, review show, and preview show, by the way. And it's great to have you once again, Joseph, to uh, give your takes and hear your thoughts on everything JMMA and all that. Yeah, uh, good to be back. I'm going to be quite honest with you guys. Um, I, like When I was watching Ryzen 15, I only caught up to like the Soja Kita Oka fight and from, from everything after as I was asleep during that time. But I did see like the rise confession stuff for everything that led to everything that's that had that led up that led up the fights. So in terms of that, I'll be good on. And you are familiar. We'll get you up to speed on all the stuff uh, and all that before uh, we talk about the fights. So you can also we can we'll also talk about like stuff that happened in the fights and what we thought about it. And you could probably definitely like give. Your thoughts on like who should fight who next or something like that. So you know, listen, you'll still be, you still will have important stuff to contribute. I'm pretty sure. But before we talk about that, we gotta talk about the Avengers Endgame. Just kidding, not at all. We're not gonna well, talk screw about. Screw that. Um, get that out of here. We gotta get talk. We gotta talk about some some non well like well it's it's rising related ish news uh, and stuff that happened and the first thing I want to get into is some I want to get it over with now because if not I'm gonna be talking about it forever and I just want to get off get off my chest was something that esteemed UFC journalist uh, for ESPN Ari Hawani said. Uh, on April 20th, 4.20 for you, um, smokers out there. Um, now April 20th, this was the day that the UFC had a show early on in the morning. I think, was it in 
Was it in Prague? Or no, no, not Prague. Uh, it was in Russia. That was it, Russia. Uh, and and um, what also um that night uh, well, what we been, well here's what he said. Uh, this is what he tweeted out. He said, "No major MMA tonight, but there is pound for pound great Terence Crawford versus Amir Khan at MSG. You watching?" Now, what is wrong with what he said? Wait, real quick. How was that fight anyway, if anybody knows? Oh, uh, did you watch it, Christian? I only seen bits and pieces of it, but I know that Terrence Crawford won despite an intentional low blow. Yes. It was, um, do you remember the, it was, uh, the only time I can remember a fight ending like that was, um, uh, what's his name, um, da 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 um, uh, Anthony. Rico versus Andrew Gulata. Oh, I was, I, I, MMA, I was going to say, when Rumble Johnson lost by Ipoke. Remember that? Um, I forgot who he was fighting, but he rematched the guy and beat the shit out of him. But it was just kind of like, what? Really? That's how you end this big boxing match? Because this guy gets a little blow? I think if you want a better, I think if you want a better example, like think of you remember Bellator when they had Hoist Gracie versus Ken Shamrock three, it ended via low blow. Well, no, because what happened was that he, I thought he got the low blow and then started doing ground and pound on him. That's what I thought happened. Christian, do you remember that fight? That 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 fight? I remember that fight just as much as I remember the Kimbo Slice dollar five thousand fight. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm not gonna get over freaking Donna 5000 going out with a sledgehammer. And I remember the hype package for that dude. I think I'm, I'm like, I'm YouTube mad. Well, okay, I'm so. Like, having a hard time just trying not to, like, la die of laughter. But basically, well, here's the problem of what he said He said that there was no major MMA tonight. I and, disagree with that wholeheartedly. And you know what was also on that night as well? There was a show called Rise of 15. Now, apparently, a bunch of people, including myself, did get mad at him. Um, wait, is this the, wait, wait, real quick. Is this the usual people? Like, you know, Megaton, Teep? Um, it was the usual people, but then uh, there were other people that yeah, were also... Like other people who are, like, legit fans of the of Ryzen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, and, you know, you also had the people who are, like, anti-Ryzen come in and be like, Oh, you know, boom, roasted Ryzen, which I'm, I'm tired of hearing that phrase already. It's not even been a month since I think I've that phrase has been um, invented by uh, Ariel Hawani. Oh, no, not Hawani. Uh, ben Askren. Excuse me. And um, when Ben Askren is kicked out of the UFC, guess where he's going? Back to one. He's gonna if Ben Askren gets fucked off of the UFC, he's gonna be eating those words when Saki Abar is making a phone call, giving him an offer he can't refuse. Oh, of course. Uh, but um. Basically, uh, so he then, um, so he, let's see, I don't know what time he uh, what time he sent that that tweet out, but also he sent out a follow up tweet after that, um, saying sorry for offending all the rising white knights, but a car that ends at around six a.m. Eastern, which is not true, that that car did not end, the car did not end at six a.m. Eastern, not even close, uh, isn't considered tonight for me. Could I have been clearer? Sure. 
My bad, but you know what I meant. Chill, bros. Um, you know, you could have just, you know, watched a replay the next day. But also, what made me mad, this this made me mad, was because of his... Okay, so here's the thing. He's supposedly the top journalist in MMA. Or at least the most famous. If he does not know that there's a Ryzen card on that day, even if he doesn't plan on watching it's possible it... possible not to know. Okay. I mean, there were, commer- you, there were, you, there were like commercials for it on YouTube. Yeah. There were articles on for it on other websites. Um, Manny Pacquiao was involved with it, and, so, and Kyoji Horiguchi, Tension was returning. So, let's just, let's just say if he, you know, let's say if the benefit of the doubt that, you know, he didn't know about it, you know, it was not on his radar, or he forgot. Let's just take that argument for a second. If he is getting mad at people for correcting him about a major MMA promotion, then... He's clearly he either he was either doing it to bait people or to be a bad troll. I say a mix of both. And if he, I'm thinking he, I'm thinking he's just a UFC. I'm thinking he's just a UFC dick writer. Oh, probably, probably. But also, here's the thing: his response that like rising white white knights. Here's the thing: yeah, I don't like that comment. You basically you. And here's the, this is not the first thing he's ever said about Ryzen. He, I know a while ago he made a like a backhanded, I guess, compliment on Ryzen or something, and um, I know the Ryzen English account chimed in or something, and um, I'm trying to remember what it was. I don't want to exactly comment because if I don't remember what, I don't want to put out something that wasn't true or anything. But yeah, he, this is not his first time where he's. Insulting Ryzen. And here's the thing. As a journalist, if I don't expect him to cover it at this point. Unless Floyd Mayweather is involved, apparently. But I'm basically... he didn't cover when, uh, when Pacquiao was there. Yeah, well, fair, well, you know, let's just say, you know, Pacquiao is not, wasn't fighting, so... Let's just say, you know... I'm surprised he didn't cover the fact that, you know, just the fact that you know that... Saki Bar was able to get a deal with Pacquiao to bring, you know, Filipino fighters to fight for uh, Horizon, which is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. But what, but it... Sorry, go ahead, Christian. I mean, especially in the Philippines, where they were basically covering that like it was major news. Yeah, exactly. And for the Philippines, that is a big deal for them. I just... Because they don't have much... His response, though, is such a asshole response, though. There's no other way to put it. Like It's like those people who say, oh, you got triggered because of something. I almost, want to do the bad luck, I almost want to do the bad luck folly. You know what I mean? Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> yes. That's my literally anything. It's su- pretty much my answer to pretty much a lot of things. It's such a... You know what I'm... Okay, Joseph, you remember... You maybe remember this. Do you remember when Chelsea Green uh, tweeted out... Uh, I don't remember if it was this year or if it was last year. Um, but she tweeted out... Uh, it, imagine being a promotion 2019 and not having women on your roster. 
And then people got mad because they thought she was talking about New Japan. And then hours later... Actually, the comment was directed at New Japan, actually. Oh, okay, but here's the, here's the thing. She claimed she was not talking about New Japan. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, but here's my, my, here's my point. Hours later, I'm talking like maybe six, seven, eight hours later, after everybody got angry and were sending her, you know, messages, whatever, she says, oh, just for the record, I was not talking about New Japan. No, she was talking about New Japan in that tweet. Well, that's the thing, is that like, so this is either, it's either, so there's, there's either two questions that he, that he's an idiot and doesn't know, what he's, that he doesn't know anything about anything outside UFC, which is possible, or he's troll baiting. Well, he I, he has to know about Bellator because Chael Sonnen is on the is on his show sometimes. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And he works with, with him. Sorry, Christian. And he works with the motherfucker after UFC shows. Exactly. Exactly. Um. But with with it was so his his response was just such a. F- was like such a cunty response. I don't know. Like, there's no other way to like. There's no other way to like say it. It's. It was such like being a cunt. When did everybody in that? When did when did every MMA journal start being anti JMMA all of a sudden? I think, and this is just gonna be a guess. A lot of these new journalists did not grow up with. J with pride or dream or other or rings or other promotions outside the UFC. No, there's even ones even present day that are that or that are not you know newer that don't cover JMMA. Period. Well, that's the thing is that like they don't know about it. They didn't grow up with it, so I don't think. Do they not do any research to where these U where UFC be getting people. But it's that's that's where, well no they I'm sure they do but you know it's kind of like you know it's it's why you know why New Japan still gets ignored at at times you know not as much as it used to but like because just there is no act I'm pretty sure that a lot of these new journalists a lot of these new MMA journalists just. You know, Pride. When was Pride brought out? Bought out like 2007, 2007. Yeah, 2007. Okay, so 2007, Pride is gone. Um, I'm not gonna count. I'm not gonna put Dream or any of the other promotions that followed up or anything like that. Um, or K1, but let's put. I'm gonna put Pride there. When Pride went away, there was a lot. You know, it definitely left a a gaping hole in the JMMA world. And with that. I think a lot of those, a lot of those, those journalists who are working now, um, they were maybe like in high school or middle school, uh, early high school, I guess, or late middle school when uh, Pride was at its peak. They may not even been aware of MMA at the point. They may not have been watching. So when they got into MMA, it was either through maybe Strike Force, Bellator, or probably UFC. So like anything that's outside the American Western MMA bubble is like this foreign, exotic like, oh, Gabby Garcia versus a 180 pound kickboxer, or Bob Sapp versus this sumo guy. That's what they see as Japanese MMA. Basically, 
whole freak show bullshit as JMMA and not the basics like how it basically formed off Pancration, how there's a pro wrestling element to it, and how they actually treat it more like a sport instead of entertainment. Exactly. But also, you know, also put this in, in current New Japan uh, terms. Um, a lot of people came in with the elite, with Kenny Omega, the Bucks, Cody, that group. And Actually, now- they came in around after Wrestle Kingdom 11, before Cody and them came around. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm talking about, like, the like elite proper, when the elite bull club yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, no, they came in during pre-elite. Um, but I'm saying that, but what my point is, is that the, a lot, when they left, a lot of fans are, are kind are like, who, 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 who are wa- watching New Japan are like, oh, what is this? This, this is, this isn't the same, they're like, it's almost like, you know, cutting a chicken, uh, cutting a chicken's head off and watching it run around and around and around. It doesn't know what, the, what, what it wants to do. That, that, that you know makes really funny. You know, it's really funny. Yes, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, what's really funny, uh, not to stir up, um, New Japan's business in their home country has been has been fine even with them gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, because they, they have stars, you know, their brand is not the thing. They're, the stars actually bring money to their promotion, and, you know, even if they they have people injured or whatever, they, they, they know how to put people back in, unlike, uh, other promotions that are going, that are losing television ratings. Well, I'll 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 leave it at that. Um, hey, you heard about the E losing eight around like eighty four mil in their stock thing? Oh yes, but we're not gonna get into that at all. We're we're That's not a gonna... story for another day. We're yeah. we're here to talk about you know good old our favorite promotion in Japan. But yeah, I wanted to bring I just wanted to bring it up because it really made me angry because just of the myopic view of a lot of MMA journalists, uh have now and it's really it's really disheartening that it would be ignored as a major MMA promote Ryzen 15 the show itself would be ignored as a major MMA show yet somehow other shows that were not considered major are, are considered above that I don't know if you Joseph or you Christian have anything else you want to say on this I admit it was kind of like my thing I want to talk about but I'll let you guys say whatever you want Ariel Hawani, here's what, in the great words of Mr. Farley, fuck him! <laughs> Anything you want to say, Christian, about that, about the topic? Well, when it comes down to that particular topic, I think that it has something to do with the whole UFC paradox. Like, if you're not basically a feeder system to the UFC, like how Invicta and the LFAR, or if your show's not being showcased on the UFC Fight Pass, with the exception of Pancrase and Shudo, you're not really all that interested. I agree. No, I absolutely agree. Um, and, uh... Yeah, and, also, and also, if you're not basically trying to compete for the same eyeballs like 1FC and Bellator are, no disrespect to them, then you're not even considered in the same playing field as them. Yeah, that's true. That's that's uh that's very true. Um, 
yeah, I just wanted to lead off of that, you know, and just, you know, hopefully in the future, Helani will not troll bait, because there's nothing worse I hate than bad troll baiting. Um, you know, there actually has been something I've been wondering, and I wanted to get your guys' opinions on it. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Alright, do you guys think that maybe, like, you know, that Ryzen should just get, like, its own streaming service? And not have to bend to the whims of, uh, of TV deals? Well, what do you want? You, you mean, you mean, do you mean, you mean international streaming, do, something for international? Yeah, like, you know, like, a, like their own, like, international, like, streaming service? Uh, I don't think they need to. Fight is good enough. Um... I don't, you know, I don't know, because if you, they do, here's the thing, they would have to set up their own infrastructure, they have to have their own servers, they have to have enough servers for people to watch, you know, because you can't, don't want to have okay, legs. Okay, what if it was, like, something in the future? Uh, I, I, I still would say no. I'm happy with fights. It's, there's nothing wrong, I, I've had no, not really a lot of issues with fights. Um, when I've so, watched... I'm not saying about issues in fight, I'm just saying, you know, like, in a future thing, like, what if, you know, like, you know, if things with fight go, don't work out and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Well, then here's the thing, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to go for the UFC Fight Pass or DAZN or something like that. It's just, it would be easier to have somebody else take care of the internet, you know, the streaming um, things. I, I think UFC would rather kill Ryzen than put it on the fight pass. Oh, it's possible. Oh, you know, or the zone. You know, I just don't think it, there's no there's no reason damn, that damn Dana White is gonna finish what he started with pride. <laughs> and he's gonna put Saki yeah. Bar on another seven year sabbatical. Yeah, and that would basically be a sight that nobody wants to see. I see nothing. I don't see the. I don't see any reason to have their own streaming service. What do you think about that, Christian? Do you think that they should set up their own streaming service? I don't think so. I think when it comes down to them starting their own streaming service, that's the last thing they should worry about right now. I agree. Because even though, Joseph, you said it correctly, whatever Fuji TV wants, they get. But they're better off being on Fuji TV rather than, you know, just fucking off and starting their own streaming service. And the same goes for Fight TV as well for us in North America and internationally. I agree. No, I agree. There's no. It's it just fight. Fight's already there. Fight has a good track record. Uh, I don't I know, see. It's just a, I know. It's just a, you know a hypothetical. You know, like you know, just a thought. Here's the thing. Even if they made a hundred billion dollars, you know, next year, and they had all the money, they were making more money than 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 UFC uh, or and WWE. I would still say no, because that because here's the thing. Because if if there's anything I've learned about you know. If you don't know what you're doing with your streaming service, it will you will fuck up. You leave the streaming stuff to the professionals, to people who know how to, you know, balance out the servers, get the right amount of server infrastructure. Leave that to them. Don't leave, don't, you know, rise let rise and worry about putting on the fights and selling out the Saitama Super Arena. Don't you know, we don't they they don't need another another thing on their plate in my personal opinion. It's an interesting question, and you know, I know that it, it, that they might even like want to do that because you know, hey, because <clears throat> I'm pretty sure they have to cut some of the profits to um, fight. Uh, but if they they would rather just you know 
be like WWE, where you know they're just reaping all the profits from those uh, from the net from their own network. I I don't think that you know. I just I don't think it would be advisable. I agree with Christian. Exactly. Okay, I got one. Okay, I got one more thing. Shoot. Okay, so you know I'm hearing all this crap with you know with the with the Fuji TV ratings and stuff like that, and I'm like, but it's only on one region. What about all? There's more than one region in Japan besides Kanto. Yes, but also the Kanto is the most populous region of all Japan. That includes that includes Tokyo, Saitama. Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like how ratings are. I don't know. I wouldn't say how ratings are done here, but like most ratings are. I guess I guess if you want to count demographic wise, when when ratings are released here, a lot of the demogra- the only demographic that's ever released is usually eighteen thirty four. Everything else before. I don't get what I'm trying to say though, because you know, like, because there's more than one region in Japan besides Kanto. Also, here's the other thing as well. The rate the rating might be so small that it's not even measurable. Here's the thing, you know, a lot of, here's the thing, a lot of, like, when you go to the boondocks in Japan, I'm talking like, you know, where, you know, the farm villages and all that stuff, a lot of them don't, either, just, just probably have basic cable, uh, no, just regular, uh, whatever, uh, I'm trying to think of, if Fuji TV is, uh, I think we that Fuji TV is a regular channel, like, um, Asai, and, um, I'm trying to think of the other one. Um, Asai, NHK, TV yeah. Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know one thing. You're not going to be watching uh, Rise on TV Asai because Knockout is on TV Asai. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, with uh, the ratings, uh, just for um, to let everybody know, uh, the Rise, there was the Ryzen rating was released um, for... Um, Rise of fifteen. We're gonna talk about it later, but I guess we might as well just talk about it now. I think it was um the average rating was five point eight percent, with the highest peak being the tension match at eight point eight. So here you know, here's the thing. Yeah, but again, it's only counting one region though. Yes, but also it is the it is the most populous region and also and might be the only region where there's any of any sort of significant spike in the ratings. That's what I'm saying, is is that like it could just, you know, maybe in Okinawa, one person is watching Ryzen on Fuji. In that case, it wouldn't even matter, you know, that... Well, that to be fair, don't forget that Ryzen's in other countries too. You know, Russia and stuff like that. Yeah. China uh, and all that stuff. Um, I would, it would, yeah. Um, but I don't know, like, I have no idea how Russia and China uh, and other countries do their ratings. I'm so, yeah, And the other thing is this. And, you know, I always keep bringing this shit up because, you know, like, you know, the ratings, you know, that, you know, that is a factor. But having asses in seats is also important. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because what do you think is the perception of people watching on TV if it's an empty arena? I think, I think, I think. Not only that, but eyeballs to screens, too. And think about it this way. That building, you know, friggin' Saitama will look nice and full. I know. I, you know, but also, here's the reason why the ratings do matter. Because Ryzen wants to be, uh, they are on a good television station, and basically what is also supporting their popularity is being on a good television station. There's a reason why they don't want to be on Samurai TV or TV Asai late at night at 2 a.m. It's because they want good ratings will mean better. It will mean more butts in seats. 
Uh, well, don't forget that, you know, Knockout and New Japan are on, or are normally with TV Asahi and Samurai. Yeah. But also don't forget that, that New Japan, <coughs> excuse me, is on at 2 a.m. Uh, on the... Uh, oh, I'm aware of that. Yeah. Oh, oh, but that also has an effect on their attendance. That, you know, New Japan draws fantastic with that, despite being on 2 a.m. So, I don't know, figure that out. And, I'm pretty sure, you know, and, and, you know, and you know, you got, you know, people, you know, outside the country watching it. Oh, yeah. I think, I, I, Ryzen, though, it would be in their best interest to focus on getting good ratings, uh, on, uh, just as, especially because they're, they're still, a still growing promotion. They still have to, they still have to, you know, become bigger, if that's the word, uh, and... Well, they need to get their presence more out there. Yeah, the that's that's a better way to put it. Is to get their presence more out there, because you know, don't forget, twenty fifteen is when they were four. It when is when they had their first show. Twenty. It's do you twenty. Think they should try to go to do shows in like in um, outside of the Kanto region. Um, I think they're planning on doing. I think uh, they were gonna do. I think uh, they were gonna do a show of Kobe. I believe that Kobe is not in the Kanto region. Let me double check on that. Um, I I know they're gonna do a show in Osaka, which. Yeah, Kobe is not in the Kanto region. It's actually in the Yogo Prefecture, which is not in the Kanto region. So we'll have to see how they how they draw in Kobe. They're doing it at the Kobe World Hall, which for you Dragon Gate fans out there, that's where um isn't that where they do the uh the Dragon Gate uh, big show, their WrestleMania type show, I think. I, I I believe so. Yeah. Um. What is it called? Like, is it called like? The enter other the... thing is that you know that if Fuji wants like Ryzen to do well, they need to put the machine behind them. The machine behind them? And what would be you the know machine? commercials? Oh, they make oh. Com they do make commercials. I was saying you know do commercials. You know have some of the, you know Ryzen talent on some of their programs. Oh, they do that yeah. sometimes. As long uh, as they don't do weird shit like that shit commercial that they done in Pride. The what? I'm talking about, you know, like, have them, like, be, like, guests on game shows or something, or do that thing that, you know, well, random. you know, it's, it's funny that you say that, so, I was talking with one of my friends in Japan over who's more of a well-known name, Takaru or Tenshin, and he said Takaru, because Takaru is on all, of, like, these talk shows, he's branched out to, like, do music, he's on magazine covers and, and stuff, so, he's doing... A lot more, and I don't know if that's K1 pushing him or if that's just. That's probably K. That's probably K1 doing that. It probably yeah. So there's that. Um. But they 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 should. I know that New Japan does that a lot. I mean, well, they already have Togi Makabe, who's who was already. Um, well, Togi Makabe's on like on TV on morning programs doing Sweet Makabe. Mm -hmm. I guess also the thing is that you got to have person people who Tanahashi have. Per had a movie. You got you gotta have people who have personalities for the here's yeah, the thing. Anyway, and over here, Tai Chi was in a TV show, a TV drama. Mm. The thing I've learned about oh, Japanese television talk was in a crime TV drama. I've learned the thing I've learned about Japanese talk shows is that that they thrive on personalities. They thrive on people who have charismatic and person and just personal energy. And I'm sure I'm surprised that they haven't done like some crazy, some crazy cam, crazy thing with tension and Connors is their date. I wouldn't, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. But like, you, you know, come on, you wouldn't think I mean, you, you wouldn't, come on, dude. 
Dude, 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 you and I both know a Japanese. You know of our, you know of our, you know of a variety show would eat that up. <laughs> I think. Yeah, but do we really want to see Tension and Kana get exposed by reality TV cameras? Like how these no-name ass wipes here in the states get exposed? No, not like no, not like reality TV. I'm not talking about like reality TV. I'm talking about variety show. Oh, talk show. Okay. I think reality show. But also, you know, if you think about, it, if you look at all the Japanese people that are on, uh, that are mainly on Ryzen shows, you know, the Kyoji Horiguchis, uh, like Kyoji, I'll well, say it's Kyoji's about. Barely, well, Kyoji's barely in Japan at all. He fucks off to 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 America when he's training. Yeah, and also, let's be honest, you know, he's a great Especially fighter. Because of the fact that he trains out of American Top Team, which is in the Miami area. Yeah. At least you know. At least you know, like you know, Kana will do like you know questions and stuff on on social media with her fans and stuff like that with King Reina. Well, it's supposed to be honest. Also, that Kyoji isn't really. He doesn't have a personality. He's a very. He's very white as bread. Uh, he's very white bread. If that makes any sense. Well, he draws. He draws, but also, but he's, but he's just not like he's he's like GSP. Where, like, I think it's more his technical talents that, that draw him and not so much the personality. I know that a lot of people just... How long did it say is, as a spoiler, wait till the summer. Alright, how about this? Who do we think in Rising, okay, within the Japanese side of the roster are the ones with personality? Or have, you know, uh, you know at least a decent personality? So, let's, we will put King Reina on that list. She's got personality. I was just about to say her. King Reina. She would draw pretty good well in, in, in if she ever wanted to be a pro wrestler. I think yeah, Christian had a good one. So, uh, Kitaoka has a personality. Um, yeah, you know, Kana Sakura, she's got some personality. Hey, so too does Takanoi Gomi. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Let's name some people in the Japanese side of the roster. You know, Would people. you say that Tension has personality? He, I think he would. I mean, come on, he he does some he does appearances on DDT too. I mean, the dude is nearly twenty one years old, old enough to buy a beer here in the states. <laughs> and remember, he has appeared on and he's done some comedy stuff with the DDT promotion too. And you're going to need personality you're if you're going to be doing stuff with DDT. You're talking about Shinya Aoki, right? Not, no, wait, actually, you're talking about Shinya Aoki and not Tension. No, no, I said that, no, I've said that Tension has made appearances in DDT. Oh, okay. I know Shinya Aoki wrestles for DDT from time to time. But Tension has made, you know, comedy appearances on DDT from time to time. Okay, I got one. And you know you need you're gonna need personality if you're doing if you're wrestling in DDT. You know what I mean? I have a I have one who's a right. who's got personality. As long as you're not being booked to be in a shit show. I got one. I got one, guys. The reason why they got a TV deal with Abima. I got one. Hold on, guys. I got one. Shinobu Kandori. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. But don't forget, she was a politician too. So she would. She would. She. You have that personality for that. Exactly. She knows. Especially when you do your campaign speeches. Um, let's see. Reina Kubota, she's got personality. I don't think so. I think that Reina, I think Reina, uh, I think she just knows how to, uh, 
Does she have? Does, does she have like a, a personality like you want to have her on a talk show and doing weird things? Personality. She's been on a few of those. She's even done like you know like the shoot box stuff with some comedy guys. That's the thing is that like is there anything else like here's the thing like. I feel like, like the wrestlers that they always have on these talk shows are doing all these like wild shit. They're doing things all, all over the place. So, like, could Reyna do the other stuff? You think? Maybe. Because I know that she, you know, she appears on these. Uh, she's on the on these show on shows from time to time. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. What about Kanako Murata? Well, she's about to go and fight an invicta. Yeah, part of that dual deal that she has. I don't think, yeah, I don't think she really has a personality. That's not, that's not like an attack on her that like, oh, she's boring. I just don't think she, she doesn't appear to be like, oh, who the, how the fuck I forget this? I know she hasn't fought in a while, but Ring Nakai. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I wonder how is Ring, I wonder how, has anybody heard from Ring for, since the kidney failure? No. That is, oof. That's, I hope she's okay. That's all I'll say. Or is she just taking time off, or is she just, you know, taking extended time off right now until she's 100%? I think, it's gotta be something like that. Um, but I hope she comes back, because she was, she, we need her for the 125 division. Um, so. but that's all, you know, um, Joseph, just I don't want to I don't want to end the topic early, but I want to move on to other things. Is that okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. We can continue this later, but it, you know I think this is a pretty interesting topic to yeah. have as a leader on point. Um, but I also want to talk about uh, briefly. Um, Darren Cruikshank had a little run in with the uh, with the with the internet police for a video that he posted. Was it on Instagram or was it, uh, did he post it on Twitter? It was on Instagram. I should have figured. Uh, wait, 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 about that, about this video, about this video. How the hell did Saki Ibarra and them learn about this? Oh, probably people saw Japanese people saw it on his on his Instagram. They're like, oh, and so they 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 probably like forward it to uh, Ryzen Sakaki Barra. People, there's there's a streamable of it, uh, somewhere on Twitter. But basically, what happened is Darren Cruikshank. This was in okay. So I think I actually went into this pet store. It looked exactly like a pet store that I went to when I was in Nakano Broadway when I went to Japan last year. It looked like the same exact setup, the same exact way that they held the pets. Unless it's like a like another like a franchise. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the same store. But basically, what he what happened was he went into this pet store. Uh, it was a, 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 a selling. They were selling dogs. And he opens up, up, opens up the video with uh, him saying, uh, Hello everybody, I'm at a Japanese meat market. And then he proceeds to go up to a couple, a man and woman, and they're looking at a dog. And then he's, uh, he says some, Mmm, delicious, yummy, 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 while recording them looking at a potential dog that they might buy as a pet. And they look very uncomfortable. And I don't know if that's a symptom of them not knowing what he's saying and not knowing how to respond or knowing what he's saying and not knowing how to respond. But he was, it, 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 it got very uncomfortable. And of course, you know, 
people got angry. People were saying that he's racist. Yada yada yada. Oh, the SPWs came out of the woodwork. I yeah, think. essentially so. Yeah, and uh, all that stuff. So he he probably lost some fans. Maybe lost a sponsor. I have no idea. But nonetheless, it made people mad. And he was clearly he was clearly in Japan for the Rise in Fifteen show. But uh, yeah, I just want to know, Darren Cruikshank, do we is he a racist? Is he not a racist? Is he an idiot? What's the deal? I'll go. What's the deal with you, Christian? Well, to be honest, to be honest with y'all, I think that he's just basically being a fucking idiot at this point because we all know, at least in this country, that a lot of famous people, athletes, celebrities, politicians, they do some pretty dumb shit. But when it comes down to Darren Crookshank, I think that this might be proven fatal for him. Because even though he fought his most recent fight for a racist, stuck-up-ass promoter in Michigan, I mean, this dude, Crookshank, is basically... I mean, I just hope that he... Fuck, what am I trying to say? I hope he doesn't burn bridges. Because if he does, especially with what came out of this video and the Japanese fans basically calling for him to be 86'd out the promotion, I hope that he doesn't, I mean, I hope that he realizes that this will come with consequences. Because when it comes down to Cruikshank, I mean, if he loses his spot in the Ryzen Lightweight Grand Prix, if there is one, I hope he realizes what he's done wrong and, you know, just be a little more respectful. Joseph, what do you think? Yeah, I think he that was not a good idea um, to, be, uh, to be doing that, especially in Japan, where, you know, where, you know, you're representing a company that you're fighting for or whatever, you know what I mean? Not to mention you're representing your country. Yes. And, uh, and also, you know, imagine saying that to the wrong people. You know what I mean? We probably wouldn't be hearing from him again. Oh, yes. The Yakuza. That'd be funny. He goes up to these two random people who are wearing, uh, they're wearing suits and ties and dark sunglasses. And, and, and they're looking at Pats and he's going, oh, mm, yummy, yummy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um... But I, I think... Yeah, I, I, I just hope that, you know, he, like, you know, he doesn't try that crap again. I think he learned his lesson. I don't think... I don't, I don't think... Here's the thing. I don't think he is a racist. He might have some... Some... I guess off-the-wall beliefs. I mean, he does love his guns, and I know that he is a big Trump guy. But to be, like... To be a racist, like... like to, there would... I, I, I have seen, I have heard and seen worse from people trying to make jokes. And here's the thing. The first line that he said, you know, hey, I'm at, at a Japanese meat market. You know what? I cracked, a, I cracked like a chuckle. It was chuckle worthy. What was wrong, though, was when he put those, that couple on, on the spots. Because then he brought them in and it's like... Here's the thing, if they don't know English, they have no idea what he's saying, and there's there's, a, there's this mustached, six-foot-tall, white guy, muscled white guy coming up to us saying, mm, yummy, 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 yummy. Like, what do you do? <laughs> you, they, they're, 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 they're probably have no idea. You're scaring them. Yeah. Now, here's, if they know what he's saying, 
Like, that's... I'm pretty, I have this weird feeling that they probably got the context of what he was saying. It's Yeah, it's possible. So, like, you're basically insulting these people right in front of them. And what do you, like, how, how should they respond? Also, the other issue is that he went into a business which probably had no, um... Had, had signs okay. at the front that said no filming or no photographs. I can tell you that a lot of stores in Japan have that. He probably broke that rule as well. Um, is he going to be punished for it? Who knows? Maybe he'll get, like, he'll have to fight, like, a tougher opponent at, for, at another Rise show. Should he be fired or whatever? I don't think so. There's a lot worse that he could have done or could have said. I think it's, it's a case of him. If you want to say the joke is bad, that's fine. I understand that. But I think the, the, his biggest crime was was, just, was was filming that couple and putting them on the spot to kind of like rope them in on the joke. And if you want to also be technical, like, Japan doesn't eat dogs. That's, that's China. So if you want to even go that route, okay, fine. He, was, he doesn't know his, his Asian countries. And even China doesn't even, it's like, this thing, the dog, eating dogs is like, is, is archaic at this point. Um... But, you know, I think, listen, he, he's, a, he's a lot, I've heard a lot worse, especially from MMA fighters or from co combat fighters. This was, this was one of the least. Well, at least he didn't throw a dolly at a window. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like some Irish jackass. No, no one got hurt, you know, it was, it, this is a case of some, of somebody being stupid and saying, uh, uh, saying, you know, saying something stupid and trying to get a reaction out, out, of, out of some unwilling people. Yeah. Did anybody not learn from when Logan Paul went to Japan? Have we forgotten that? Well, he, you know... He, you know so. Don't forget, his big crime was he filmed a dead body. That was what that no, was, what was actually that, wrong. Actually, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the stuff he did when he was on his vacation there, before all that. Oh, yeah, no. He, oh, you mean, like, and let me explain this. He went to the suicide forest... Shot, I mean, shot video. Oh, oh, right, right, oh, right. He was like exploring Japan and stuff like that. Yeah, like doing stupid tourist bullshit. Like basically painting himself as the ugly American. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, but basically, yeah, so. Yeah. Hopefully, next time he'll just be a little bit more. I don't want to say culture aware. He's, listen, I want you know. I think Bill Burr had the, had one of the best quotes about people that are from uh from other uh, <coughs> other walks of life. When remember when the does everybody remember those um the Duck Dynasty people? Everybody fuck them bigots. You Joseph, you know the Duck Dynasty I think people. Maybe well, I think maybe just you know be you know more careful and you know. Just, you know, just, you know, be more careful. Yeah. You know but, what I mean? Yeah, but you, you, okay, so Duck Dynasty people, for those that don't know, it was a famous reality show with these rednecks from, I don't know where the fuck, from, like, Louisiana or something, and they, they made, like, what do you call it? Duck, uh, they made these duck, well, whistles. And duck they became, ducks, Yeah, they became millionaires, and they made a TV show out of them because the family's wacky and all that stuff. Well, the one, the patriarch of the family said something that, like, you know, I don't hate gay people, but, you know, in my Bible, you know... You know, love the sinner. I don't know, something like that. People got angry at him, and not Bill the sinner, not the sin. Something like that. And Bill Burr came out and wrote on Twitter or something, saying something like, 
You expect a guy who hunts uh, and has has like ten Bibles in in his in his house, and who eat who 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 created a a guy like that to have liberal progressive values on gays. And I guess it's kind of like the same thing with here. It's like you kind of I kind of don't it's you kind of expect like Darren Crookshank to say to not say something like that. Does that make sense? It's like it's kind of like I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that like he made a joke like that. Um, I think that makes total sense, dude. But you know, just Darren Crookshank, we still like you. Well, I still like you at least. I don't know what every, about everybody else. Um, well, I got no problem. Well, I got no problem with him. Uh, Even though he he's supposed to be this gun persona, this drunk loving persona. I mean, I still have love for him. I just hope he doesn't do stupid shit like that again unless he knows how to burn a few good bridges. Exactly. I could tell, I, and I'm pretty sure that the people are rising are like, hey, just don't do that shit again. Listen, you, he would have to really fuck... Listen, he'll lose his job at Ryzen if he smokes marijuana. That's a fact. As long as he's, like, just, you know, is on his best behavior after this, you know, except whatever fight they offer him next... Or go on the Grand Prix, lightweight light Grand Prix, then you know all all will be forgotten, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of people have forgotten about this as well. But it's all it was it, it was a little newsworthy item to talk about. But also, there's another major newsworthy item that Christian wants to talk about. So I'm gonna give you the floor, Christian, to uh, bring up this news topic. Ah uh, yes. In case you haven't realized, after well. This past Friday night or late Friday night, early Saturday morning for some of the viewers, or I mean some of the listeners, the Huntington Beach bad boy, Tito Ortiz, is going to be returning again to the world of professional MMA. Only this time he signed a contract with Combat Chair Americas. The UFC Hall of Fame Octagon Warrior and former two-time, I mean, yeah, one-time UFC light heavyweight champ of the world is 2012 and one with nine knockouts and five submissions. And despite being 41 years old, four and one in his last five fights with wins over Chel Sonnen, Stephen Bonner, Alexander Storm Shelmanko, and most recently defeating his rival Chuck Liddell in a highly disputed bout at Golden Boy Promotions, one and only MMA fight card so far. Now. I have to say this because I've seen this in articles as of the last 24 hours or so, but I heard rumor that Tito Ortiz's first Combate Americas fight will be against one Jose Alberto Rodriguez, otherwise known to you, Joseph, and myself in the wrestling world as Alberto Del Rio. Now, what are you guys' thoughts about Tito Ortiz signing with Combate Americas, and do you think that a fight between him and the former excellence, I mean, the former excellence of execution, Alberto Del Rio, I mean, what do you guys think about the announcement and the fight, potentially? After, um, I'll go after you, Joseph. We're going to see another boring-ass fight for Tito Ortiz for after that for that weird uh, fight that he had with, uh, with Chuck Liddell. <laughs> Probably so. 
I mean, I mean, I mean, need I mention he also signed a multi-fight deal. So we're gonna see three times as many of him just standing in place for a round. <laughs> Probably so, Joseph. So here's the thing, you know, you can't deny that a sh if you that will draw people's eyes to that show on a on, on a freak show level. It absolutely would. It'll be the first time I'd ever turn to. I'd be throwing pesos at my screen to watch Tito Ortiz and Alberto Del Rio in an MMA match. Are you trolling? It's the it's the it's the freak show element that I would be so interested in. I can tell you a lot of people tune in. It's a very weird one. And how and is, is what is Cabante America even does he that even air in America? Uh, yes, they do. They air late Friday nights when they have an event on Univision, U-N-I-V-I-S-I-O-N, and their sports network, Univision Deportes, as well as in English in the U.S. and Canada on The Zone. Oh, so they got a The Zone deal. Yep, they do. They, they have that The Zone deal. Um... Hey, no, I'm, I'm, I was legit asking that because I didn't know if they had any like deals in America or not. Well, they had um, I mean, they had a deal before with the former Mundos M U N two, which is now NBC Universo. This might be a dumb question to ask, but I'm like, I'm kind of out of it on one like on the TV scene and stuff like that. Does Telemundo still exist? Yeah. Yes, Telemundo and Univision. Univision. Because, you know, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, they've been around since, like, 88. Uh, so, I mean, is anybody interested in seeing this ma matchup if it happens, well, um, besides me? Well, it'll be interesting to see the, uh, well, be interesting to see the, the, the weird spectacle of this. That's what it is. It's a spectacle. And, I'm gonna be weird. It's, it, it'd be like this weird thing. I'm gonna see this failed wrestler take on um, a fi uh, th this MMA fighter who can't put the gloves down. <laughs> I'm gonna watch a wrestler who burnt the bridges with most of the companies he's worked for versus a, versus a guy who burnt the cup the bridges with most MMA companies. <laughs> true, true. But it's this sense of irony. We got two of the most hated men in in, in wrestling and MMA fighting each other in the cage. Yes, or as they call in Combat to Americas, La Hola, L-A-J-U-A, I mean, J-A-U-L-A. Like, Andrew, what do you think about that? You have the most hated guy in wrestling taking on the most hated guy in MMA. What do you think of that? I'm uh, pretty sure if it sees dollar signs and if it's not boring, the guy who runs the promotion, former UFC co-founder Campbell McLaren, he will be going off the fucking wall. I think I think you know I, I think it, it that's what it is that you know well, yeah Alberto Del Rio is hated because uh, he no showed many shows like an absurd number of wrestling shows and Tito Ortiz you know because he, he's gone from UFC he's then gone to he's then quit UFC come back to UFC he's gone to Bellator he's gone to Combat America he's got now going to be going to Combat Americas. He was also with... And he basically worked out a deal with Oscar De La Hoya to 
have one and only one, I guess, so far, Golden Boy MMA show. Uh, he also tried the TNA wrestling thing, and that failed. He didn't even have a match. I'll never forget the when he debuted in TNA, and like. You... Well, actually, no. He pretty much re-debuted in TNA because he done some promotion work back then and was a guest referee for a few matches. Then came the August first one, and that he didn't even have a. You know, I don't get. He didn't even have a match. Listen, you know, he's 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 all. Here's the thing. I don't think he's ever met a check that he was never willing to cash. So, listen, this is this is part of the course for for TRTs. Elbow to Del Rio. You know what? I had a feeling he was always gonna get back into MMA at some point. He seemed like he always wanted to return. I mean, where else is he? Where else is he gonna go? Exactly. 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 That's the point. So he burnt he burnt bridges with Impact. He burnt bridges with WWE. <laughs> No show like you know WrestleCon and even the Lucha Triple A other uh, shows Triple A he he fucked over so you know, he he with Triple A to, to go fuck themselves mm-hmm. yeah and you know and you know and you know, and, you know, and remember CMLL has been PG long before WWE was ever PG you know they're not gonna love want him either yeah um so yeah so you know. Hey, if this is how he's got to make a paycheck, you know what? He basically dug his own grave, so that's the only way he can make yeah, a paycheck. I don't have a problem with a person doing the hustle. And here's the thing. Tito, if the match happens, TOTs will fuck him up. And if that match should not ha- should not end in any other way. Should that just end with TOTs punching out Del-, Del Rio and Del Rio just going to the ground. Or, 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 or Ortiz taking him down and just smashing his face. There's no other way that fight should go. Wait, wait, wait. How, how long do you think would last? I think the full duration of a five-minute round. What? <laughs> Freaking Andrew's going to say that's blasphemy. I would say that fight should be no more than 30 seconds. He's like, what is with you and this blasphemous, uh, this, this blasphemy? I know that Tito Ortiz is not the same as it used to be, but still, it should be no contest. That, that that should not be should not last more than thirty seconds, and also you know I hope he does. I hope that Alberto Del Rio wears the mask that he used to wear when he would do MMA matches, just for oh, shits and giggles. Oh, like the one that he wore when he got his fucking head kicked off by Miracle Coco. Yes, I want him to wear the 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 modified lucha mask, uh, the Dos Caras masks. That because I I will be laughing uh, when I see him get his ass kicked again with that mask. To educate you guys, that was back when he was Dos Caras Junior. Yes, I want him to still wear the Dos Caras Jr. mask. I don't care. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, uh, that is that is a very interesting uh, prospective matchup for Combate Americas, if it does happen. I will say that. And if they don't go ahead and make that fight happen, or if they find somebody else for Tito Ortiz, we're all gonna be looking surprised. Uh, who the hell are you? Wait, wait. Who the hell are you gonna find? Good luck with that. <laughs> Tony Kryptonite Lopez of King of the Cage. Other than that, who the fuck do they really got? <laughs> You're you, you guys like asking what's the meaning of life? <laughs> <laughs> or where do babies come from? <laughs> that will be a story for another day. But with, exactly. 
with all that, shall we get into the meat of today? Yeah, let's get into the yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's get down to the meat and potatoes, brother. Christian, uh, yes. you want to start off? Yes, let's let's do it. Rising fifteen happened on April twenty first, Easter Sunday, and you know today is Passover weekend for all our Jewish friends. Lacline. I mean, as we're recording this on April 28th, but yeah, Rising 15 was last weekend, Easter Sunday, from the Yokohama Arena in Yokohama, Kanagawa, Japan. I do have um, attendance um, numbers if you if you need that as well. Oh, yeah, but just in a little bit. I mean, in a little bit, okay. Okay. We had 10 MMA fights and two kickboxing bouts, and... Surprisingly, we had seven fights end in a finish and five consecutive fights in a row end via decision. Mm. Now, what were the attendance numbers, Andrew? They drew 12,914 to the Yokohama Arena. Now, I'm going to look up the Yokohama Arena, and I believe it, it seats about... 15,000, I'm going to shovel check that, no, 17,000, excuse me, so, you know, to give or take, they probably, you know, I think that's still a good number, you don't know, I, they probably had to, like, set up, the, reconfigure the, um, the arena for everything and all that. Well, yeah, well, you gotta, well, you, yeah, you have to, like, reconfigure the arena with that stage, you know what I mean? I do know it wasn't a sellout, but it was pretty close to a sellout, but I was still, it was, I think that was the first time to the Yokohama Arena. And I think, you know, for their Sakura show, for the last, for the last true Heisei show, um, uh, that, uh, that I think they, they, they drew very well, um, for their last show, for their first show of the year, last show of the Heisei era, and first show at the, uh, Yokohama Arena. So, I do, they do, uh, I, I would, I would be happy, you know, looking at those box office receipts if I was Mr. Sakakibara. Hey, 12,000 is no number to push at, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, if it was under 10, anything under 10 or 11,000, I would then be worried. But it's, it's, it's basically, it's basically is 13,000. Um, so, you know, and I don't know what exactly, we you know, they, you know, they, they had the big stage, the big ramp, the ring, um, to, uh, which also probably lost some, made they had they had them lose some seats, so you know it probably it was close to a sellout. I'm guessing. I see, but basically it was like eighty percent full. As much as I would say, yeah, eighty percent full, definitely, yeah. Yeah, still a good number though. That's no number to squash at. Mhm, mhm. I don't even know if New Japan does shows at the Yokohama Arena anymore. Well, actually, I think they've done the show a few times, but they just couldn't do it consistently. Ah, okay. They all, they all, I think they only do big buildings for their uh, their bigger shows. Right, right, right. I did pass by the Yokohama Arena when I was in Japan. Didn't go inside, but it looked like a pretty big, pretty big. Yeah. Piece well, of... I know that uh, you know the the break into tangent. You know the finals of Best of the Super Juniors will be in Sumo Hall this year. Yes. Yes. Oh, the Rio Goku Kokujikan. Yeah. So that you know, so that's a very you know very big deal for the junior heavyweights. Um, it's so funny that you bring that up. And I'm watching right now the tag match between uh, 
uh, Sho and Yo and uh, Shingo and Bushi right now for the uh, Junior Tag Titles. And I gotta say, Shingo and Sho are so awesome together. Yeah, I'm just curious what block they're gonna be in when the uh, the blocks are decided. Better be the same block. Don't do any funny things, Ghetto. You never know. But uh, yeah, Christian, uh, you wanna continue on with the uh, particulars? Uh, yes, let's go ahead and get on to the first fight of the card. Well, I, and that was mm -hmm. a 134-pound kickboxing bout, whereas Dallas and Gormis Borges Fajalia upped his professional kickboxing record to 15-2, and two, knocking out former K-1 superstar, the Hypernova, Tygen Tawabe, 19-8-1 via flush punch knockout. Two minutes and 31 seconds of round number two. In the bout, Tiger knocked down Fahelia in the first round with a knee to the chest. Then the two men traded knockdowns to kick off the second round before Bogate got the win. Obviously via flush punch. I think before the match, Tiger basically said he wasn't his best since he left K1. He's been losing in rides. And he's basically... I mean, obviously, no, no, I hope not. But still, he's basically saying he's not doing his best. So, first of all, what are your thoughts about Tiger Kawabe? And second, do we have a potential star in Dallas and Gomez, I mean, Fahelia? I just would also like to add, Tiger requested that he be the opening match as well. He wanted to be the opening match because he, of, of his past performances... And just for the record, uh, also, wasn't Tyga a uh, featherweight champion in a K1 as well? I think so. I haven't, I mean, I don't think there's any page that said he was, but I'm pretty sure past results will say that. Uh, but right now, he is on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 fight losing streak. With three, yeah, he's jobbing right now. With two of those being finishes. And yeah, he's basically making his ends meet. Right now, for a guy who, you know, was considered one of the best kickboxers at one time, one of K1's top guys, and uh, was, you know, he... This is like... This is like when Johnny Hendricks, after he lost the title, and just went down a shitty rabbit hole. And it's it sucks, but you know what? I don't know why, but Tiger just might be this might he just might not have it in him for whatever reason anymore. I mean, do you think that his age is probably playing a lot of pressure to him? He's only twenty two. Twenty two. He's. Well, I was about to ask that. How old Tiger's twenty two, right? Yeah. Um. Let me see if I have a. Uh... If I have his opponent's age, um, shit, I didn't get his opponent's age, um, but um, I think he's also young. He's got to be in his twenties as well. Um, here's the thing. So the the way that, crazy that he would reach, do you think he reached his peak super early? It's act. It's possible. Probably so. I mean, the dude. I mean, for him to have a record like that, he's probably been fighting since he was like a teenager. 
Oh, so so Gomez is twenty three. So he's only one year older than uh, Tyga. Potentially. Um. And also, uh, uh, uh so yeah, fights out Shootbox Academy in Brazil, and uh, yeah, so here's the thing, like. I want you know when when this match happened, I was really happy that 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 Gomez won because I was because I was so sure he was going to win. And I remember Christian, you picked Tiger. Yeah, but now it makes me feel like a jackass. But here's the thing: the way that it happened, it kind the way that he lost, where that it was like a one jab push knockdown because it was it was three knockdowns that that uh with how the match ended, and uh. One one of those knockdowns was that overhand right that knocked down Suakim, and when he fought when the two fought arise, and to think that that Taiga was not aware of this, if he was not aware of this or was not prepared for it, he needs to hang up his gloves, because he should have known that if that if that shot could knock down Suakim, that could potentially knock me out. And it was it was so strong that a jab was what knocked him down in the end of the match, and and that's how it ended. He looked good, you know. He got that 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 body kick in to um uh to do Gomez, and 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 that's almost how that's how it's that's how the uh Suikim fight uh match ended was uh Suikim gave a um a uh a, a body kick to. To Gomez and Gomez couldn't get up, so it's funny how that almost ended, uh, like the same way. But Gomez is a tough guy. He is tough, and he and he's a guy. So okay, here's the other thing I gotta talk about as well. Did it, what did everybody think of the English commentary between Frank Trigg and uh, and Joe Ferraro? I think uh, Frank Trigg. I don't mind their well, well, even don't mind their commentary. At least we have a commentary team that's consistent. Well, I don't know. I don't. I never have a problem with Trig and uh, and Joe doing uh, commentary. At least we have a commentary team that's consistent. What about you, Christian? What do you think of them on this show today? I mean, uh, I think they've done well, but they have their moments. I thought they were pitiful. Like this is maybe the worst they've ever been. They just like the way that Frank Trig was burying Gomez, saying that he was uncoordinated, that he was that he just throws, he just. He just throws like uncoordinated punches and and all that stuff. Like, did he not like bother to watch any of what Gomez did during the Rise tournament or anything I don't else? I think he watched the Rise tournament. Yeah, he did. He clearly didn't. And uh, Stuart Fulton said the same thing as well uh, when he uh, when uh, he was uh, watching uh, the Rise in fifteen show and commentating on the commentators. Yeah, they, it, um, the way that, that that Trig was burying Gomez. I mean, at least at least Joe watches Rising Confessions. Yeah, but like, he clearly didn't do. He didn't. He he seemed to do all his research on Tyga, and didn't do any research on Gomez. It appeared. So, but yeah, I just want I want to bring that up because like during this match, like he was not uh, like. They were burying Gomez like he was like some okay. like some some. Was there something? Was there something? In, let me ask. Was there something in the water? Did like did one did, did one championship? Did Chatri put something in the punch bowl? Hey, we'll talk about that later. 
Did he have voodoo dolls of everybody, and he was like messing with stuff. We're gonna talk about that more uh, as the fight as the fights go on. But when it comes when it comes down to Tiger, you know, what else like what else can like he do to like he's he's losing against fighters who do, uh, who 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 I would think you would think would be able to beat him on any other day, but they're. They're beating him so soundly. Like well, well, you could do. Well, there's one thing you could do. What's that? I not agree with it though. Feed him the tension. You know. Uh, you see, here's the thing. I think that was a fight that they want to happen. I think that was a fight that that Ryzen wanted to do at some point. Because remember, uh, two years ago they had they uh, no no last year excuse me last year they had the uh, boxing match between him and Haraguchi. And that was a, a, a majority draw. It went to a draw, so you know you can't you can't have a pretty good fight too. You can't have a, 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 some guy on that uh, who drew uh, went to a draw fight tension, and then in um, the rise tournament they're in different weight classes, so they they weren't going to even meet up anyway. But I think with this match, I think they were hoping Tiger would win so they could do a tension and Tiger match. But here's the thing: if the I don't want to see it happen now because now it's like not even a question of like what would happen in my personal opinion. I think that tension would just starch Taiga. If, if look, Takaru defeated him twice. Well, tension. I don't see tension would probably do the same thing uh, if they fought twice. I'm also. I also just want to bring it up. So they just released the 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 Rise World Series Osaka card. And Taiga is not on it. Oh, really? They have some of the, the people who lost returning, like Gomez. He's re uh, he's returning, um, and a few other people who uh, it looks like one or two other people who lost, and they'll probably have some other matches as well. But yeah, uh, Gomez is on the card, but there is no Taiga. So think about that. You know, I think Taiga needs to think about something. I'm like. Well, he needs to, well, you know what he needs to do. He needs to win. Oh, yeah. I have a question. Do you think. Would you want to see him maybe in a. Maybe a mixed rules match or even an MMA match? Um, Ty, got to talk about. Maybe mixed rules. Oh, yeah. Definitely mixed rules. Do you know if he has any. any, any outside kickboxing, like any other experience? With like, has he done shoeboxing? Yeah. Does does he know? Has he done anything in like for like? Has he done any grappling, wrestling, or anything like no, that? No, no, I'm asking. Has he, no, no, I'm asking. Has he done? Shoe oh, has he ever done shoeboxing? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's always been a, just a kickboxing guy. Because he's mostly fought for K1. And so, um, K1. Well, does, well, let's actually, see. Just to reiterate, on Tiger's record, he is actually 21. And eight with one draw. Twenty-one and eight in one draw. Maybe, uh, maybe give him some jobbers. Oh I, yeah, give him some. Maybe give him some jobbers to build his confidence back up. Yeah, basically give him some tune-up fights. I would even pick the jobbers up. Do if you want to war if you want to warm somebody up and give them some experience or some more stuff, right? Here's a, yep. qu here's a question. 
Would you like to see Gomez return? He wouldn't have to go that far and shoot boxing cab and be like, hey, come across the room to the jiu-jitsu. Come do some jiu-jitsu with us. Yeah. You know, I, I honestly think that, you know, um, that if, you know, if these kickboxing guys can do well, maybe can convince, you know, Saki Ibarra to reconsider, you know, doing the kickboxing division again. Question, though. I have a, I have a question. Go ahead. Gome Gomez versus Tension. I'd say, um, I would say do it, but I would wait until after the kick, but the rise tournament's over. Oh, of course, that's what I, I meant. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think it would be a good idea to do a to do have pretension to take any more like fights right now. Oh, I agree. With, on the off chance of injury. I agree. And, I know. You know. I agree. And and you know, if he gets injured, you know, how bad is that going to look for uh, for rise? You know what I mean? Oh no, I absolutely so, agree. Because, you know, let's not forget, Ryzen and Ryze have a pretty, you know, looks like they have a pretty, you know, close relationship right now. Actually, you know what? Here's the funny thing. So, I'm looking at the Ryze uh, card. Uh, Suakim, who did defeat uh, 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 Gomez, will be facing tension at the next show. So, we that might have been a potential matchup had uh, Gomez won that match. Think about that. Hmm. Well, it, could, well, it could happen. I mean, I'm hoping that you know. I'm hoping he comes back. You know, uh, to Ryzen. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I agree. hoping that Saki Ibarra, you know, reconsiders. You know, uh, giving the uh, the kickboxing thing an another try. I, 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 but you know, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree that I did not. I wasn't. I didn't want him to have any fights while you know during this 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 rise kickboxing thing. I meant for like after like a New Year's Eve show. You know, or something like that. Well, for the summer, like, how long is the Rice tournament? Like, does that extend all the way through the summer? Yes, it does. I, yeah. Because this is a, this is part two, and I don't think they're gonna do the same. They're doing the finals on the same day. Um. So this is a, the second round. So I believe the third, the third round, is the next part. Is the, is the final part. Uh, but, uh, I do agree, you know, Gomez looked like an absolute killer out there, uh, in, in this match. Exactly. Gomez brought up, Gomez woke up and brought on his game face. And, uh, he's like, look, man, I'm on a, he's like, look, man, I'm on a bigger stage, I'm on a bigger platform than what K1 can give me. I have to, and, you know, a guy, you know, it was a great opening, an absolute great opening to the card. Um, actually, Yo, do you think maybe, you know, him, do you think maybe Gomez, you know, fighting in a, you know, in a big building surrounded by like a lot of people, you know, on a bigger stage, you know, he's on TV. You really, you think that maybe like boost his confidence up a little bit? Um, oh, probably, probably. Um, I also just want to, we didn't, we forgot to talk about, it, but that opening, the opening montage that they had before, uh, when the show started, where they were showing all those like. Those highlights from like the uh, from Rings, Pride, Ryzen, and Dreams. You know, they basically uh, show off the. And, uh, uh, 
stuff on the photos from the UFC, of course. Yes, you know, the show uh, off, you know, the... Ooh, UFC, boo! Um, <laughs> there was, you know, they were basically showing off, you know, the end of the Heisei era of the uh, current uh, Japanese um, emperor um, yeah, who's stepping down. And, uh, yeah, basically, it was, it was basically, you know, saying that this is all that happened during his era. And, you know, they were going to welcome in the new era. The, I think it's called the Reiwa era. When the new, uh, yeah, the Reiwa era. Uh, so I, I thought it was a very cool montage just showing, like, stuff from Rings, Pride, Rise, like, like everything. It was really cool, like, little montage. Um, now, actually, here's the other thing as well. Did you think this was a... Yeah, we're gonna... So we're gonna show you some stuff from Rings back when Akira Maeda didn't, you know, was it didn't become until before he became lazy. Yes. <laughs> Just question though, uh, do you th do you think this was an early stoppage, Christian? At first. No. No, I think it was a stoppage that was right on time. Gotcha. Because uh, there were some people who were saying that, like, I don't know, that stoppage was a little bit wonky. But what Jason Herzog said was, uh, what he told uh, Trigg was that. Tiger couldn't keep his balance with that jab, so basically he was already wobbly, and with that jab, it basically knocked him down. Um, and that's why he ruled it as a knockdown. But it was a great fight. Great way to open a card. And I think uh, with that, you know, I, we want to continue on to the next fight? Uh, yeah, well, we can go ahead and continue on to the next fight. Well, actually, we should also talk about a fight that didn't happen, though. Remember there was a fight that was supposed to happen? Uh, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. Actually, let's go ahead and talk about it right now because... Yep. The injury bug was quite busy today. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking yeah, Chachi from one championship, he had the voodoo dolls out of everybody. And he was <laughs> causing injury problems. Yeah, and of course, Shinju, Juju, Nozawa... That's my baby! Oh, Claire was supposed to face off against Sarai but Shinju suffered an ankle injury during training and was forced to get out of the fight while she still could. Therefore, Panako Murata took her place and defeated Sarai Orozco via Von Fluchok. Two minutes, twelve seconds of round number two. Post and in the post-fight speech, Murata oh, actually, said... Wait, 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 wait. Before the post-fight speech, there actually is one thing. I actually saw this on on, on Twitter. Okay. Why is she beating up security? <laughs> no, wait, actually, she wasn't beating up security. She was beating up her fight team. Throwing her fight team around? That was kind of random. Hey, she was living the gimmick. I mean, she had the Mill Maskevers get up going. She had her no yup on. She's like, what, I'm not doing no job? Exactly. <laughs> Did you hear what... Dude, what was your reaction to that? With uh, that, 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 that clip I first saw on Twitter with her, like, yeah. throwing her team around? I thought it was strange, but you know what? Trig on commentary said that Murata was afraid of cats. So... Like, she just, she, she, she apparently, she strikes me as, as maybe a little bit of a kooky person. Um, but she came out with the Sakuraba, uh, super strong machine inspired mask. So, you know, I can forgive her. 
all these people stealing super strong machines gimmick. But uh, sorry, Christian. Uh, Diamond paying him royalty for it. <laughs> uh, you want? Now, in Dorothy's fight speech, Morata said that her, that she thought her performance sucked, but she wants to go back to the states, particularly training with Eliminator, Eliminator. I mean, the Eliminator, Eliminator McFarlane, the Bellator Women's Flyweight Champion, to train harder. And she also has expressed interest to fight on the rise of 16 cars in June. But I also heard that Eli Malay McFarlane probably might want to fight in Ryzen as well. Even though, of course, it wouldn't be against Murata, her teammate. So, do you guys think that Kanaka Murata going back to the States will only make her stronger and possibly send her to Bellator instead of the UFC? Absolutely. Also, I want to mention because it's important. She took this fight on maybe like five or five, six days notice. Something very, very short. Um, yeah, I think I think Murata took the fight during uh, fight the fight week itself. Yeah. Um, I'm trying. Uh, and also, she's not a regular flyweight. She normally fights at strawweight. If I'm if I if I remember cor remember correctly. Um, her, this was like an emergency situation. She's only her only fight she ever lost actually was a flyweight against Ring Nakai, and I was there for that match, and it was actually an awful match uh, until the finish. But nonetheless, she got she has a win at flyweight, uh, and she looked great. And whether her going back to uh, train with uh. The uh, now still champion of Bellator uh, 125 Women's Division. Um, you know, she goes back to train for her. Good. Go for it. But, you know, I think she was good before then. I mean, I guess you could only get better. But she's just, you know. Ryzen and Bellator are going to be benefiting a lot. Absolutely. And uh, one thing that uh, I think we can, I think it, it would be interesting to see McFarlane part of the Rise and Flyweight division against putting up against fighters like. Um, is she, does she match the weight class of uh, Ayaka Hamasa? No, no, she 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 she'd be bigger than Hamazaki. Uh, I mean, uh, Shinju Alclair, Justina Haba, uh, uh, Kana Watanabe, uh, that that th those fighters. Um, who uh, it would be interesting to see her at fight against fighters like that. Um, I'm not, you know, I think with Murata, though. What I don't know whether you should keep her at one twenty-five. Because she would just look so dominant at this, or you just still have her at still compete at at, at um the straw weight, which she normally competes at. Um, but in this match, she totally outclassed Orozoko. Like it wasn't a question of who was the better fighter; it was clearly Murata. Um. And there was uh, the best. The best part about this match was 
in the second round, Murata picked up Orizoko and slammed her down. Uh, and that's how, how she got the head and arm choke. And not that, getting paid by the hour. Exactly. And I gotta say, you know, she looked great. Um, did you get a chance? So, but other other than the uh, throwing around people on her uh, team uh, thing on Twitter, did you see any other of the fight at all, Joseph? No, like I didn't get to see um, any replays. I only caught up to when. By the time I woke up that morning, um, it was when Kidoka and the Sosa fight was happening. I see. I see. Um. I mean, it was a great fight, you know. It, it, you know, Orizoko, she seems okay. I don't know, but here's the thing, but like, I didn't see her and be like, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing her again on another Ryzen show. Um, I guess if you want to make a fight, you could do Shinju and Murata. But I think Murata would easily win that. Even though she'd be at a size disadvantage. Um... Other than that, you know, this fight was, uh, you know, it's it's only two rounds. You know, you have to get a chance to see if you, if you can't. if you can Because also, you know, Von Flute Chokes are very rare finishes. The only person who really does Von Flute Chokes is uh, Oven St. Peru. In fact, actually, I've, I've heard it renamed the uh, St. Peru Choke um, because uh, he does it so often. Uh, Andrew, do you think uh, when Shinju returns from injury, they think you think they'll run it back? Or Zoko, you think? Yeah, Rosko and Shinju? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think look, so. They ran back. Look, man, they ran back uh, SJF and, and Reina, okay? They but, can run this back. Yeah, but I think that fight, that, that was a fight that was supposed to happen, and they couldn't they couldn't get a uh, replacement. They got a replacement, so the fight still happened. Um... Uh, and I think the intention was for a, I think in th that fight, they wanted Reina to go over, and we'll talk about that fight later, and this fight, they wanted Shinju to go over, um, but, it, you know, obviously they couldn't get Shinju, so they tried to get another one, their, their regular Japanese roster members to come by, and, um, to, uh, hopefully beat the, uh, the outside, uh, fighter. Um, Christian, is there anything else you want? You do you want to say anything about this match about Morata, or did you want? Would you would you want to see Orzoko back in Ryzen? I don't think so. She didn't do anything to make me feel like, yeah, I want to see her back in Ryzen. What do you think? Well, to be honest, I think that Orozco was out of her element. I mean, I think that it was cool for her to represent Mexico and become first native fighter to that country to fight in Ryzen, but I mean, I think that she needs a little bit more I think she needs a little bit more what the fuck is the word? She needs a little bit more experience before trying to get back in the Ryzen ring again. Maybe she needs to go back to fight more in the Lux Fight League L-U-X you know, just to get her experience up. I mean, maybe it would be best for her to fight with Kobachi Americans. Yeah, 
stick, you know, go back to, you know, you know, try combating Americas, you know, um, I don't know, maybe give her another shot, maybe against a different opponent. Yeah, I don't, but like, she didn't do, I don't think so, but like, I, I just didn't see anything that maybe you think that like, she was rising worthy, if that makes sense. Well, but you know what, come to think of it, when it comes down to Murata, I think that a fight between her and Osama or Flair would probably, I mean, it was obviously, it was obviously, in the what? Oh, right. But, still, I think that a fight between Shinju and Kanako would be, I mean, it would be a mismatch, yeah, but it would be a game changer for a player. I think so too. I think, but also, don't forget, Murata's not normally a, a, a flyaway fire. She's a strawaway fire. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if she would want to make a full transition to a, to a division where she has her only loss in and also one that she doesn't normally fight in. Right, right. Especially if you're going up against. Money, against maybe if the money's right. Yeah, possible. But also, you know, but you know, you also gotta know what you're what what you're worth. You know, you don't want to be taking on risky fights, even for. For big money, because you know, if you lose those fights, then your value as a fire does go down. You gotta be smart with the fight you take, and also the money you accept. It's got, it's got to be a nice balance. Uh, I mean, like here's like like other one twenty fivers. You know, there's Shinju, uh, there's Kana Watanabe, there's Justina Haba. I mean, you know, does does Kana does the Morata want to be fighting fires like those regularly? I don't know. I don't know. If she. I don't know. If she will be able to sustain. You know, fighting. You know, way below her. Uh, below, uh, above her life class. Uh, I mean. Well, you we say this was one of the few exceptions. I don't even know if I want to make it. Like, make an exception for it because she won this one fight. You know, and she still looked undersized against Orozoko. The, the uh, but you know she obviously fought an opponent who was uh, who is not as cow- high of a caliber as, fight- as a fighter as her. So it didn't really matter in the end. You know the weight division. You know if you if you don't know how to fight and you're twenty pounds heavier than me and I know how to fight, I'm gonna win nine out of ten times probably. But you know she fought she you know she fights somebody who does know how to fight like a Kana or a Justina Haba. It might it could be a different ending. A different unfortunate ending. It would have been, she would have been like, I'm out of here. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here, pal. But uh, the, it was a good fight. Another great finish. And the second round, again, by the way, as well. Um, and I, I don't have anything else more to say. Uh, Christian, I'll leave it up to you. If you want to say anything else, go ahead or go on to the next one. Seconds of round number two via TKO. Body shot. In his post fight 
No, I, I'm gonna have to correct you there, um, Joseph. He uh, did well, one yeah, fight. Well, correct. When was the last time he won? Ryzen 13. He choked out Yusuku Nakamura. Okay, well, thank you for correcting. And and also and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know what your thoughts are about the Lakai Zakura fight, but some people thought he won that fight. But that's neither here nor there. Some people are. I think people are forever going to be split on that. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Maybe maybe Kai did more than Kate did. Yeah. Um, there's also the case of the Oka Zazaki fight. Now you did bring up that his mother did die, and I remember when that. I know that he posted on Twitter when that happened. It was like two or three weeks after that match. I wonder if there was a connection between maybe why he lost that match and why and maybe you know his mother passing away. Maybe it was at the same time, and maybe like you know the two were connected in some way. Because I thought, like, yeah, because I remember doing the Oka Sasaki fight. He looked out of his element. Like, he looked like a guy who, like, he I looked like. Oka was, like, grabbing him and, like, throwing him all over the place. He was. Him out and he was barely making an effort to get out of holds and stuff like that. Yeah, he looked, he did not look like the Manel Cape that normally comes to fight. So it was, like, like. I almost wanted to be like Apollo Creed when in 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 Rocky Three, be like, "What's the matter with you?" Exactly. This man will knock you on your ass. So I wonder, like, if his mother's, you know, what was going on? With his mother had something to do with that, and um, and if that's the case, you know, I'm not. It's still a loss, but you know what? I can at least understand. Okay, I know why he lost that match. Now, it's a, in this fight though. He looked looked like a world beater. Other than getting, uh, I think he got he got one one punch on, on his eye. Um, I'm trying to. Oh yeah. So here's the other thing as well that's got to be noted. During the right, he for the first time he wore leggings, um, and he wore wrestling shoes. Huh. It basically felt like he was one of them old school shoot wrestlers. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. 
but you know what? Well, yeah, but remember the one thing when wearing uh, shoes, though. You can't head stomp and you can't soccer kick. Well, I thought that too. But he did that during this match as well. Did they change that rule then? I have no idea. I don't. I'm not so sure. Because remember, they you because remember because usually uh, you're not allowed to do head stomps and soccer kicks if you're wearing shoes. He went for some. He went for some soccer kicks. Now I can't remember if they connected. No, I don't believe they connected, but nonetheless, he still went for them. So I'm not so sure 100 what the rules are with shoes and stomps and head kicks, uh, soccer kicks. Um. I don't know if they change them or if like there's like a thing where like if both fighters agree, okay, you uh, is okay if Manel kicks you when you're on the ground or something or stomps you, you just say yes or something. I don't know. Yeah, you that's know. Usually in the con well, that's usually in the contracts. They usually ask you, hey, do you want to make elbows legal? No, yeah. yeah. You, if I'm wearing I'm wearing shoes, you cool with me doing soccer kicks? So maybe time? it was something like that. But I was just like I was really stunned when I saw him go for soccer kicks. And, and a head kicks. Because we already know it's established that, you know, elbows are only allowed if both fighters agree to elbows. Yeah. Uh, but also, the, the reason why he wore the wrestling shoes, apparently, was because if you notice, if you watch all of his fights, you notice that he falls down and slips a lot. So he wore those for stability purposes. Not so much as a as a physical advantage. Just the more of just not fall fall down, trip all over the place. Because that's happened in all of his fights that he's had in Ryzen. Minus the Yamamoto, Ursan Yamamoto fight that he happened. Because yeah, he's moving around. I'm he's moving around. He's very movements. very light on his feet. He's very, oh, he's flashy. He's doing crazy shit. So yeah, he's he's tripping. He's falling and all that stuff. Um, and by the way, there were gold shoes, by the way, as well. So uh, easy money wearing gold shoes. I wouldn't expect anything yeah, less. Man, he's spending, he's spending that rising money, Bell. Um, uh, but, uh, this was a great match, and that second round, Cape looked great. He looked like an absolute, like, top ten fighter in the world, in my personal opinion. The way that he was just putting a beating on Ito. Um, and I gotta say, you know, Ito... Was not as impressive as a former Z uh, uh, ZST uh, Flyweight champion. He was, not, he looked, and I know this. Like he had, he hasn't fought MMA in a while. If I'm correct, right, Christian? Uh, I think so. It's been a Let's while. Go ahead and check. You're talking about Saichiro Ito, right? Yeah, yeah. Ito just hasn't fought a, 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 a pure MMA match in a while, I believe, right? Yeah, let me. ZST, and yeah, they still exist. Former promotion for uh, Kushida, in case anybody was wondering. And, uh. Um, yeah, Yujiro Kushida, now a property of the big fed in Stanford. <laughs> but yeah, this was. Mm hmm. He'll be on 205 Live Jobbing soon. <laughs> of course. No? <laughs> Probably so. Oh, and uh, by the way, Seichiro Ito, this is his second straight loss. This is only his second straight MMA fight since October 2017. Wow. And Actually, no, since April 2017, because he defeated Kizaimon Saiga in the Ryzen Ring at Ryzen 2017 in Yokohama. Yes. Which was, oh, by the way, 
the first event on the Fight TV platform. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, so wait, was this their first fight in Yokohama Arena? Or... Actually, his second fight in Yokohama Arena. Oh, excuse me, I stand corrected. Then I thought I thought this was Ryzen's first fight uh, of showing at the Yokohama Arena. I stand corrected on that. But nope. uh, Ryzen has been uh, in Yokohama Arena for a soccer for the I, soccer show. I thought they were in a, I thought they were in a different somewhere else in Yok uh, somewhere else for the soccer show. Um, no, I'm pretty sure it was a so our soccer was at Yokohama. No, no, I think no, you're right, you're right. But I don't know. I thought it was. was at Yokohama. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I should know, because Takata's birthday was on that day. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's when King Reina made her Ryzen debut. Exactly. So let's talk about Cape. How good did he look in this match, in your opinion, Christian? He looked all, I mean, he looked way more fantastic compared to his more recent showings, especially since the Horiguchi and McCall fights. Mm-hmm. Um... Here's the thing. He backed up Easy Money very well, in my opinion. And he looked like a top ten. Like he looked like he looked like a fight a fighter who like is top ten in the world, in my personal opinion. I think he I think he's slowly becoming you know minus the 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 few losses that he's had in Ryzen, you know, against uh, Horiguchi. Uh, 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 Azakura and Sasaki, his wins have all been finishes in the Ryzen Ring and have been all fantastic matches. I think. Uh, yeah, all of them were finishes. I think. Him Yamamoto, him cutting, I guess, Ian McCall, him choking out Misaki Nakamura, and of course, this knockout victory over Ito. I gotta say, I think he's one of. One of uh, I think he should be a regular guy on Ryzen if he's not already. I think he he shouldn't be a a per fight contract of him. I think it should be a year. I sh, the contract whatever contract he should have should be for like a year or two or something like that. He is one of Ryzen's top guys in my opinion. And if you were to do like a Ryzen like you know top ten fighters overall or top in the division, he's gotta be number three or four in my personal opinion. I'm pretty sure Cape would be considered a Ryzen mainstay. Oh, exactly, because he fought seven times. I mean, he fought seven times in the promotion, amassing a four and three record. But I still, I think that a lot of people still undersell him as a fighter, though. It's so funny. It's like even though he's he's got so his record's great, I think he still gets over under overlooked as a as a great as a great fighter. Am I wrong in thinking that? Do people like? I feel like he doesn't get like the accolades and the and the and the and the eyes he should. No, you're not wrong. Not by a long shot. I'm not even talking about like with the Western MMA media. I'm talking like even with like JMMA and uh, and Ryzen fans in general. I think that he's he gets overlooked. He he's both he he he's he he is under. Yeah, I really think that. I think that they just don't. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the whole his personality, or you know, the easy money thing, his shit talking, all that stuff. I don't know if they if they just see that first and his and his fight cred seconds. Exactly. Well, uh, what about uh, what about Ito though? What do you do with Ito now? Joseph, your thoughts? Um, we 
give Ito, we feed Ito to somebody to a to to a new vit. Well, maybe feed him to Oka. No, why would you do that? If 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 Cape if Cape is on a heel, brother, that's why. I understand. Or you know what? You know what? Seeing the fact that he was pissed off about not being a part of the fight card, why don't you feed Ito to Justin Scoggins? Okay. You got me interested there. Well, 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 wait, 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 Justin Scoggins, you mean the man who was demanding a title, a, a, a title match and got injured? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you know, that was also a fight that was supposed to happen was Kai Azakura versus Justin Scoggins. Well, originally, it was supposed to be Kai Azakura versus Oka Sasaki. Oka Sasaki got sick and had to pull out. Then, uh, Justin Scoggins got put in. And then Justin Scoggins got injured and had to pull out. He was demanding, he was demanding it be a title match. Then the MMA god, then he felt the wrath of the MMA god, the JMMA gods. And I still had to figure Ray out, you know, Kata, it was a bantamweight. Kata rained an injury on him. It was a bantamweight match, but he was he was saying that he, uh, he wanted to be for the vacant flyweight title, which I got a little bit confused about. But uh, and there's he's, no flyweight title in Ryzen. That was a confusing thing. It was like, you know, you're fighting for an imaginary belt that doesn't exist right now. Uh, yeah, it'll only be a matter of time before they can construct and basically build up a proper lightweight division. Also, he deleted I mean, a proper flyweight division. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> He also deleted all the social medias, and so right now he's kind of like in incognito mode. So, like, kind of weird that he would delete. Wait, he deleted his entire Twitter account? Yep. I know. I'm friends with him on Twitter. I I, I would talk to him. Uh, I talk to him not semi regularly. That is kind of weird. Why would you delete your own Twitter? As long as you said anything to piss anybody eh, off. Maybe you know. Maybe he just gotta work some stuff out in his life. Who knows? But I don't think we'll be seeing Justin Scoggins in a. a for a while in um in Ryzen, I'll just say that. You think maybe he feels ashamed that you know he was demanding a title fight and ended up getting injured anyway? It's possible. It's possible, but I don't. Yeah, I'm ashamed. I am ashamed of myself. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, I mean, if Scoggins does reappear tomorrow, then yeah, Scoggins and um, Ito, yeah, book it. Um, I don't know. Do you think it Ito's just gonna, you know? Do you think you should just go back to ZST, or do you think you know you put up, you know I don't know, uh, I don't know who would you put up against that? Uh, Yuki Motoya. I still think that Motoya would starch him. Um, oh no, he would get fucking murdered. Um, I don't know. Ursa, uh, did uh, did Ido and Yamamoto have a match? I think they had a match already, right? I don't think so. Ursa Yamamoto hasn't fought, I think, since. Rise and fourteen. No, wait, that actually says rise and. Now, Ursa hasn't fought since last, since like the last. How about uh? How? What about um? What about you can have Ursan versus uh, Ito. That would that would be fun. If Ursan's up to it. I don't know what else he's doing. Um, um, you could also potentially do if you want to do a rematch with uh, Kizmo and Saiga, because remember they had that awesome match where they were just. Suplexing each other, like German suplexing each other, um, and uh, rising. Uh, it was a 2017. Um, I'm trying to remember wh who else was on that card. Um, was that the one that were, that they were suplexing each other? Christian, do you remember that? 
I think uh, I think that was. No, but I don't know which numbered card it was. Cause I know there was a match where that that that's that Saiga. Oh no, it was Saiga and uh, Yamamoto from 2016. Getting my uh, getting my years mixed up here. Um, it's okay. We all botched sometimes. Uh, I'm trying to look at uh, just rises like you know. Um, is Tok is Hideo Tokuro still in MMA or is he like kind of like unofficially retired at this point? Uh, yeah, he's still in MMA. He's, he's just waiting for the right fight to come up. Okay. I think he's just been doing stuff. I think he's just been doing more stuff with uh, Quintet. Let's uh -huh. see. Um, uh, yeah. Damn, it's like, oh. He's only fought for ZST. Oh, oh he also fought for uh, BTJ. Um. I'm trying to think of just like everybody else. I mean, the only fight I can really think of is uh, is Ursan, the two him and Ursan because you know they're both off losses, um, both being finished. They haven't fought each other. I think it could be an exciting fight. And Ursan's guy, you know, if he wants to still be in MMA, could be a good test. But I know that Ursan, I think I think that uh that's a fight that you can make. But what about Cape? What is with Cape next? Give him a few run back the Asakura match. Well, here's the thing. It's funny you say that. Um, there's a commercial right now for Ryzen 16 on uh, YouTube, and they advertise Kaisakura on it. But I think they're going to try to do him versus Oka Sazaki again. I won't be surprised. So I don't, I don't, here's the thing, Cape wants, wants that rematch every fucking day. I can tell he's one of those people who probably like, he sleeps just thinking about it. And I think that, that I don't know if that rematch will, will happen. I honestly don't think it will happen again. It should. But I just don't see it happening. I think the only chance of it happening will be during a, uh, a Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, any other fights that you would, you would want to do with Cape? Any other high level fights? I don't think he's I don't think he's high level enough for Horaguchi yet. Um, I don't think you want to do that match exactly. I think Cape should get two or three more wins, and then maybe you could set up a Horaguchi rematch. That's that's my idea personally. Um, oh, actually, I thought of a match just now for Ito. What about Ito versus Ben Win? Um, I would, I would, I don't, I'm hesitant to say Ben Wynn versus Manel Cape as well, because I just don't like, you know, putting up winners against losers. Um, that's, that's my personal idea. That's my personal philosophy. But I, if, I guess if you want to do that, you know, um, you could do that. But I think, I think that, yeah, if you want to do the Cape, um, Cape match, you know, also, the idea was going to be, uh, Yuki Matoi, well, for deep, they had for the deep show this year with Yuki Matoya versus Victor Henry. Uh, Yuki Matoya, had he won that, and probably had one or two more matches in Ryzen, probably would have been uh, the get next guy to face Horiguchi, I think. So, what about Victor Henry 
or Yuki Matoya versus Manel Cape? That would be fun, but I hope that if I hope that if Cape does fight Victor Henry, if that fight does come to fruition, that he wouldn't underestimate Victor Henry. I mean, basically labeling him as weak and not realizing the motherfucker trains out of UWF USA with Josh Barnett. <laughs> it would just be funny seeing the shit him trying if he tried to shit talk to Barnett or something like that. Oh yeah. His little ass will be flying higher than what Jay White would have been. But um yeah, this was another great this was another great uh finish. Again in the second round. And um it would be the last finish for quite a while, unfortunately. So uh with because of the fact that there were five straight decision fights that clogged up the excitement of this card and made everybody feel like they were watching something dreadful. Yes. Do you want me to get to the first decision fight? Yeah, uh, before you do, you know, I, I just want to say that, you know, up until now, I was loving this show. This show was booked perfectly. And it was having some of the most exciting finishes that I've seen in Ryzen. Some, some great finishes. And then, it was kind of like... This was kind of like with the Lord of the Rings movies where it was so... It's great at the beginning, and then suddenly, the movie just lulled. For the next hour and a half. And that's what Chatri this... brought out... Chatri brought out the voodoo dolls. But we're going to talk about that more... And I think we should start that off with the with the uh, this lightweight match. So Christian, it's all yours. Ah uh, yes, the first of five consecutive decisions. It's a lightweight battle as Damian beat down Brown up to his professional MMA record to nineteen and twelve, defeating Koji Takeda, the deep lightweight champion. Via unanimous decision. Takeda now drops to 8 and 1. Now, this fight is supposed to be a lightweight Grand Prix prelude, but after what the hell basically happened in this fight, do you think that either fighter deserves to be in the Grand Prix? Should it actually, I mean, should it be announced, Casso? Yes, and I will explain. Oh, well, actually, uh, uh, Chris, uh, the, no, sorry, not Christian. Uh, Joseph, did you see anything about this fight or, any, or anything? Read up on it. All right, at this point, I'm it. From this point on, I was completely in the dark. Okay, well, you know, still feel free to chime in with any, you know, thoughts or anything like that. But, uh, okay, so basically this fight was three rounds of one fighter fighting when the other guy didn't do anything. And I'm going to explain. Damian Brown... Went into his fight with a strategy, with a strategy to fight Takeda. Takeda decided not to train for his fight and spend his entire time in a tanning bed, cause he looked brown as fuck. And there's a reason why he's nicknamed Black Hercules. You know, his uh, training partner, um, Miata. Um, shit, what the fuck is his first name? Christian, what was Miata's first name again? I'm forgetting his first name. Kazuyuki, oh. or you can refer to him by his middle name, of Little Hercules. Little Hercules. So now, Koji who trains at the Brave Gym with, uh, with him, is now Black Hercules, because he looks legitimately like black. 
with the amount of tanning that he does. So, in this match, it was three rounds of Brown counterpunching Takeda, while Takeda did nothing. Except for the second round, we went for a takedown, and Brown, we almost had a finish, like, uh, when Brown went for the guillotine on, uh, Crookshank. Um, and then, uh, the best part about this match, I don't even have anything for the third round, the best part about this match, so, Damian Brown has his hands down, like, hands down, like, you know, like, totally, like, not defending himself or whatever. Koji Takeda, like, jumps in, his hands are down, and Brown does this beautiful Superman punch that rocked Takeda. But he didn't capitalize on it. I have no idea why. Brown is a smart fighter, and I'm not so sure why he decided not to capitalize on this potential opportunity to end this fight in the second round when he could have. I don't know if it's because it, it was an injury, because the, the commentators were speculating that he might have had a, uh, an injury uh, on his on his ribs or his arm or his right arm or something, or maybe you know he was trying to the fight smart because you know hey this guy could still take me down if he wants to, I don't know, um but and basically in the, the, I said on Twitter in this fight Brown fought smartly Takeda didn't come to fights, and that to me was. What was wrong with this match was that Takeda, this guy who's 8-0, lightweight deep champion, supposedly this guy who's who's starched all of his opponents, who beat Kido, Satoru Kitaoka to win the deep lightweight child, title. He has, if you were to watch this one fight, you would think this guy has no fight IQ. This was his first fight ever, and that he never fought in, a, in an MMA match before because he was legitimately, at times, just doing nothing. To the point where, like, if you thought that, like, maybe he was a robot and they forgot to put his quarter, the quarter in the back to turn him on. I'll say this. This wasn't Damian Brown's most impressive performance. Obviously, that Darren Crookshank tap out was absolutely fantastic. But at least Brown came to fight. He didn't, he didn't win in the most exciting way. But he at least came to put on a fight. Takeda did nothing. I honestly never want to see Takeda ever again in a rising ring. Damn. I hate to be harsh to some fighters because I understand. I un there's some there's things that happen sometimes. You know, not everything is 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 not everything is everything's contextual. But Takeda looked like out of his elements. He didn't look like he deserved to be in any. I don't want. Um, I don't even want to insult deep or I I can't I don't want to insult deep because that's not the right it's I don't want to say that like he's that he's he's only deep worthy fighter I wouldn't even say he's deep worthy like he's like amateur MMA and Kirk at at, uh, at Shinjuku face worthy fighter damn it, it was pitiful. Christian, what do you guys? Uh, here's, you, don't we even put. You, we, Dan, Andrew, you pretty much say we banish you to the indie MMA promotions. Exactly. He he basically basically he put he he fought he fought Mongolian style without being Mongolian. <laughs> um, Christian, what do you? I mean, I don't want to see him anywhere near this White Lake tournament. Put Brown in there. I think Brown deserves it because at least he he's still he's two and zero in Ryzen. He's had that one 
that one finish over Darren Crookshank, he has this one win as well. But I don't want to see Takeda anywhere near near there. What do you think about this fight, Christian? What do you what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, as far as Brown goes, as far as Damian Brown goes, I thought he done pretty damn well. I mean, I think that he has I mean, even though it wasn't a finish per se, like the one he had with Crookshank, this fight really shown that he is capable of dominating a fight even without really doing much. Oh boy. That's, That's the best way to dominate a fight. When your foe's not doing anything, you can easily just dominate it. <laughs> yeah. But as for Takeda, I think he was overwhelmed by the fact that he never faced anybody as tough and as experienced as Damian Brown was. And I think that made him feel a little bit shell-shocked. Now, as far as you saying, Andrew, that he should be banished to the nether realm, the Japanese MMA, a.k.a. Deep, no disrespect, I think that Takeda needs a little bit more work to put in before ever getting a call back from Ryzen again. If I was Deep, I would be insulted. Do you remember remember that uh, Pancreas versus uh, Deep match with... Um, uh, Mitsu, uh, with Tsunabe and, uh, Ochi. And Tsunabe oh, did... the light flyweight versus strawweight fight. The and... first ever men's strawweight bout in a rising ring. Remember everybody was saying it was Pancreas champion versus Deep champion. And I, I think a lot of people picked the Pancreas champion. Just because he had a bigger name and also because, you know, it's Pancreas. It's a bigger, it's a bigger organization than Deep, as far as I know. More well-known... Obviously, more experience. Exactly, and instead he did nothing. And if I was the pancreas, if I was the pancreas president, you know, thank God, still not more than Suzuki, but I would have been fucking pissed. And if I, you know, I'm the, the president of Deep, I would be pissed as well that that this is this is one of my champions, and he went and and performed like that. That it was, I would be disgusted. I would, I would, I would strip him of the belt immediately. You would really be like that. With that, the way that he lost. Here's the thing: it's not. Listen, he didn't even put up a fight to even say like, okay, you know what? It was the better fighter that won. Instead, this is a fight. Uh, the, the better. This was a case of the other guy won because the other guy was doing nothing. And the other fighter was came here was actually doing stuff. Listen, the thing when the second round when he just he just jumped into uh, to Darren Cook uh, not Darren Cook uh, to Damian Brown's uh, Superman punch when and also had his hands down. What was he expecting? He was expecting a hug. Nah, he was basically expecting a way out. And also, by the way, there are three eye pokes in this match. By the way, as well. I think it was three. Um, Damn, talk about some dirty boxing. Yeah, Takeda, you know, I know that, I know. I, I think, I, I'm I'm glad they kind of like, it put uh, it, it put a lot of those JMMA fans on blast that like, oh, he's just going to be this next big thing in, MM, in the in lightweight Japanese MMA. And, you know, this is why you should never go on hype chains for undefeated fighters because you never realize how good they are until they face like, Real competition. I'm not saying that that Kitaoka is not real competition in deep. Um, oh no, shit! He is real competition. But Have Damian Brown is a exactly yeah, and Damian Brown though is on a different level, I think, than Kitaoka 
is just as a fighter in general. And, you know, if you're going to come, if listen, if you're going to come to fight Damian Brown and you're not going to, and your whole strategy is, oh, I'm not going to fight, then expect to get your face pummeled in like he did. Um, yeah. Put Brown in that tournament. Takeda, show, show him the, tell, tell him to pack his bags and leave. And take the deep lightweight chip. Well, I would say, uh, Tell him to lead the deep lightweight championship with him. Hey, you know what? If that means that that Damian Brown could get a deep lightweight uh, title fight, hey, great. That means you know be another win for D for Damian Brown and a title for him to take home to Australia. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, yeah, this is this fight was because one guy was fighting, one was not. It was just like this fight was three rounds, but it felt like it was going on for like thirty. It felt like now championship rounds. That, now and, we knew how that Henzo Gracie's. No way, actually. Now we knew what that Henzo Gracie Kazushi Sakuraba felt like from 19 years ago. Mm hmm. So, uh, uh, what, so just question though. What do you do with the, uh, so presuming that the, uh, that the white, if that white, that lightweight tournament doesn't happen, or they want to just do like another, uh, tune up match, who would you put Damien Brown against, uh, Christian? Uh, to be quite honest, who the hell is there really? Oh, wait. You know who I would put him up against? Gabriel Oliveira. Even though he's not a natural bantamweight. No, even though he's a natural featherweight. And he's fought in bantamweight before. I mean, he's fought at bantamweight before. I think it would be crazy not to see him at lightweight. Hmm. What about you, uh, Joseph? Do you have anybody who you want Damian Brown to fight? If, the, if he's not in the tournament? Um, I'm not sure. Well, I got two people. Either uh, Satoshi D'Souza or Kitaoka. I think those would be two very fascinating matches just because I want to see him go up against... We had him go up against a brawler, Crookshank. We had him go up against a wrestler, Takeda. Why not put up against a, a submission grappler? Hmm. I'd be very curious to see how that match would go. But, uh, I think we talked about this fight long enough. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. guys, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get off, I'm gonna try to get as much sleep as I can, because Eno Cooney's later tonight. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like do. The, I'm gonna dare myself to try to wake up at 2 a.m. to watch Hito Cooney because I'm off to, off until I'm not working until the weekend. Okay. Mm. But uh, Joseph, uh, was there uh, overall though? So how how many fights overall did you see? You saw everything from D'Souza on, right? Yeah, I saw everything from D'Souza on. Okay. Uh, what do you think so, of? Uh, so 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 luckily by the time I came around, when I the time I woke up to watch the rest of the card. Uh, it was, I get, I, we got away from the dry spell. Gotcha. Any thoughts on the four matches that you saw? Let's see, um, I really liked, uh, the Sosa fight. It was my first time seeing, um, Sosa in action. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty weird, crazy to see, like, a submission guy get a, get the rare knockout win. Mm -hmm. Um, Ben Wynn, um, had a very bad strat game plan against, uh, Horiguchi. And Horiguchi, though, uh, to, you know, uh, murdered him. Mm -hmm. Murdered, death, killed him. Um, Fritz, I hope we see uh, Fritz again. You know, because um, Fritz actually... Well, I, I thought he would. 
just a little mention. I hope he doesn't change. I mean, I hope he changes that music that he came out to to something that doesn't resemble coming out to a mega church. <laughs> no, like Fritz actually lasted a lot longer than t- that, uh, in the tension fight than I thought he would last, and he's got quite a chin too. So because he, he took some good shots, and he delivered some good some some good blows on tension as well. What about the main event? So what... he, yeah, so I'm hoping he you know he comes around. Um, the main event. Um, you know, well, let's see, Yuri, you know, he's now, um, light heavyweight champion, and, you know, and as we saw in the, uh, the Confessions episode that was mostly about him, that, you know, he wants to stick around with the company. Oh, that he does. Yes. You know, he's not, not, like, he's not completely trying to, you know, fuck off to go to the UFC, like, like all these other, other fools. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And be a slave to Reebok. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm glad, I, I, it sounds like you enjoyed the sh- those those matches that you saw. Um, if you get a chance, yeah. do see the other matches as well, so you can get a full perspective. Oh, you tell you, you tell me to watch the dry spell. So, well, if you ever have time, if you ever have time, you know, just you know, get caught on the fights that you make. You're like you're like you 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 lucky bastard! You slept through all that. You're gonna suffer what I suffered. Dude. You're watching the dry spell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna watch people not just stand around and just walk around and not do anything, just collecting a paycheck. Uh, but uh, it sounds like I'm glad you enjoyed. You got to see the the matches that were that that were probably the most ex- uh, or some of the most exciting. Uh, the the last final ones. So glad you got to see that. But uh, yeah, you know, next time you know we'll def we'll definitely have you on again. This won't be the last time you'll be on. We'll definitely have you on. You know when uh. When uh, Manny Pacquiao fights Takanori Gomi or something like that. Just kidding, of course. Oh, God. Can you, I can only picture that happening. Uh, Manny Pacquiao at this point has a better chance. Actually, no. There actually is one. Before I go, there actually is one thing. I remember you guys saw the Ryzen Confessions episode when they were talking about uh, Pac, when Pacquiao was going to be doing stuff with Ryzen, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. So remember when they were talking, the, the production team is talking to Tenshin? <laughs> And Tenshi jokingly says he honestly was kind of he honestly thought Saki Bro was gonna have book him against Pacquiao again. Well, I wouldn't be surprised because it's kind of like uh, for you bring Manny Pacquiao, Pacquiao in, you kind of wonder like uh, well, he's a Pacquiao. Well, to be fair, Tenshin is a Pacquiao man. But it's kind of like you know you brought in Mayweather. You look what you did with me there. Oh, Pacquiao's coming in. Oh, geez, I wonder what's gonna happen. So it's kind of like oh. He should. He, I love like it. No, I love how him and the production crew, the camera crew, just started laughing. But it's, it's it's his his feelings are not like they're not. That's not entirely like out of the realm of like. Oh, I kind of is this what they're gonna do? Uh, you know he do it. Oh, I wouldn't recommend doing it. He had his one. Well, uh, his pay, well, it, well, his paycheck, his bank account might say otherwise. I think he got enough money with that. Uh, with that pack with the uh, Mayweather fights. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's going to his uh to his tui- his college tuition. Yes, yes. Yeah. If he wants to, or, or 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 you know maybe he wants to go buy a house. Yeah, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. Joseph, it was great having you on. Uh, we'll definitely have you on again, and uh, keep on watching yeah. the Ryzens and the New Japan's. Yeah, and hopefully uh next time you know I'll be able to see like the you know the cards. I'll be able to contribute more to it. Yeah, 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 you know, uh, yeah, you know, just get that coffee ready uh, for those intermissions that you love so much. Dude, that's you, man. Or plan out, or make your plans out 
accordingly. Yes, yes. Stop taking work on weekends. I can't. I have. I need. I need money, pal. I. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It don't grow. It, look, man. It, it may grow on trees, but it doesn't grow in my wallet. <laughs> Indeed, we all suffer through that same struggle. All right, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to get as much sleep as I can and attempt to try to see Hino Kuni live. Okay, great. Okay, and uh, by the way, by the way, how can the people follow you? Ah, you gonna, you guys can follow me on Twitter on, on on Twitter at, at I'm at I'm hashtag at SEA Wrestling. You can also see my stuff on YouTube, um, YouTube slash uh, Jam Factor. Do you have a Twitch channel as well? Um, I have a Twitch. I haven't really messed with it. Okay. Um, I might do some stuff on Twitch. I haven't really, met, I haven't really put done any streams on Twitch. The majority, of most of my streams have been on YouTube. But maybe later this week, I might try to maybe stream some KOC or something on um, on Twitch. Oh, okay. KOC meaning King of Coliseum. Yeah, I might maybe stream some like King Coliseum or maybe stream some uh, some Fire Pro or something. Ah, good old Fire Pro. <laughs> I see. I'll be but putting up the next. That, uh, I'll be putting up the next episode of the of my tournament later tomorrow. Cool, cool. Other than that, thanks for being on, and I will talk to you on social media, Joseph Matos. All right, later, guys. Take care. Have a good night. Okay, so uh, want to go into the next fight, uh, Christian? Sorry, Christian, I lost you. Can you hear me clear? Yep, I can hear you better now. Okay, let's go to the next fight. Watanabe <laughs> in the weigh-ins was just crazy. She was getting... I mean, there's a wrestler in all Japan pro wrestling named the bodyguard that bent a pan prior to one of his boxing bouts because he was also a world-class boxer as well. And obviously, Kana Watanabe done the same thing just before her fight against Justina Hava. And I think that power and intensity and how she bent that pen really worked to her advantage as she upped her undefeated record to 7-0-1 by defeating Justina the Polish Laura Croft Zofia Haba via unanimous decision in the second of the five dry spell decision fights. Now, I gotta ask you, Andrew, what were your thoughts about Kanawatanabe? What what were your thoughts about Kanawatanabe as a whole? The bending of the pan and this fight. And do you think that there's gonna I mean, do you think that we got a star on our hands? Uh, I thought that was amazing at the weigh-ins. Um, I do. I think we have a star on our hands. Um, well, I don't know if uh, did you mention that she won this fight by unanimous decision? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, good. Just making sure because that'll be a that'll be a uh, quite a, uh, a a continuous thing for the next few fights. But um, with Watanabe, I think they do, but. 
Here's the thing. She did not look like a complete fighter. Standing up, Justina Habo wrecked her. Did you see what she did to her eye? Oh, I think I did see that. Haba busted open uh, Watanabe's nose, and I believe it was her right eye. Uh, her, her, yeah, her right, her right eye, at least backstage, swelled up and shut. And it was gross. Here's the thing I'm going to say, though. Kana is... Kana looked great when it came to judo throws. But... She's looked better in other fights. And here's the thing. I think if... I think Kaba could have won this if her if she had injured her eye much earlier, because that would have hindered her vision to do to grab her and get that judo throw, and also may have resulted in soccer stoppage. By the way, here's the other thing as well. Did it seem like a lot of these fights that were where there was fires bleeding that they were stopping them very very like for like the slightest thing for like bloody noses? There's. I think they were I mean, I think the refs in those fights were only trying to stop the fight just for safety purposes. Okay. It just seemed weird because I've never seen fights stop so often and so much just for a, like a bloody nose. Well, that was really strange. Um, yeah, that was very strange too, but they had to do what they had to do in order to make sure these fighters live another day. Of course. Here's the thing. Like, I don't have that many notes on, on this fight because, again, this was, this was a fight I was actually looking forward to the most. And it was also the fight I was probably most disappointed. Uh, uh, second most disappointed, I would say. And what happened, uh, I was, Watanabe can be a star, but she needs to improve her stand-up game. And this is funny, coming from somebody who knocked out Shizuki Sugiyama in 7 seconds. I know. Or no, 9 seconds, or 10 seconds, whatever it was. That's funny. Actually, it was 11 seconds. Excuse me, 11 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> funny, but, you know... In this fight, I thought that Hobbo was 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 winning everything on the stand up, and you know, I think in a in a in a weird way, I think Hobbo looked more imp more impressive coming out of this fight than Wanabe. Wanabe looked good, and she could be a star, but I think Hobbo is a very interesting fighter. At the time, at this fight, she was 1-0. Her only win was was her choking out Shinju Claire. She had amateur fights and was in the Polish military. She comes in, a complete unknown, and defeats undefeated Shinju Claire. And then goes the distance with Kana Watanabe. And in the process, busts open her eye and her nose. And totally... Wins in stand-up. Justina Haba is one of the fighters I, I I hope gets invited to more Ryzen shows. Because I will look forward to seeing her fight the most. One, the ones who I... You kind of took the question right out of... I mean, you kind of took the answer to the question that I was going to ask right out of my mouth. And do you think that Justina Haba will fight more for Ryzen? Or she better. future MMA because... I think that she's done her part enough to, you know, say that she's going to have a future, but that all depends on her, and, and that all depends on her military schedule. 
Well, is she in the reserves, the equivalent of the reserves of the Polish military, or, like, is she still enlisted? Is she in the military? Is it like, because is Damian Brown, is he's, is he, he's not in the military anymore, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, he was. Or is it like, um, who, um, Brian Stan, isn't, isn't, sorry, is Brian Stan still in the reserves? I think he's done in the military. I think Brian Stan's done in the military. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to have done college football and stuff. I see. I know there's some fighter who's yeah, in the reserves. Commentary for college football. Yeah, I know he's. There's a fighter who's still in the reserves that fights for UFC or some other. Um, but I don't think it should, and it shouldn't. You know, I think that Justina Haba is one of the fighters to be looking at, and I don't care if she has a one-on-one record. She is a good fighter. And I think that's oh, what. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Christian. I hate to interrupt, even though it's kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but even though she has one loss on her record, if she continues to compete the way that she did against Shinju O'Claire and against Kana Watanabe, could be a potential star in the making, like your KK, I mean, like your double K's and your double J's, aka. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, Kana, you know, I'll still like to see her fight. You know, this wasn't her most impressive win. Actually, probably was her least impressive win that she's ever had. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, you know, Kana still, you know, at that 125 uh, women's uh, flyway tournament still happens, put them both in. I say put them both in. I don't know if you have them face each other again, but I definitely say put them in. Um, other than that, you know, um, I guess, you know, an interesting match would be, would be Kana and Murata, but Kana would outsize Murata significantly. But in terms of just... But, there's, but their skills would be just like... I'd be curious to see how their skills, you know, with each other go, like how they mesh. With Haba, you know, um, you know, depending on how Ring Nakai is, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Haba versus Ring Nakai. I think that'd be an interesting matchup. If, if Nakai still has fights on her contract with Ryzen, and if she's still interested in fighting. Um, but, you know, save them for the, I say both of them, save both of them for a tournament. Again, though, this was not the most exciting fight ever. You know, the third round was basically just, uh, Kana on a, uh, I think she was on on Haba's back the entire time, and just like that was almost like the entire round, and it was not it was not an exciting decision win. I'll say that it was just kind of there. Um, do you have anything else to say about this fight? Nah, other than the fact that when it comes down to Watanabe, I hope that her next fight. I mean, I hope that she'll improve upon her dominance in the next fight she gets booked for because I think that, you know, Watanabe could have knocked Haba out, but that, she's, done, yeah. she's basically done just enough to get the victory, even though I hope she continues. Wait, did you say that Haba, oh, 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 did you say Watanabe could have knocked Haba out? Yeah, Watanabe could have knocked out Haba, oh, okay. but I think that... Nabe needs to work more on how to dominate a fight. That's another thing is I mean, that 
continuing on, you know, thank you for bringing that up. But another thing is, you know, uh, Fight IQ. Watanabe's Fight IQ, um, that was not... She did not have a good uh, sense of, you know, finishing this fight when she could have. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. You know, considering her other two rising performances and how she fights in deep, kind of, it was like, is this the same kind of Watanabe? You know? Maybe there was something in the water, or uh, Chachri is using voodoo dolls, but this was certainly not... There, her fight IQ was really off. I actually think also Haba, you know, if Haba had been more aggressive, she could have potentially, you know, finished Haba, uh, Wanabe and the stand-up. You risk, you know, of course, the judo throws when you put your arms out and you're punching, but, you know, I think that's a risk you kind of have to take, you know, if you want if you want to finish. Because Haba wasn't going to finish, wasn't going to submit Wanabe, but she could have knocked her out, I think. Speaking of, somebody could have knocked somebody out. This fight, despite the fact that it ended in a decision, it could have ended in a knockout either way as Mikuru Asakura defeated Luis Killer Gustavo via unanimous decision, but the fight basically felt like... It basically felt like fighting in a phone booth, to be honest with you. It basically felt like MMA's version of the old Hagler Hearns fights. I mean, it was basically just violence personified, even though we did not get the finish in this fight. In his post-fight speech, Mikuru Asakura said his tooth got chipped. No, one of his teeth got chipped. And he thanked the fans for their support as there just wasn't enough words to describe how he felt after what he just went through in that ring. But I have to ask you, Andrew. Did you think that this fight lived up to the hype? And do you think that if given the chance, if they would have done that fight over, it would end in a knock? I think it did not live up to the hype. I feel like I might be the odd Why man out. Was oh, that sorry? Why is that? Oh. Well, first round. As soon as the round begins, Gustavo got a right head kick that rocked Azakura. And you think, okay. These two are going to just start throwing. And then Azakura took him down and laid on him. Mm -hmm. Second round. So basically, last I'll, I'll go with this. Second round. Azakura, um, this was a round also that uh, Luis Gustavo, I think he broke his hand in. I'm not so sure how because I don't remember the exact punch, but he broke his right hand again apparently. He broke his hand again uh, first time in a... Uh, the Yachi match, but still managed to finish Yachi by a bigger opponent than uh, than uh, Mikuru. So in the second round, Azakura took Gustavo down, and Gustavo was close to the ropes. So what does Gustavo do? He exits under the ropes to get out from under Azakura, and got a yellow card. And do you know what happened? He did it again. He did it again. I don't remember if it was the second round or the third round, but he exited again and just got a warning. And then third round, like maybe the last 30, 40 seconds of the round, they remember, oh, we're brawlers. Let's brawl. And then the bell ended. 
This match, honestly, was pitiful. It was, like, for what? This is, like, I was, I made a joke that watch this match turn into, like, Paul Daly versus MVP. And this match kind of is Ryzen's Paul Daly MVP. Where the match that they should have had didn't happen. And the match that shouldn't have happened happened. And mm-hmm. not in a good way. We'll talk about a fight later where the opposite happened. Where it was good that it, that they didn't... That, that it went an opposite route. But this fight... This fight was like watching paint dry. And I was disappointed in both fighters. We got Mikuru. Oh, we got the street fighter Mikuru. Who complains about an eye poke. We got the street fighter Mikuru. Azakura. I'm going to wrestle this guy and hold him down. We got Ruiz Gustavo. Who apparently said if he wasn't fighting he would be killing people. What does he do? To get out, out of a takedown, to get out from under Oscura, I'm going to crawl under the ring so that the position can be restarted. But I'll get a yellow card. I'll get my, my, my money that I earned taken away from me. Huh. Well, you know, his entrance music does come off of a movie that was based off a famous album that was created, I mean, that was done by one of the biggest rap stars in the world, and... You know, all he was, all Luis Killer Gustavo was doing was getting rich or dying trying. Is that 50 Cent? <laughs> huh? Was that 50 Cent who did that song? Yep. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Also, may, may, I'm going to mention, Wanderlei Silva was also in the corner of Gustavo. And I hope Wanderlei Silva slapped him a few times when they went to the back and asked him, what the hell were you doing out there? Broken hand or not, I have seen fighters with 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 worse do more. Rich Franklin knocked out Chuck Liddell with a broken arm. Um, Damian Brown, um, what was it? Um, try remember the last guy he fought in UFC before he uh before he left. Um, let me go ahead and check that. Okay, but uh, his opponent, Damian Brown, broke his opponent's leg. And he still managed to um, to win that uh, that match. Uh-huh. Was it Don Young Kim? I'm 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 thinking Korean. I think it was a Korean fighter. I'm trying to search for it right now. I mean, you bring up some great points. And oh, by the way, it was Don Hyun Ma. Okay, the wrong uh, the wrong Dong. I guess you could say. But nonetheless, um, let's see. Oh, Josie Haldo. Broke his foot in the, I think it was the Frankie Edgar match that they had. But still, fall like he had no broken foot. Um, oh, actually, a Korean zombie when he fought Jose Aldo. Separated his shoulder during the match. And he tried to, like, still fight. For the World Featherweight title, correct? Yes, and he still tried to fight. He tried to hide it, he couldn't, but he still tried to fight. Uh, Uriah Faber was basically walking on one leg fighting against Jose Aldo when they fought. Uh-huh. A broken hand, and that is what you do? That you... 
for a guy who said that he was gonna he would be killing people in the streets of, of Brazil from wherever he is from in Brazil. Colombo Pahana Brasil. That doesn't sound like a very tough thing when you have a broken hand and that, that somehow precludes you from doing nothing. From 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 engaging in what you're strong at. And I'm not gonna say listen, here's the thing. There were pockets of this match that were great. When they were standing up, it was great. But the problem is that the stand up was so little and so in between that everything that the boring stuff outweigh was much more prevalent than than what than the than this stuff. Listen, I thought this was gonna be a first round ender. This wouldn't make it past the first round. Someone's gonna get knocked out. I picked Mikaru, you picked Luis Gustavo. But nonetheless, we thought that we both that someone was gonna get knocked out. And instead, the only people who got ended up looking like idiots for the outcome. Yeah, and I'll tell you this. The only people who got knocked out probably were people watching this. And I, I have to say, the people who thought that, that, that thought this was a great fight, this was not a great fight. Given what these two have, what their what their background is, Gustavo, who was undefeated at the time and who had all finishes on his record. Mikuru Azakura, who was, who was not undefeated, but nonetheless was known finished. All but one of his fights in Ryzen, the one he didn't finish against uh, Dockback. Uh, he still tried to finish him. Dockback was just hard to finish. And he couldn't finish him, obviously. But nonetheless, he still he still was able to finish him. Uh, uh, still was able to win in an ex- uh, exciting way. And also being from the outside of Street Fighters, you know, saying that like, oh, you know, I, you know, I have my, I say this in the confession, Ryzen confession, confession video, I have this, I have my will on my cell phone in case I ever die in a fight. Listen, this was not their best outing, either of them. And I understand strategizing a fight. And here, I don't blame Mikuru going in for for takedowns. That's not the issue. The problem is that he laid on Gustavo when he would do that. And this is not why we watch Ryzen. We watch Ryzen for exciting, for exciting fights where... Even if there's no finish, both guys give their all all they have. They leave in the ring. And these guys did both not... Or both girls. Oh, yes, or both girls, excuse me. But both did not leave it in the ring at all. I have no idea what... what, what, what if that... It, it probably was a strategy to take down uh, Gustavo. I don't know what Gustavo's strategy was. Or, you know, if he had a strategy, but then the broken hand... Screwed it up. I can't believe that. But yeah, this fight was did not live up to the hype. What do you think, Christian? Eh, I'm gonna have to agree with you. We both said that somebody was gonna get knocked out, and you're right. A lot of the viewers basically tuned out, catch some Z's and after but, watching this fight and, because they didn't want to deal with the rest of that damn dry spell. I'll give a, I'll give another example. Rise example. Uh, Jair Rosenstruck, now for the UFC. Uh, when he took on um, Andre Kovalev. Andre Kovalev, yes. I'm about to say. I'm about to say. Uh, Kov, uh, the the boxer Kovalev. Nah, wrong guy. Wrong guy. If that would have been the case, Rosenstruck would have beat his ass. Well, here's the thing. That we both you know, again, that the fight you think oh both these guys are, are big heavyweights one one guy is uh, one guy has all finishes four and zero or whatever he was at the time 
knocked out all of his opponents. You have another uh, another heavy uh, heavyweight guy who has great finishes. Someone's got to go down, and instead it was three rounds of just whatever. And th- while this this while this fight wasn't at that level, I think this fight was a lot worse because of just what we have seen these with these two have done in Ryzen. Very disappointing fight. Very, very disappointing fight. And not the fight type of fight you want to be seeing at 4 a.m. at all. When you're trying to already stay awake. And you know you have to prepare for intermissions. So, yeah, this was not a... This was... You know, this was not the type of fight that should that they should have had. Glad Mikuru won, you know. Well, actually, let's talk about that. What do you do with these two? Do you have them come back for... Do, do you... Mikuru wants in on that Ryzen Grand Prix. I'm pretty sure Luis Gustavo will like it. Do you put him in the in the Ryzen Grand Prix, either or, or what do you do? What do you think, Christian? I think when it comes down to both of those two fighters, I mean, considering the fact that both of them aren't natural, I mean, obviously this fight was contested at a catch weight of 150 pounds, so it's no fucking shit that these two are. Not natural lightweights, they're featherweights. Yeah. So I guess the best thing for them would be, you know, to figure out what to do with them and hope that their next fights, respectively, won't be this goddamn dreadful. Okay, say if they're not in the white in the Grand Prix, who would you put Mikuru up against if you were the matchmaker? To be quite honest with you, uh. Nah, I can't say he would be facing off against Danong Saklek Top Noi Tiger Muay Thai because, because obviously Top Noi would kick his ass. Well, hold on. Aren't they like different weight divisions as well? Will that also be a, uh, that would be an issue as well, right? Uh, no, they're both in the featherweight. I mean, shit, what do I know? Oh, wait, actually. No, isn't Top Noi Bantamweight because he fought his brother? Fuck I. Oh, right, 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 right. Shit, stupid me, stupid me. But yeah, I think that the better, I think that a good fight for Mikuru, considering the fact that he's a featherweight, I think that a good fight for him would be against... Uh, I know, featherweight's the toughest division because it's like, it's barren for Ryzen. Now that Crone's yeah, gone. like, who the fuck is really in there is the main question. I mean, um... Are there really any... I mean, they better look for some top guys from Bellator, some top guys from Road FC to face off against... Which of the, um... Which of the... Of the uh, uh, is it Patricio or Patricky? Which one of them is a featherweight? I get the two confused all the time. Uh, is it Patricky? I feel like it's Patricky. Actually, it's Patricio. Ah, fuck. Of the two pitbull brothers. Well, here's the thing. I think uh, it would be a good punishment for Mikuru to fight uh, Patricio because I know if, if you try to take down Patricio, he's not going to have anything of it. And if he breaks both his hands, he's still going to try and knock you out. I think that would be a very interesting uh, matchup between the two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, featherweight. I'm, yeah, I'm going to Bellator-like territory now. Um... What about Henry Corrales? Henry O.K. Corrales? 
Is he? I think that fight would be incredible. Is he featherweight though, or is he lightweight? I I forgot. Cause I know he. I think he's featherweight, right? Uh, let me check. Let me check. I mean, my goodness. I do think that he has. I know he beat Aaron Pico. Oh no, it's yeah, gotta be. Cool. I think it is. It is. It is a featherweight. Oh yeah, he is a featherweight. And I think another person that would be more likely to fight Mikuru would be. I wouldn't say Ill Will Brooks because he's lightweight, but I would say Daniel Strauss. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, especially because he just came back from that horrible, um, uh, what was it, a car accident or 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 motorcycle accident that he had? Probably a motorcycle accident. Yeah, he didn't fight for a long time, and he just finished his opponent. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think of like uh, what about okay? What about Gustavo? What do you do with Gustavo? To be honest, I would just hope that he doesn't go anywhere else because there are promotions that would love to have him. I'll be honest. I even seen this. I mean, I've been watching this promotion based out of Sao Paulo called Future FC that does shows commentated. English, Portuguese, and more recently Spanish on YouTube. And I think it would be, I mean, I think, I think Luis would probably benefit from taking a few fights in future FC if Ryzen doesn't do anything with him. But I would hope that if he does stay on with Ryzen, he gets kept into an active fight style. And I hope he doesn't get... You know, I hope he doesn't. I mean, I hope that neither one of these fighters fight like this again. But I do hope that Luis Killa Gustavo stays back. Um. Here's the thing, though. If if Luis Gustavo gets another chance, he can never fight like he did again. Uh, for this for this match. If he does, I say. It was nice having you services here, Gustavo. We love your match with Yachi, but your services are not no longer needed here. Mm-hmm. We wish you well on your future endeavors. Yes. If you want to have an exciting Brazilian fighter, you want to have your Luis Azaredo, you know, who is my favorite, like, pride Brazilian fighter that was not named Anderson Silva, Gustavo can be that guy. But he, if, a, if a broken hand is going to hold him back, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's going to be, or if he's going to be tempted in the fight because he, he's afraid to get knocked out by the other guy, then he's going to have to, then maybe he'll have to start killing people in Brazil, like he said apparently that he'd be doing. Yeah, but if he kills people in Brazil, he's going to be a hard criminal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, overall, all I can say about this was very disappointing fights between these two. Um... I hope that Mikuru doesn't go the way of Kai, where I think that Kai just is just just wrestling now his matches and not really doing anything else. I've been very disappointed with Kai's occur a lot lately. So hopefully he doesn't go that route. But, you know, I'm happy to give him another chance. Um, uh, and uh, so uh, you want to go into the next fight as well? Obviously, this fight, 
This fight has been anticipated since Ryzen 14 on New Year's Eve, but it finally happened, and, well, luckily for one person, she won, but she didn't feel like she was at her best. Of course, I'm talking about the shootboxing goddess Raina Kubota defeating spicy Samantha Jean-Francois of Marcel France via unanimous decision. Raina improving her record to 8 and 2. SJF, as we call her, is now 4 and 6 overall, as far as her updated fight record. In Raina's post fight speech, she thanked the fans after getting the win following a 485 day stretch of inactivity. She apologized to the fans for basically feeling embarrassed and not, I mean, basically being a social pariah, even though she's happy to fight in the visor. Her performance wasn't the best, but she's getting an ever so, she's becoming ever so closer to being the MMA fighter that she wants to be. And of course, and of course, she basically said at the end of her fight, Teach me the <laughs> I'm sorry for basically <laughs> scrambling the brains of many fighters, I mean, of many fight fans everywhere. But, in ignoring SJF, I mean, obviously she's, I mean, obviously, she's four and six. There's no way that she can fight and rise anymore after this. I mean, even though she has fought everywhere around the world or around Europe, there's no way she can continue her career in rising because fans ain't going I mean, I get that fans in Japan love spirited efforts. They love that fighting spirit, but... SJF, I mean, what the fuck can you do with a 4-6 and six fighter? <laughs> but as for Raina Kubota, I only have one question and one question only to ask. What do you think is next for the shoeboxing guy? Well, her thing is that she says she wants to fight in America. Um, and some have speculated that's because one of the reasons why they had this fight at a... Um, at a higher weight class because, as you probably know, there's no straw weight, um, Adam, excuse me, not uh, straw weight, Adam weight, um, division in, uh, America. I don't even know if there's straw weight. On the contrary, there is one in Invicta. Okay, but there not, none in the major. For obvious, there yeah. is not one in the UFC for obvious reasons because they know fuck all. <laughs> and obviously in Bellator, there ain't none either. I mean, they last had a women's strawweight division back when Megumi Fuji was popular. But at least, you know, Bellator has a little bit of a history of it. I know there's Invicta, but I think that Reyna would probably rather fight in Bellator than Invicta if given the opportunity. Exactly. Now, here's the thing, though. Bellator's high, lowest weight division for for women is 125, which Reyna would be incredibly undersized at. I don't recommend she goes into that. If they were to make a 115-pound division, that's potential. She would still be undersized, but not as undersized. Um, with this fight, though, um, I apologize, Christian. What was the full, what was the full question again? What do you think is next for Raina Kubota? Raina Kubota? Um, 
I think I saw something best on 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 her on um on on that someone posted. I don't remember who it was, but they said that Reyna should just switch fight camps. She should just go someplace else. Go to an ATT. Go to an AKA. Go to you know um uh what's the one in Guam um Spike twenty two Spike twenty two. Go to Pancras. I don't know where she trains out of now. But she does not seem to fight out of a out of a. I don't. I'm he gonna... trains out of the Caesar Takeshi gym. Okay, Caesar Takeshi, and he runs uh, shoot uh, shoot uh, blah, blah, shoot boxing. And he's also the creator of shoot boxing. Exactly. Um, I think it's kind of understandable why she trains there because he's ba she's basically the top shoot boxer. Um, so it might be kind of almost insulting if she if she were to go to a, another gym, but she should go to another gym. She should go to a pancreas. She should go to Brave. She should just she should train somewhere else. Just expand upon her credentials as a fighter. Cause in, let's talk a little. Expand upon her expertise is what you're trying exactly. to say. Exactly. Let's talk about this first this first round. This first round, Reyna got dominated. Very badly. Uh, SJF managed to take her back and also trip her. And and it's also in the second round as well. She got taken down and and uh, also got uh, and also got slammed down and also so, so, uh, gave the first soccer kick as well. Um, and by the way, SJF uh, was wearing soccer shoes. And um, still went for the uh, soccer kick, so I'm pretty sure by now um, there is there. I think those rules of soccer kicks and and shoes is out the window. But Shreena, you know, for a four and what was it, four and six at the time? Was she, was she during this match? Four and five. Four and five. five. You know, Reyna looked better. Against fighters that had better records than her. When she she looked, I'm trying to think of of of, a, of who she's fought. She hasn't fought the fighters with the mo with the most like expanded records. But I'm trying. To, oh, uh, Maria Oliveira. She. Mm -hmm. Wait, did she fight Maria Oliveira? I think she did, right? Mm -hmm. She. Oh, the Brazilian. I'm thinking of Irene Rivera. Irene Rivera. Irene Cabello Rivera. Yes. Yes. Um, she looked. I'm trying to remember what her record was, but basically, if um, okay, here's Irene. Irene's record at the time when she fought um, Reina was seven and four. Not the best, but not the worst. But she had defeated Miyu Yamamoto uh, previously. Nonetheless, though, uh, Reyna looked more better in that fight than she did in this match. The fact that she couldn't finish SJF, I think is... That makes, that makes Reyna look bad. I think it really made Reyna look not that good of a fighter. Again, the, the, the story of this show was... These fights that went to decision, the fighters that won, for the most part, 
their fight IQ was not turned on. And for some reason, Reyna... Where Reyna did not look like... We didn't see Reyna really go in for those body punches, for those liver shots. It was like she was trying to like win in a different way. But it wasn't working. And... Yeah, when, when Reyna could finish, you know, when Samantha was on the ground, it she wasn't doing enough to finish her. She was just doing enough to win. And I just don't know, like, what was it, you know, what what was what was with this these a lot of these fighters on the show where they were just their 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 awareness for finishing their opponents and their IQ was just not it was just not on, and especially this fight. What do you think, Christian? What do you think about Reyna in this match against SJF? I think Reyna, well, she wasn't really, I mean, I wouldn't say she wasn't really trying her best, but that first round didn't really leave anything to the imagination. No. Not at all. I mean, I do think that in order for her to, you know, continue her career, she... I mean, it would be best for her to change training camps just to get a better feel of the atmosphere, especially if she's going to a, especially if she's wanting to fight here in the states, in the United States. She would definitely need to think about fighting at a different training camp and getting a better feel for the atmosphere. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um. It just, this was not Raina's best outing. It really was not. And, I mean, so I guess, I guess we're gonna, well, the question is, what do you do with Raina next? Ryzen-wise. Would you have her fight again? Another MMA match? Kickboxing match? Weird mixed rules match? And then, uh, what do you... Yeah, she wants to continue her career as a mixed martial artist. Okay. But, I would hope that the next opponent that she gets won't be a fucking under 500 pushover. Like what many people, including us, thought that Samantha John Francois would be. Mm-hmm. What do you th uh, who do you put Rain up against in that case? Well, to be honest, I, I mean, I just don't know. Because I would, while it would be... Amazing to see her face off against Miu Yamamoto. It probably wouldn't happen. And Andy Nguyen is currently flying her craft in Lion Fight for Muay Thai. Do you? Am I wrong thinking that if they were to have a rematch, Miu might win that? Hmm. I don't think I'm so. I'm. That's too You're far. Wrong. You're not wrong, man. Um, I honestly don't know who you. And if she wants to put up, if she wants to like fight, you know, in America, she's gonna have to get bigger as well. So like, yeah, but would it really be best for her to gain a few extra lbs just to? Fight? No, I don't. I don't think it would, because then that will affect her kickboxing as well. So, you know, I don't know. Like, after this fight, it's kind of like, I don't know what you make. You can't have a rematch against Kana. I think Kana wins that easily. You're not, obviously, you know, Ayaka will never happen because they're training partners. So, like. 
unless something happens, ain't no damn way a fight between those two will happen. So I don't know. Like, I don't know what you do with Rand next. There's got to be, you know, I don't, uh, well, I don't know, Alyssa Garcia, you know? Give, give Alyssa. Well, hey, if Josh Barnett can make some deals and get that going, I'm pretty sure that will happen. Mm-hmm. Um... I am. I agree. I agree. You know, maybe I think that's probably a match you can make um, if you don't do a rematch with Kana and Alyssa at some point. What about SJF? Is she rising worthy to return again? Fuck no. And I'm just saying that to be for real. I'll I'll put. I mean, under, Sorry, go ahead. Has an under 500 record. I mean, ain't no damn way she's gonna be fighting anymore. I mean. I would say she's not going to be fighting and rising anymore, but she was basically bought in to fight on this card and obviously on the Rising 14 card to lose. Exactly. So. And the fight was meant to be a damn tune up fight at Rising 14. Unfortunately, Raina failed on the scales and obviously mm-hmm. went into shock to the point where she got hospitalized. I don't think that she'll. I don't think that she'll be wanting to. I mean, I don't think that SJF should even be in the rising ring until she gets some wins tacked on her record. I'll put it this way: when if you ask me who performed better between Sare Orozco and Sare Orozco, Orozco, excuse me, SJF, I think SJF actually looked like a better fighter than. Uh, Orozco. because Orozco did come in with a record over 500. She did, but in terms of what she did during the match, I think that SJF looked like a better fighter. Um, and by the way, as well, I'll say this: SJF, she got put in some some arm bars, and she or what was it? She got put in some submissions, and she is flexible as fuck. Mm-hmm. I think she might be. But yeah, this was another disappointing fight in a with a bunch of other ones. But uh, shall we move on to a uh, another disappointing fight? In my personal opinion. Uh, yes, the fifth and the last, no, the fifth and final snooze break fight that ended in a decision. King Cole Alblexen, who had not fought in Ryzen in a little over a year. Defeated Cristiano Ulsoflovic, another Vondale Silver prospect, via unanimous decision. Albrexen improves to 7 and 2. Florlik sees his record drop to 10 and 5. But to be honest, I just have to ask this question in two parts. And there's a chance that Carl Albrexen probably might be the first contender for the Rising Light Heavyweight title. So I gotta get your opinion. Do you think that Albrexen is worthy of getting a title shot? And do you think that we'll ever see Cristiano Froelich, who is a Vondelay Silver trainee, in the rising ring again? Well, put it this way. I only took one no- I only took notes during the first round for this match. Despite this match going three rounds. And you know why? Because nothing happened in the second or third rounds. That was worth putting down on paper. Uh-huh. And this first, you know, 
In the first round, I gave it to Cristiano because Cristiano knocked. And I think, you know, if there had been a few more seconds, maybe a minute or two, Cristiano knocked down Albrechtson with that beautiful uppercut. He might have gotten the finish. But then after that, what basically happened was Albrechtson decided to take down. Uh, how do you pronounce his last name again? Forlick? For, for Forlick. And. Or you can just say Frolic, like Frolic in the woods. Okay, Frolic. And just like Mikuru, just decided to have a nice. Wrestling takedown session. Now here's the thing. He's uh Frolic said that that Albrechtson was a boring fighter, and that I disagree with that. I thought that Albrechtson and all of his rising matches so far had looked strong, even the ones that he lost, like the one against uh, Jiri, or he looked like he was at least putting on effort, and he had some exciting finishes as well. This fight though. Albrechtson, unfortunately, was quite boring. This was, this was not Albrechtson's best win. And Frolic looked like a after that first round. I think he got tired, but he looked like a fish out of water. And again, uh, like uh, Gustavo. Oh, so basically, uh. If you if Wanderer was in your corner for this for the show, basically you basically you lost because the only one Brazilian guy who won did not have Wanderer in his corner. So for future Brazilian fighters who might have Wanderer in their corner, don't have him in your corner. He seems to bring bad luck. Also remember Charles Bennett, Felony Bennett versus Minoru Kimura, who also had Kimura, who had a uh, uh, Wanderer in his corner as well. So. That he basically mocked his movements and his entrance. Exactly. So apparently, having Wanderlei Silva in your corner in Ryzen might be the Eminem of of Ryzen. The I mean the uh, the Eminem music of Ryzen at this point. Don't have him because he apparently brings bad luck. So uh, other than that, does Albertson deserve the match? Uh, title fight. With the way that he won, I would say no. But based on he his history with Jiri, how they kind of came up, like they were in the same tournaments. I think they were both in the open weight tournament. Uh, oh, not, oh, was it open weight or the heavyweight? No, the heavyweight tournament they were both in. Excuse me, the heavyweight. They were in the heavyweight tournament and the open weight tournament. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Okay, the heavyweight tournament. Actually, they were in the heavyweight tournament, and I think only Albrechtson was in the openweight tournament. Okay, gotcha. Because Geary got injured. Yeah. Um, and then they had their match uh, last year in Ryzen. It was a great match. Albrechtson was winning. But then he just started getting lit up by a, by a Jiri. And, you know, he probably could have survived that first. The, if the fight had just ended a few more seconds... He may have survived, but he was a bloody master at that match. But it was still, nonetheless, an exciting match. <clears throat> he, yeah, basically, he was getting. I mean, he was getting his blonde hair bloodier than Ric Flair did back in the eighties. Exactly. Uh, by the way, does Albertson? Is it just me? I, I think he bleeds in every one of his MMA matches. I think he's like the Diego Sanchez 
of the light heavyweight division in Ryzen, where he just bleeds in every match. Uh-huh. But should he get the title? Not based on the performance, but I would say because he did win, and I think it would be a good rematch, I would base it on that. Yes, I would say he'd be a good a good potential opponent for uh, Jiri to, to defend the title against at a Ryzen show. It's reluctance, but... Anybody, any Ryzen roster people who I can think of who are light heavyweights, I really can't think of right now, other than Carl Albrechtson. Um, what do you think about this fight, Christian? Uh, I think it's true. If you had Anderson, I mean, if you had Ronda Lee Silver in your chances are you weren't going to make it back to Curitiba live after taking L's. <laughs> oh, also, apparently... Frolic said the same thing as well that Gustavo did. Said that if he was, if he wasn't uh, uh, in, in MMA, he apparently would be a criminal or like a robber. Uh, I mean, they grew up in the favelas for fuck's sake. Those are supposed to be some of the most dangerous neighborhoods in Brazil. Calm down, Brazil guys. You don't need to all become criminals. But nonetheless, um, what do you think of? Well, do you think that Albertson is deserving of the title shot of, of the defense next? I think he is because of the fact that you know he and Pohaska mesh well together. I think and they I'm do. Not, I'm not find it ironic that Ryzen's two top upperweight stars. Are both Europeans. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's very, very true. <laughs> what about uh, Frolic? What do you think about Frolic in this match? Eh, I think he'll probably give one more chance to showcase himself in the run as a ring. Not, I mean, I hope that he improves more, you know, his technique. Lord knows that the people at Evolu Cal Tide wind up stick know how to work on their technique, if you know what I'm saying. Do you think that Frolic's IQ, though, needs to be improved? Yes. And I'm just giving you a simple answer, because I think that the, the reason why he lost that fight via decision was because of the fact that he didn't really have, an, I mean, he didn't really think about this fight long enough. In order to have that fight, who would you want? If okay, if you're if you're the matchmaker and you want to put and you want to give him another chance, who would you have him face up against? Hopefully not Brandon Halsey. <laughs> Please no. We don't need that. What about light heavyweight? What are what about him versus Bruno Capoloza? Uh, nah, because they're both Brazilian, and I don't know that. I, I mean, I know Pride, and obviously Dream had fights where there were Brazilians versus Brazilians, but I I don't know. I think 
a fight for him that would fit well would be him versus Emmanuel. I apologize, Christian. Who is that, Emmanuel? Emmanuel Bellator, light heavyweight champion of the world. The guy that was supposed to have fought Yuri Prohaska at Rising 13. Oh, yes. Uh, okay, yes, I forgot. Um, he's not a... Who would you... Uh, I don't know. Uh... I feel like Emmanuel would probably win that match, though. Um, I have to say, yeah, it would be his first win in a while. Because <laughs> it's so funny when you said Emmanuel, I thought you were talking about Emmanuel Sanchez, and I was like, wait, what? That's why I asked you to repeat that because it didn't, <laughs> it didn't come in correctly. I, I, I was like, yeah, what? Uh, Emmanuel, um, I'm trying, I'm trying, let's see, I'm trying to think of anybody. That's a hardcore kid, dude. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, anybody else lightweight, heavyweight-wise. Um, um, I don't know, I guess there's really nobody else. Um, yeah, there's no... Yeah, I do think that Tom Waller would uh would beat Frolic though. I do think that. Oh oh, and you know who else would probably beat Cristiano Frolic? Vitali, the Russian bear Shimtov. Speak actually speaking of, we didn't talk about it. Did you see Vitali Shemitov and his brother? I'm forgetting his brother's name right now. Um, you know his brother's name by any chance? No, I don't, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, the I've seen the little video that he posted on uh, him enjoying the opening ceremony. Um, I know that they were probably the loudest, rowdiest bunch of people in that building last Sunday. I'm trying to look up his brother's name. Was it uh, Sergey? Sergey, uh, Sergey the Siberian Shematov, who um, he hasn't fought since 2015. But, um, is on a, uh, one... Oh, he was supposed to have a fight in 2016 against Brett Rogers, of all people. Oh, God, why? Who is this for? I gotta see who this is for. This was for... I mean, I do think that, I mean, now that you mention it, now that I mentioned it, I think that a fight between Cristiano Bullock and Vitaly Shemtov would be a low-key bang. Yeah, this is supposed to be for SF3 in 2016. This was supposed to happen in uh, Quito, Ecuador. That's funny. That's really fucking funny. But uh, yeah, the Semitov brothers. Russian versus an American in the Caribbean. I mean, a Russian versus an American in South America. That would have been crazy. But yeah, the Shemitov brothers um were um were uh. uh they were going throughout all of Japan, raising all types of hell, riding bicycles, wearing the red uh, Ryzen jumpsuits. Uh, also, apparently, they apparently uh, the Tokyo uh, Sports Magazine was also following them around as well, like for like a video feature or something. But uh, they were meeting fans. They they would do like, hey fans, we're meet, we're gonna be at this place, come meet us type thing. 
and then fan, like apparently like lots of people would line up to meet them. I'm pretty sure that also there were some people who were just like really like what are these two huge Russian men yelling in the middle of Tokyo doing? I want to get a picture of them because they're they're wacky. I'm sure that was a factor of it, but yeah. That was what, you know, the Shemitah brothers were having a blast in Japan. And also as well, there was a picture. Uh, Yahoo News Japan had a story. I didn't translate it or see it. But I just saw the picture. And it was the Shemitah brothers and Sakakibara looking like disgusting. They were uh, discussing a rise in contract thing. So we might get our wish of the, of the least... One Shemitah brother, hopefully, Vitaly, in uh, Ryzen this year. That would be a great matchup to have. A great introduction matchup to have. Um, also, um, they they went to go visit the Ryzen. They, they, they took a video of themselves going outside, going to visit the Ryzen offices. And then they realized, oh, it's closed. So they decided to sleep outside the Ryzen offices. from the Shemtar brothers and that is they are completely determined to join this promotion. You got, I give them so much credit especially Vitaly because this could be construed in like a really bad way that like oh that they're desperate that they're seeking attention. These guys have, have worked social media so well. Especially Vitaly. Um, Vitaly has such charisma and, and energy. He, if they can get him, they would, they should, and the whole story about him coming back, he wants to fight in Japan because he wants to try to get his, uh, this girl he met, uh, that he met when he was in Japan a while back. Um, he wants to get, is that, that whole thing. If he wants, you know, this story writes itself. And this is the type of thing that you can't make up. And, he, they, is absolutely one of the most uplifting, inspiring stories I think in MMA this year. You hear all this bad shit about going on in MMA. You, you know, people throwing guardrails at, at buses. You have people doing shit at the weigh-ins, or you know, you know, there's bad shit that goes on. But these two, and especially Vitaly, I'm only I'm giving a lot of credit to Vitaly because he's the one who. Who basically is the the face of like this whole thing? They have basic they they have made quite a name for themselves, and they have actually gotten so many people inspired with these Shemitah Horizon Twitter hashtags and 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 also have we briefly changed our names to we are Ryzen we are Shemitah to Ryzen um uh, Twitter handle, but everybody has done that. And these guys have also said they don't want to fight in one. They don't want to fight in UFC. They want to fight only in Ryzen. These guys would be... They basically see their dream opportunities in Ryzen more than any other promotion in the world. These guys know, know how to promote. They know how to talk. Why they are not in Ryzen yet, I have no idea. But get it soon, Ryzen. You got... You got at least one star in the making with Vitaly. I'm not so familiar with his brother Sergey, but they uh you know, give them both a chance. Put you know, have have, you know, do the same thing you've done with the Azakura brothers. You know, have 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 the Shemitah brothers have 
face people back to back or something like that. I think his brother is a heavyweight though. I don't think he's so much. Brett Rogers was a heavyweight, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And he basically fucked that up completely. Uh oh. Well, when he started getting a criminal. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, well, well, Sergey, you know, heavyweight, the heavyweight rise in division is a little bit, you know. You know, there's not, it's not the biggest division, but, you know, we can definitely, you know, you can definitely get some fires in there. And I think, you know, I think we could definitely have Shematov brothers running through Ryzen at some point. And also, we might be, uh, there might be uh, some dancing Russians talking on this podcast uh, sometime in the future as well. I'll just leave that here. Um, but. I'm looking forward to it. Shall we? Let's go ahead and move on to the rest of the event. Yes. Shall we? Absolutely. As we we finally get back on solid ground and get right back to the finishes. Now, if you basically, if I were to basically ask you, who is Roberto Satoshi de Sosa, you would say that he is. Oh, were you asking me? What is he? He is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, one of the new age Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys whose whose Jiu-Jitsu grappling skills are out of this world. Exactly. So it basically came as, I mean, it basically came to everyone's surprise that these two men, both of which are Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu experts, Aren't like two wild cats in a box. I mean, my goodness, these two were going back and forth throughout the first round, and obviously, the fight ended with a shocking, not submission, but a shocking knockout. As Roberto Satoshi de Sosa improved his record to 8 0, seven of which via submission, getting his first knockout victory. Over a man who has 70 fights in him. Well, 71 now. Satoru Crazy Eyes Kitaoka, who could have gotten the TKO victory himself in that first round, but Alberto won via 12-punch combo TKO 3 minutes and 36 seconds into round number 2. In his post-fight speech, Alberto said, Obrigado to those who were watching in attendance at the Yokohama Arena and around the world. He didn't show any ground game because Satoru was hard and tough to submit. He over, he was overcome with emotion. and No, he was actually overjoyed with emotion and basically was excited because he always watched Pride FC growing up as a kid, but he never thought he would be at that level now. Roberto can't be stopped, and potentially, he wants to become the Ryzen lightweight champion, even though Ryzen doesn't have a stable lightweight division yet. Now, I gotta ask. First of all, what were your thoughts about this fight? Second of all, if the lightweight Grand Prix does come to, fru- does come to fruition, is this guy one of the favorites? I, this was my favorite fight of the entire card. This was my favorite fight of the entire card. These both these guys came here to to win. 
and just one guy, he decided he wanted he want that win more. You're right. In that first round, Kiriwoka almost had his first win by TKO. And unfortunately, it just didn't happen that way. Um, I just also want to say, every time these guys would go to the ground, the audience went crazy. Because they were like, oh, oh my god, is one guy going to submit the other? Is are, are these two, one, it was, and I was like, like, by, I was like, Biting my teeth like, oh my god, oh my god, is this, is, who, is, is someone going to submit who? You know, it can, is, is Kido Oka going to get, going to get that foot lock in? Uh, oh, and then Souza, the Souza, with that back take to Kido Oka and managing to escape getting rear naked chokes by him. And then, Kido, and then the Souza goes for an armbar. And I'll say this, I've never seen this way to defend an armbar. So, DeSouza goes for the armbar, and the way that Kitaoka gets out of it, he stacks him, but like, normally when you, when you get an armbar, you stack your opponent by basically, by, by, by almost, by grabbing your arm and then pushing down on them, like, so like their, their feet, their legs and head are going towards their, their head. Instead, he stands up straight and then sits on, on D'Souza's legs and gets out of the armbar that way. I have never seen that before. That was amazing. These two guys were fucking great. And this and this match needed this match needed to be to be that cuz I think I might have just conked out if this match would have gone through a born decision. Kitaoka uh Kitaoka even defeat looked great. You know, unfortunately, we've learned what his Achilles heels, pun intended, are. He once he grabs a foot, he cannot let go. He is stuck to that foot, and that is that is his, that is his, that is his, his what do you call it? That is his weakness. Bread and butter, his motif. Unfortunately, I think he came at an age when you know people did not know how to defend foot locks, heel hooks, so he's so used to going for them. We we're in an age though where like. We're we're we are learning more about that type of uh, of grappling, and so a lot of people, a lot more people know. And we saw D'Souza; he defended that footlock very easily because th that's just being taught. You know, you know when he was fighting in Dream, and when he fights in uh, Deep as well, you know, falling deep. There's a lot of guys who probably didn't know. Oh. He's grabbed my foot. Okay, he's not gonna do anything. Ow, ow, ow! He's about to rip off my foot. <laughs> well, he done the same thing in Sengoku too. Let's be real. Exactly. Yes, in Sengoku as well. Um. Um. Before this interview, though, um, let's see. I'm gonna look at. It. Yeah, look at. It. He's got like. Apart from the fact that he's got like a million draws on his uh, record, he's got. Uh, what did it is it? A lot of his, a lot of them are his submission wins are by are by guillotine choke or some sort of Achilles lock or or heel lock. Let's see, uh, Takenori Gomi Achilles lock, Yukio Sakaguchi Achilles lock, um, uh, Clay French Achilles lock, uh, EJ Mitsuoka heel hook, um. Yeah, he has a lot of those. Uh, just a lot of those, and also mainly guillotine chokes as well. You know that he defeated both Paul Daly, Kirk Pellegrino, 
and Carlos Condit all by, uh, by, um, I'm sorry, also, no, Carlos Condit, he tapped out of a heel hook as well. Wow. So, you know, oh, by the way, during the commentary of this match, um, they said that, uh, Kitawoka was, didn't win a lot of submissions by guillotine choke or, or he, he was, or, or armbar submission. Which is very strange, because... What do you expect from somebody who basically sees every single body part as a target? <laughs> um, let's see, uh, I'm trying to look uh, look at other notable wins. Yeah, but so like, oh, Ian, Ian James Shafa guillotine choke as well. Um, so yeah, so this, you know, unfortunately, like, a lot of people now know Submission Defense. And... You know, when he, you know, these were like back in 2004, 2005, 2006 where, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you know, that was something the Gracies did. That was something that, that very peop, very few people like actually were like uh, experts in if you were not Brazilian. The few Japanese people were, of course they steamrolled through people like Shinya Aoki and all those people, Kitaoka, Sakuraba, all those people. But... The problem is also is that now that we've Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has become more of a, a more of a mainstream grappling art, you know, people are gonna know how to defend against that stuff. And you can't put a foot you can't put a foothold on a guy who has won worlds and who's competed at ADCC and and uh, quintet and all that stuff. You can't you can't do that. You're not gonna get away with that. Um, and uh, D'Souza, you know, other than getting you know, flushed in the first round like a punching bag. I think he looked very good in his stand up. And you know, he did not he did not he got those twelve he did like a twelve punch combo to Kitawoka and that's how he won. Um and also you can't say enough about his grappling because he's that's obviously his expertise. But I'll be honest, you know, I think they both looked great. I would say put him up both. In the lightweight Grand Prix, if 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 you decide to put him there, um, what do you think? Uh, how do you think the Kiwoka and uh, the Souza looked? That fight was basically. I mean, that fight was like a damn jolt of energy. That fight was like a triple shot espresso of excitement. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fight basically. Well, you know, here's the other thing as well. With a fight where you have two people who are so well versed in one field, you almost think that like it could it could turn into a very boring match because they're they don't want to do any, they don't want they don't want to be tapped out by the other person. They don't want to do it for pride reasons or you know what they they want they want to go a different way. They want to fight a different way so that so that like maybe they think that they could win that way. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened to the Paul Daly MVP fight. Oh, two strikers? Let's grapple and wrestle. Yeah, and that would have basically led to some awkward wrestle fuck sequences. But instead, <laughs> but even with these even though these two did do stand up and it ended with a stand up, they still went to the ground. And when they went to the ground, it was amazing just watching these two just like try to submit one another when they couldn't. It was it was just great. Yeah. Um, D'Souza, you know, 
He's, but you can definitely tell that Tetsuya still no, still needs to grow as an MMA fighter. Kitaoka needs to learn to not get needs to learn to defend well more when getting punched in the face. I know that that sounds really ridiculous, but like he will just stand there and take punches, like, and he won't get knocked out, but he'll be like, I don't know how to describe it. Punch drunk, maybe. Nah, he can't be punch drunk. More like desperate for a submission attempt, knowing that there's others who are way more advanced than he is. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, I definitely would, and, 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 you know, it's kind of sad because, you know, before this match, um, in the Rising Confessions video, Keaton Woka was saying that, like, that, 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 that winning in MMA is, is like no other feeling. And that he doesn't want to be used as a stepping stone, and that he wants to get his first TK, his first knockout win in a uh, in an MMA match. Because you know, the guy with seventy matches, uh, before two wins, twenty of those are sub by submission, and twenty of the two of those are by decision. So you know, none are by by TKO. And um, but you know, they still looked impressed. I don't think I've ever really seen Kitawoka put on a bad match. Um, by the way, what do you think about when he came out? How weird was he acting and weird looking was, uh, Kitawoka once again? Hey, it basically showed his entrances where whenever he does those crazy looks, it basically shows that he, it basically shows that he is crazy. Well, I wouldn't say crazy, but the dude is just destined to... You know, showcase himself, whether it's be his, whether it's be his entrances or his fights. I agree. I oh, yes, I absolutely agree. Well, so like, what just what just say if these if if, if the uh, lightweight uh, tournament, you know, they don't get picked for for whatever reason, um, who would you put Kitawoka up against next? Oh, that'd be great. You know, considering that Damian Brown's... You know, I think we mentioned this before. Damian Brown's already fought a wrestler, Darren Cruikshank. He's already fought a, uh... A, um... A well, brawler, Cruikshank, wrestler, Takeda. Put him up against a grappler. I think that'd be a very interesting matchup to make. Um... Trying to think of who else. Kitawoka. Any final anybody from the Bellator side? If they were to do a Bellator versus a Ryzen show? Um... I think he would submit Brent, Brent Primus. I think so. I I think that Brent Primus would probably get would get starched by him. I really think that. He got um how about how okay, how about this? Goiti Yamuchi. Oh, excellent choice. That would be a fun fight. Submission. Because it's not like Bellator is doing anything with him right now. Submission artist versus submission artist. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he. Boy, to Yamauchi is half Japanese, half Brazilian. Mm-hmm. So they definitely play off that. Um. Also, he recently just had his, 
Um, well, how are we? Are we done with Luis Gustavo in the lightweight division at this point? Yeah, we're done. Okay. What about you? What about Yachi? Rematch Yachi versus Kitavoka, considering they're both off losses. Huh. You know, that would be a fun fight. That really would, but I think it would benefit Yachi more. Okay. I'm trying to think of, um... I think there's a lot of people you put in Kiyoko. That would be a very interesting matchup. Um, now, what about uh, uh, Satoshi D'Souza? Uh, if he's not in the lightweight oh. tournament. What do you do with him? Marco Satoshi D'Souza? Yeah. Huh. That would be fun, fighting the brothers back-to-back. Oh yeah, I forgot his, his brother. But his brother's not really. Is his brother an MMA fighter as well, or? Yes, his brother is a fighter as well. Let me go ahead and search for his record real quick, because I know that he too is probably an undefeated fighter as well. Let's see here. But still, Marcus Yoshio Makiho. Yeah, sure. I have an idea. Here's a crazy idea. Imagine if Ryzer just did a show, like a sibling show, where it was brothers, I don't know if there's any sisters, but or like family members. So like Yamamoto's fighting. Versus, everybody had to be a sibling on a, on a card. On the card. So it's like, somebody versus... Oh wait, I don't know if you could do that. But like, it's gotta be like, Miyu and Ursan fighting back to back. Um, uh, Mikuru and Kai fighting back to back. The Shetema Shematov brothers fighting back to back. The the DeSouza brothers fighting back to back. Imagine if they did a card like that. Where... The or family members would be fighting uh, on a show. You think they could do something like that, or am I just like, am I thinking too crazily? trying to think of uh uh who else um I have a question what what weight division does does 
does Dylan Dennis fight at? Is he lightweight? Uh, I mean, do we really have to talk about this motherfucker? He's only fighting a catch weight, apparently, at 170. So that makes me to believe that he probably walks around at 170, but probably could fight at 155. Oh, he's 175 pounds, but he could probably fight at lightweight. Same goes for... What about... And he's 171 pounds. Now, Dylan Dennis, one of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Wunderkins, um, fights out of Bellator. What about Dylan Dennis versus Satoshi D'Souza? You know what? As much as I hate Dylan Dennis, I think that would be a fun fight. I, 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 I just would like to see two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys like, fight in an MMA in MMA rules. I think it'd be a very fascinating matchup in my personal opinion. Yeah, even though Dylan Dennis wouldn't enjoy fighting in a ring instead of a cage. Ah, well. What do you need to do coming up for Bellator? Too bad. Too bad, Dylan Dennis. And listen, you know what? Oh, is, is, does he, is he suspended? Is he still suspended? Or... No, he's not. Okay. He's supposed to be fighting against a guy named Max Humphrey coming up. Okay, great. Heck, you know what? If uh, I know that Gary Tonin is with uh, one right now, but uh, if he wasn't, you know, I would say that 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 uh, they should absolutely like. Heck, De Souza versus uh, him would be a great matchup as well, MMA wise. I don't know if they ever fought Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu wise, but you know, hey, if he ever uh, if De Souza, if uh, Tonin ever li leaves uh, MMA. Um, uh, we'll use a, a one. Come to Ryzen. Come to Ryzen. Uh, but yeah, this was a great fight. I highly recommend it. Um, and uh, with that, you want to move on to the next fight of the card? Uh, yes, the tri-main event in this case. The Ryzen Bantamweight World Champion, the Gooch, Kyoji Horiguchi. Defeating Ben Tendwin, former UFC fighter, via TKO. Two minutes, 53 seconds of round number one. Of course, via TKO, punches and bunches, Horiguchi up in his records of 27-2. The native of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, USA, by way of Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. Ben Tendwin, 17-9 overall. In his post, I mean, but here's where things get interesting. In his post-fight interview, Horiguchi hyped the crowd up, saying that he wanted to strike with Ben Ten to win. The win had a plan, but Horiguchi killed that plan. Mm -hmm. Fans' support only makes Horiguchi's fist stronger. After thanking the fans one more time, rising boss Nobuyuki Sakakibara issued Kyoji an offer, a rematch. With Bellator Bantamweight champion Darian Caldwell for his title at MSG this summer. As of no as of April twenty No wait, actually, as of last weekend in which MMA Sucker got it first before ESPN put it out as of the time we're recording this, April twenty eighth, it's official that Kyoji Horiguchi 
and Darian Caldwell will face off against each other at the Garden this summer. And you should probably know where the Garden is by now because you live in New York. I don't. <laughs> but still, man. The one thing I can ask you about this fight is I mean, do you think that Dwayne showed a good effort despite getting knocked the fuck out? I think he, he clearly had a plan, and it just, you know, he fought Horaguchi, and Horaguchi ruins plans. <laughs> that's, just, that's really how it is. Um, you know, Ben Dwayne is not a bad fighter, um, but Horaguchi, you know, the quote Gato when he was with Okada. Is just on an entirely different level. Damn right. This isn't, you know, and you know, I know that some of the some of the criticisms that I see, you know, we, you know, oh, you know, that that a lot of these fighters from Japan have had a records. Ben Nguyen had a had a great record uh, in UFC before he was cut and before he was even signed to UFC. Um, and he was also a bantamweight fighter and a flyweight fighter. Um, and just, you know, Kyoji Horiguchi, you know, what can be said? He just is on an entire different level. He just, his opponent is, he's, he's, he's not getting paid by the hours as, as, as they say. He's just, he's there, he's there to, to go in and get out, get in and clock out. And... You know, even even when he's he's looked close to losing, he still manages to win, like with Darian Caldwell and their match at Ryzen fourteen. Uh-huh. Horiguchi just was this, he was just amazing. He looked absolutely amazing this match, and it was exa- that's what we needed for us East Coasters who were, who the eyes were bleeding from the long ass intermissions and the long drawn out decision wins that happened previously. This was needed, and um, yeah, Horiguchi. Come to think of it, dude, the final four fights of the night were needed because they were all finishes. Exactly, and um, I gotta say this, you know, Horiguchi, you know, he's the best bantamweight in the world right now. Yeah. And if you don't want making an argument that he's not, he's at least number two. Because if he does defeat uh, Darren Caldwell. There's no question he is the best bandway in the world. You know, I don't care I don't care how many gold medals Henry Hussuhudo has. And if he does win against um, Marlon Moraes. I think is is he fighting more for the belt? I think. I think that's what he Marlon Moraes, I think so, but I'm not sure. Even, given. Yeah, exactly. You know, this will be this will be a gr- you know, his match with Dan Carl will be a great way to put not only Rise on the map, but also Horiguchi again back on the on the map and also the belt the Bantam Weights on the map. And mm-hmm, because it would be his first fight since I mean it would be obviously Horiguchi's first fight on US soil since leaving the UFC. I think I think he's at you know this you know if and if he wins that match, not only will he be a, the best bandway in the world, he definitely deserves top ten in the world. 
He yeah. absolutely does. But if most of these so-called major MMA outlets want to admit it or not, yeah. and I know damn well we will. Well, fuck, fuck them. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's a time and place where you know, oh, you know, well, Japanese MMA, you know, freak show fights, haha. They don't start taking him serious. If they weren't gonna take him seriously now, they're never gonna take him seriously ever. You know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, exactly. And that's basically gonna hold true on June fourteenth at Bellator two twenty two at the Garden. What do you? Because, what do you think? I mean, because of <coughs> what do you think about a about we we talked about uh, a little bit about Ben when who we should fight. We will. I will. Sachiro Ito, um, possibly fighting Ben Wynn. Um, because I know that Ben Wynn does have another fight with uh, another uh, fight um, contract with Ryzen. What do you think? Um, do you do with Ben Wynn? To Is be honest, I mean, I wouldn't say he should fight Sachiro Ito, but I think there's a bit of a wait and see approach to Ben Ten Win because. I know he enjoys fighting in, I mean, he enjoyed fighting in Japan. He's an anime just like me. He basically always wanted to fight in the land of the rising sun, but he's going to be fighting out, I mean, he's going to be basically training in Australia, fighting out of Australia. I mean, I know there's a few promotions like Bryson and Turner who probably want him. But I hope that Rising can snap him up before promotions like ACB or Braves be up to. Going back to the... I want to see him do is fight for a blood lord or fight for Russian blood money. <laughs> Speaking of... Do you know that his wife is, an, is a fighter as well? April, oh, wow. April Adams? She's a Thai boxing um, fighter? I don't know if she's ever fought MMA, but she's also, yeah. She fights uh, d in WBO. Oh, let me go ahead and check her box rec record. <laughs> April Dominique Adams, born April 5th, 1988, age 31. She was, well, actually, she'll be vying on June 22nd for the WBO Women's World Super Bantamweight title against Dina Thornsman. So, wow. Oh, and she's top 10 in the world in the super bantamweight division for the women. So, yeah. What what is the Some, what's the weight division? Well. What's the weight for a super bantamweight in that case? Um I think super bantamweight for the women is 100 and um 115, I guess. You know what? You want to have some straw weights? Women's straw weights? I think, I think she might be a good addition to Ryzen. If they ever, if they want to have a women's strawweight uh, division. Yeah, but that's only if they can try and convert Miss Adams here to professional MMA mm -hmm. and have her leave behind. I mean, not leave behind, but you know, have her pick up MMA fights and buys and have her continue to do like professional boxing in Australia and other countries, even though if she's going to be fighting in the U.S., she's going to have to subject to athletic commissions. That's true, that's true. Um, 
But, you know, even though Ben Wynn lost very hand, uh, very handily and quickly, I still think that he's that he deserves another fight in Ryzen. Um, and I hope he does get that. Um, I also know he's a big gamer, and I think he's going to try to start going the Twitch route of um, doing that whole thing, like uh, like Demetrius Johnson does. Uh, yeah, but I hope they don't cross paths and end up being in that one game. And Well, actually, fuck that. I'm really hoping that Ben Tenderwin doesn't get signed by the Megalomaniacal Megalo maniacs of 1FC. Well, he was, he did, in our interview, we did, uh, he did talk about that. He was offered 1FC. He was also offered, um, um, uh, bare knuckle boxing. Uh, oh. oh, yeah. As soon as, apparently, the thing is now, if you get cut from USC, usually bare knuckle boxing is the first people to call you. That's really how it is. <laughs> At least that's how it is nowadays. Oh! Uh, by the way, I'm so stupid. Why the fuck did I think about this? So, we were talking about bare knuckle boxing. You know who who Damien Brown's been wanting to fighting? Who's been he's who he's been wanting to fight? Jason Knight. Jason Knight. Who just had his amazing bare knuckle boxing match with Artem Lobov. Heck, you know what? I think you got two people you could put in that uh in that Ryzen lightweight division. Artem Lobov. Yeah. Speaking my language. Arden Wilboff and Jason Knight. No. What? Fuck Arden Wilboff, man. Are you kidding me? I would much rather have Jason Knight and Nate, I mean, and Damian Brown in the lightweight Grand Prix. I mean, I would much rather have those two fight each other in the first round, if that's the case, because those two will probably do the same type of blood and guts, fist to cup action that... The Lobov Knight fight provided. I like Artem Lobov. I think he's got a great personality. He's not the best fighter in the world, but I think his personality really makes up for it. I think he could def I could, I think he could definitely be a cool asset to Ryzen. I can understand. But nonetheless, oh. we got Horiguchi coming up fighting for Bellator. Um, I don't know. That's not. That's not gonna be. That's not a Bellator versus Ryzen card, I believe, right? It is not. I mean, you got. I mean, you're probably gonna have Roy McDonald in the main event against Neyman Glacey in the Bellator Bat. I mean, in the Bellator Welterweight Grand Prix for the Bellator Welterweight title. So that might still move in a bluster if this card is gonna be on the zone. Also, Chelsea Sonnen versus Leona Machida. So that's already a stat card. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Um, what do you think? Um, hmm, trying to think. Um, do you think that, uh, what do you think would main event that card? You think it would probably be the, the, the light heavyweight title, I'm guessing, right? The Chael Sonnen match, right? Oh, you think what? Well, um, Chael Sonnen and Leona Machida aren't fighting for a title, thank God. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot that, uh, that Bader has a title. Excuse me. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, yeah, you know, you know, I, I know that Bellator and Ryzen wants, they want to do like a full-fledged Ryzen versus Bellator show, you know, that'd be great. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, have that at the end of the year or something, um, that'd be great to have. Um, other than that, um, yeah, this was a, uh, uh, you know, this match was quick, and it was great. 
Horiguchi's awesome. Oh, yeah. He Sh- is. Shall we move on to the next one? The dude's only gonna go to bigger and better things as the rest of his career progresses. Speaking of going on to... Go to the co-main event. And of course, the co-main event of this fight card was... Well, actually, first of all, what were your thoughts about Manny Pacquiao coming out prior to the co-main event and saying this piece? Um... He looked like he could not have given a shit. <laughs> he <laughs> here's the, I know he's never been the, the the best at talking. I also know that like I know that English is not his first language. Obviously, Tagalog is. Um, and he's never, but he's never really seemed comfortable ever speaking English, ever. When he's speaking, Phil, Hell, he's probably never comfortable hyping up a fight with his voice. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then. During this, uh, you know, I mean, he just seemed to, he seemed to have no, he seemed, he, it looks like they just threw him out there and he just said some things. Honestly, like, he seemed to not, he seemed to not give a shit. Damn right. I mean, I understand that Ryzen has hired him to become the ambassador for Filipino fighters to make their way into the promotion, but, I mean, come on, you knew damn well he couldn't care less about being there, he obviously has some upcoming dates in the world of boxing to come, and like I was trying to say earlier when Joseph Matos left our premises, if he were to face off against somebody like Errol Spence Jr. or Keith One or keep one time Thurman, his old ass will get put out to pasture. You think so? You think that you think he could uh, Spence and um could uh, easily beat him? Yes. Interesting. And I mean, granted, I know that's not the fight that many boxing fans want to see, but I do think that if those two were to fight. Um, age triumph. Age would triumph. <clears throat> actually, youth would triumph over age. I have a question. So, the, the big rumor, if we're going to talk about boxing matches of Manny Pacquiao and Ryzen, the big rumor that apparently Ryzen wants to make in terms of, of, of a fight with Manny Pacquiao is Manny Pacquiao versus Takanori Gomi in a boxing match. Gotta be like 155, 160. Can't be any more than that. I can't. I don't believe he's short. He's 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 relatively short for a welterweight. Um, despite being like the best welterweight of all time, or at least one of them. Because I know that when it comes down to him, he's now fighting at like 149, 150. Oh, Christian, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, yeah, you know he's definitely fighting lighter now. Um, I, I do. You, I also do. You think he's gotten smaller as his age, or do you think? I don't know. I can't really tell. It's very hard for me to tell with boxers if they if they nah, get. Because if you think about it, 
Manny Pacquiao fought all the way up from like flyweight to welterweight. I mean, that's gotta be obviously a 30 pound difference in weight over the years, over the last 20 or so years since he fought his first pro fight. He fought all the way up from like junior flyweight to welterweight. And obviously made a lot of success then. I mean, through then. Um. So, wait, so you would be okay with a Takanori Gomi versus uh, Pat Manny Pacquiao boxing match in Ryzen if it were to happen? I think that would be fun, even though Takanori Gomi would probably have a hard time trying to keep up. I want to say I would enjoy it, enjoy it for the weird aspect, but it's almost like... Do you want to see Takanori Gomi face a boxer who has knockout power? And do I want to see... Do I want to see another Rise and Freak Show match, boxing match, that happen, that's... Oh, barely gonna that 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 will be maybe like a year after their first kickboxing freak match, uh, a boxing freak match with but Mayweather and intention. I don't know. I don't think they, you know, you can't really burn all these matches, these 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 um freak show boxing matches, because then you're gonna burn out your audience on it. That's the one thing they expect, and if that's not delivered. It's gonna hurt. Obviously, Mayweather Pacquiao too. I don't think that. I don't think that having that fight would serve a purpose, especially for North American fans who would want to watch this show. How crazy would it be though if they managed to book that? <coughs> that would be crazy. Now, actually, here's the other thing as well. They've got. They've worked with. They're working with Manny. They've worked with Mayweather. They gotta get. They gotta do something with Conor McGregor next. Like they have oh, to. God. Like imagine to oh, get God. the three biggest names in all of combat sports history or combat sports right now, and they manage to work with them within like months of each other. How crazy would that be if you had Conor McGregor on a on a Rising show? Am I wrong, thing? Sorry, go ahead, Christian. I mean, Sorry, Christian, you're breaking. You're breaking. Even gets out of the dude knows damn. Christian, Christian, you're breaking up. Christian, you're breaking up. Could you repeat that again? Conor McGregor is a walking basket catch. Oh yes. He ends. If he ends up a fight for anybody other than the UFC, he's pretty. I mean, wouldn't you agree with me? I apologize. What did you say? He's pretty much. If he, he's pretty much what? He's screwed. Uh, he's screwed. Well, yeah, um, yeah, pretty much so. But here's the thing: he's a name. People know him. People tune into his fights. He would get people focused on a Ryzen show if he was involved in some way. So, uh -huh. I'm not recommending that they do it. 
But I'm just saying that'd be crazy if they managed to work with him. Because, like, you know, trying to get anybody to work with anybody in combat sports is, like, trying to pull teeth out of a, out of a lion that's awake. That's top of on cocaine. And yet, somehow, they managed to work with both Mayweather and Pacquiao. And, you know, if the rumors are to be true, possibly having Pacquiao fight in a combat, uh, combat match soon. Um. Or, possibly, and unfortunately, having Mayweather Pacquiao, too. Yeah. Um, but, all, yeah, also, Manny Pacquiao was in the Japanese commentary for a show. Oh, by the way, did you see the Japanese commentary was cutting to this gentleman, uh, Pretty regularly during matches. Um, do you know who that was? Yeah. The guy I know exactly who that was. The guy who was wearing sunglasses. His name, and his name is Gact. G A C K T. He is a Japanese musician named, I mean, his real name is Gakuto Oshino. And he's probably one of the, probably one of music's biggest stars over there. But the point of the matter is, he's also, I mean, in addition to him having performed the Japanese national anthem prior to the Mayweather Nasukawa bout, he's also one of the shareholders for Ryzen. And I, I mean, I was watching this on English commentary, they... I mean, the commentators oh. show for all... They had no idea who the fuck he was. They had no idea huh? who the fuck... They had no idea who the fuck he was. Oh, yeah, of course they didn't. Um, here's what I, So I was talking to my friend Japan, and I asked him, who is Get? And he replied back, a singer. And I said, he was a commentator on Ryzen, ha ha ha. And my friend, he watched the Ryzen show, by the way. And he replied back, fuck Got. Uh, Gat. And then I was like, I replied to him, why was he there? And he's, and he replied back to me, that's what I want to know. No more singers. <laughs> so, like, what was the point of having, like, this would be having, I'm trying to think of, like, the UFC equivalent. If they had, like, Chris uh, Pratt. You know, Basically, it would be like the UFC bringing out Justin Bieber or something, even though he's had his share of problems. Like, why? You know, and I'm not gonna listen. I haven't heard the. I'm not, I, I, have, I don't know the commentary and all that stuff. But like, why would, why would you have Gax on? It's just like, I know they have celebrities sometimes, but it's like, why this guy? Is this, is this guy gonna bring in extra viewers? Um. Because I know a lot of people, and I know uh, Stuart Fulton, commentator for Quintet, but Pancrase, and uh, Rise was also very critical of this, saying that Ryzen probably, well, uh, I don't remember what he exactly said, but I'm going to paraphrase that, like, Ryzen probably paid this guy more than they did his fight, did the fighters on the show. And he estimated that probably got, 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 excuse me, got around $40,000 just to sit there and talk. And well, you know what? I want to say that I hope I never see him again. But I hope I never see him again. 
because I have no uh, idea what his point was to have the be as a commentator for the Japanese people. Like you're saying, better listening to his music, which oh by the way, Satoru Kitaoka came out to one of his songs. Huh. Like you're saying, if you want to have him like in between, I guess the intermission podcast or whatever. Um, kind of like, you know, how they, what they did, oh, by the way, Wanderway Silva came out during, um, one beginning of the intermissions, and, uh, talked with, uh, Joe Farrar and Frank Trigg, and I had no idea what the fuck he was saying, by the way, because he's Wanderway Silva, so, but. <laughs> and his specific style of English is way different than any other Brazilian specific style of it's English. Wanderlei, it's, it's Wanderleyan, that's what, that's what that language it is, it's Wanderleyan. Uh, I mean, come to think of it. You would probably understand Wale Ismael a bit more <laughs> than Vondelay Silva. Um, I do think that, you know, don't, you know, don't have, have the experts on the commentary, in my personal opinion. Uh, that goes for anything. Have the experts. Because when you don't have the experts, what happens is people just start mouthing off shit and it, it can sound very unprofessional. You know. Also, oh, kind of like this podcast. No disrespect. <laughs> exactly, exactly like this podcast. Um, nothing, nonetheless, though. Um, uh, what was it? Oh yeah. So about Manny Pacquiao. So Manny Pacquiao also was on commentary. So they must have had like five or six people on the Japanese commentary, and Manny, they would cut the Manny Pacquiao during the match, and Manny Pacquiao would look like. We just had this blank stare on his face. Like, he's doing nothing. He's not cheering for Franz. He's not doing a thing. He's just staring. And it's like, it feels like there was somebody holding a gun to the back of his head. And just like, sit there. And, and, and just sit there. He didn't... He, now apparently, he claimed he's never watched... Well, he never watched an MMA fight before, or he's never been to an MMA event before. Is that what it what was said? I think so. I mean, considering his confusion looking at the fight that was in question, which we will talk about in a matter of seconds. I don't believe that for a second. How do you not be like, oh, I'm gonna turn on what well these this 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 MMA thing? I know a lot of people are talking about. It. Let me see what it looks like. Like. Is like he's never seen. I don't believe that. I can't. I can't believe that. That's that just. It just sounds so. Preposterous. It really does. I don't believe that for a second. And for him to never see a kickboxing match, I don't believe that as well. Again, that's preposterous as well. I don't believe that. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Let's talk about this fight because you know. Uh, yeah, let's talk about this fight. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, and of course. Fritz Biagton, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what the hell was the whole point of this, because I think Manny Pacquiao probably might have selected Fritz Biagton's music because it sounded similar to a certain mega church in Houston that used to be, a, I mean, that used to have their building be a sports arena. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, talk about that hypocrisy going on in that entrance and the crazy thing about it is the dude attention was fighting is basically a Sunday school teacher 
So basically, this was like the old equivalent of the Christian being thrown to the lions. Mm-hmm. And of course, Tenshin Asakawa came out with his Ikichi Izawa entrance music. Tomo no, no, Tomo Renai, ah, fuck. Tomo Renai, ha ha. But still, enough about all that BS. Tenshin Asakawa dragged Fritz Kid Tornado behind time for three rounds. And I think I tweeted something out about, you know, I think because of the entrance music that Biotan came out to, he's going to survive round one, but he's going to get knocked out in round two. Boy, was I wrong. Because he got knocked out in round three. Knee to the gut. One minute, 33 seconds. Via knockout. Nasakawa winning over Biotan up in his kickboxing record to 30 and 0. Biotan sees his kickboxing record drop to 12 and 4. And if we're going by combined combat sports records here, Nasakawa improves to 34 0 with 20. Shit, 27 knockouts, I think. It's gotta be that. Yeah, Biotan sees his record drop, combined combat sports record drop to 25 and 5. I'm not even going to ask about Beyond Time because he had no business being in the rising ring. But what's next for Tenshin Asakawa? Well, we got a rise tournament. He's fighting Suikim in June in Osaka. Um, I believe it's a rematch, right? Um, I believe it is. It is? And he's fought so many like Muay Thai people. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think like if he's, if he's fought. I, I gotta believe that they that they that they fought. Oh yeah, this is. A, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you, obviously, but this will be a rematch between him and Sua Kim because they fought at Knockout First Impact back on February twelfth, twenty eighteen. That was a Muay Thai bout. Um, so this will be a kickboxing bout, though. These two will be fighting, uh, mm-hmm. pure kickboxing. But um, so there's that. Um. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about but Takaru recently broke his hand. Uh, we'll be out of for K1 for, uh, I think, a few months. Uh, obviously, the match to make is those two. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, by the way, in that, in that opening uh, opening uh, uh, video they had for uh, for the Rise of 15 show, they showed a lot of Takaru. Like, a lot. Oh, cool. So, I don't and know if they're... There's going to be the fight that... I think that's going to be the fight that needs to be made after Tenshin Nasukawa goes through this Rise Grand of course. Prix, this Rise World Series tournament. Of course. But he also has a fight potentially coming up on June 2nd at Ryzen 16 in Kobe, Kyogo, Japan. It's probably going to be a tune-up fight for that Rise World Series card. When is that uh, Rise World Series Part 2? Um... I know it's in June, but do we know like when it will actually be? Because if, if if that if that the, the uh if I'm correct the um the Ryzen show is at the beginning of June, so yeah, Ryzen show is June second. Yeah, so I would hope that there would be enough time between the two, where like it doesn't have to. Ugh. 
I hope it's not like, like, oh, June 2nd is the uh, Rise and Show. Then next week is the Rise Show. That would be very, very bad. I hope that would... Uh, yeah. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> I'm trying to search all avenues for these, I mean, for this upcoming card, and when is it going to be? Because you're right. It would be a disaster if it's like a one-week thing. Because you're basically telling Tension, hey, we need you to take this tune-up fight. We want to see what you can do against some tomato can jobber we threw, I mean, we flew out for no apparent reason. <laughs> Let me see if I can try to find it. But, um, in terms of, um, attention, um, obviously next, uh, will be, um, will be that Rise thing. Um, in terms of, um, for Ryzen, I mean, I don't know who you put him up against. Because obviously, you, do you want to put him up against a world beater? Fuck no. He's got that, but like, Hmm. Obviously, it's gotta be some. I don't know. It's obviously gonna be somebody who we don't know because if we knew him, probably wouldn't be the fight to make. <laughs> to tell you the truth. Okay, so the next rise event, because they just had one a couple of days ago as of this recording, April 26th. The next rise event, as of this recording, will be on May. 19th at Kurokun Hall. And then after that, the Rise World Series semifinal round will take place in Osaka on July 21st at the Edeon Arena. Oh, okay. So it's a one month. Okay. You could maybe still give him a, a, a high-level kickboxer in that case. Um, since it's a, it is a month apart. I wouldn't recommend it, but uh, you could you could still probably do that. Um, I think, I mean, I still think that they don't want to try and, I mean, Ryzen don't want to try and jinx Tenshin Asukawa by just giving him a damn tune-up fight and expect him to, obviously expect him to win knowing that he lose. It okay. has happened in Japan before. Oh, yes. Where a top, where a top fighter got his ass whooped in what was supposed to have been a tune-up match. Huh. Do I need to retain to you the odds? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. Okay. So, we obviously tensions future. We already know what's going to happen with him. Fritz Biontan. Biontan. What do you do with him? What about their MMA division? Uh, I don't know. Because I know that he was a former URCC Animate World Champ. But still. I don't think the dude... I mean, I really don't think that the dude would be... It's just too much baggage for him to, you know, take a fight in MMA... 
for Ryzen, knowing damn well that all people are gonna remember him by is the knockout loss he just took. What about him versus uh, either Ito or, or Ben Nguyen in an MMA match? Uh, well, shit, I don't know. I think Ben Tendu, I think either or would start him. Oh, I think Ben Nguyen would absolutely start him, but he, you know what? He actually is a good MMA fighter beyond beyond time. I don't know. He might be able to uh, have a competitive fight with uh, with Ito. Um, not so sure about uh, Ben Nguyen, though. Uh, but yeah, well, basically, yeah, beyond time was basically a punching bag for three rounds. And you know what the funny thing was? Uh, tension looked upset that he wasn't able to finish. Bianton so quickly. He looked like angry every time he went back to his corner after the round would end. Like furious. Like like why the fuck is this guy not dead yet? Or why has this guy been knocked down? Um Uh did you see what they did at the weigh ins by the way, where they did the uh the duel? Oh yes, the Dragon Ball Fusion move. That was pretty cool, I thought. Um Hey, listen, you know what, I'm always willing to get most of the time, I should say, willing to give fighters a second chance, and, you know, I thought that at least Biontown at least put up some heart to allow to allow him a, a second chance, and, you know, but at least for, for, what about Taiga versus Biontown in a kickboxing match? No, that's just basically, that's just basically career suicide, dude. Because if Tiger can't beat him... Unless, unless Takaru leaves K1. Unless it's inevitable that he leaves K1. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say anything more than that? Uh, basically, what I was trying to say is... There's no damn way that you're going to just... You know, have a guy come in from K1 like Takaru and just pick apart the bones. Oh, no, no, not Takaru. I said Taiga. Oh, you know? <laughs> we basically talked about how much Taiga... I mean, we basically talked about Taiga taking that loss to Thales and Gomez for Helia earlier. I mean, it would be a great way for him to bounce back. But what if uh, if if uh, Tiger did lose that that kickboxing match to uh, Biagtan? Oh, then his career is over. I mean, his kickboxing career is over. Go take a go take up a new line of work or something, dude. I would agree with that. But uh, gotta say, you know, tension once again with another beautiful finish to add to his already long record of beautiful finishes. And with that, shall we top it off with the main event? Ah, uh, yes. The main event for the first ever Rise and Light Heavyweight Championship of the world. And of course, well, let's just say, this fight has been three years in the making, obviously. I mean, obviously, the Ryzen 2015 Heavyweight Grand Prix 
we all know what happened there. King Bola Wall defeated Yuri Prohaska via knockout in the first round. And, well, we were all expecting King Mo to be this legendary... I mean, we were all expecting the legend of King Mo to begin right then and there, but unfortunately, that didn't happen. King Mo lost. I mean, King Mo fought and... Oh, what am I trying to say? King Mo lost his luster. He lost... No, he fought in Bellator, lost to Phil Davis. He fought two lackluster fights against Satoshi Ihi and Quentin Rampage Jackson, and then he just got taken to the damn woodshed. I mean, obviously. Miracle Kokoff, Liam McGeary. I think he... I mean, I don't know who else he lost to. Oh, yeah, Ryan Bader, the double champion. And, obviously, now we all know what happened here. Yuri Prohaska is now the first Czech fighter. I mean, he's now the first fighter from the old Czechoslovakian Republic to become a major world champion after he defeated King Mola Wall. After he defeated King Molawal, and I'm trying to get the result up, via TKO, punch, three minutes, two seconds of round number two. With the win, Yuri, Yuri Denisha Plohaska improves to 24-3 and three overall, while Muhammad King Molawal, who is, by the way, all of 38 years old, I mean, watching as father time slips away, drops to 21 and 8. I mean, my goodness. What a crazy fall from grace that is. And obviously, in the main event, I mean, obviously in the post-fight speech, Yuri was so happy to finally represent... I mean, Yuri was finally happy to represent the Czech Republic as their first world champion, saying Ryzen's the best, Japan is the best, and he promises he'll be a fighting champion. Oh, wait, actually, he promises to be a... No, wait, actually, he thanks his fans, teammates, coaching staff, and everybody for their support, and King Mo for bringing a great fight. And, of course, King Mo in defeat thanked his fans for coming out, the team at American Top Team in South Florida for helping out, sent some shout-outs to his family and friends and all three of his stops, Vegas, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and Dallas, Texas, in addition to his older daughter being in attendance for the first time and seeing him fight. And he did acknowledge that Yuri Denisha Prohaska is a tough young fighter who's got the potential to hold the Rise and Light Heavyweight Championship for a long time long time but dude I gotta ask I mean I have to ask first of all do you think that King Mo's time in the sun is officially over because I know I picked King Mo to win and it didn't come out on but do you think that King Mo's time is up and do you think I mean who do you think is the best fit for Yuri Prohaska other than Carl Albrechtson to fight for that rising light heavyweight title 
Well, you know, when we've had a preview, preview show, I surmise that probably King Mo, you know, probably doesn't have it based on his record and based on how he's been fighting, doesn't really have it in him as a fight anymore. Also, we also didn't mention, remember he had that one staph infection like a few years ago and that like nearly killed him. Do you remember that staph infection that he got? Yeah, I think I remember that. A lot of people, when they get staph infection, like, it fucks with them. Like, physically. Um, and they don't, a lot of people don't recover, even if they do recover. If that makes any sense. Um, King Mo, at one time, was one of my favorite fighters. Because you knew he was going to knock the motherfucker out on the other side. And if they didn't go down, he was going to put them down and beat them down the ground until they gave up. Or he was going to do it for, for three or five straight rounds. I think that King Mo, unfortunately, he's been through a lot of wars. He's recovered from staph infection. And also a symptom of getting older as well. Also going up in late, a late class as well. Excuse me. Well, not agree with like, but also, you know, going up in late classes for a, a, a lot of fights recently. Um... Unfortunately, this was not his best outing. Also, he looked slow. He looked slow. He looked... He telegraphed a lot of his moves. He didn't do any wrestling as well. You know, wrestling was used to be... He would... You know, this is a guy who could, could, could knock you out. But you know what? If he wanted to take you down to the ground, he could absolutely do that. He was an NCAA division wrestler. Started out his MMA career in what? Japan. Sorry? Division one wrestling. Division one, yes. Division wrestling. Yes. Oh, excuse me. Um, and uh, yeah, this guy was one of the strongest, scariest light heavyweights at one time. Um, yeah. God, he looked. He did not look good in this this match. And I'll also say this about Jiri. You know, Jiri won. He finished him, but even Jiri, you know, was very hesitant during this match. You know, he was, he, he was, I think he, he, he had, you know, he remembered that first fight, you know, and, and the way that, that he, that it ended because of, of his, I don't want to say inexperience, but one of his very first big fights in the, in the finals of a heavyweight tournament that he was in, I guess we can say. So he was, he didn't really start going jeery. Until that third round. And actually the f fight. Probably was going to go to a decision. It looked like. So Jiri may have won. But this wasn't the most. This may have been the least impressive Jiri win. That he's had in Ryzen. In my opinion. Even with the finish. Um, King Mo unfortunately. I think he should hang him up. Sooner rather than later. I would say this, if you wanted to have one more match between the two, because, you know, they are one-on-one, and if you want to have a road match, maybe in Bellator, I'm fine with that. But I don't think King Mo has it, has has many more years in him. He probably, actually, he probably only has months left as a fighter. Also, he did the pro wrestling thing as well, so that also experienced, that, that, that expedited you know, just how, 
you know, you know, injuries and 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 just wear and tear on your body. Don't forget, wrestling. You know, wrestling is a very, very physically taxing sport. And the fact that he went from MMA to wrestling to back probably didn't help as well. What were your thoughts on this fight as well? And also, you know, say what you want about King Mo and uh, Jiri as well. I was really, I was really disappointed in King Mo because, I mean, you could basically tell that in the first couple of rounds, he was basically fighting on autopilot and third round, especially at the beginning of the third round, he was already gassed out. That's the other thing, yeah, I forgot to bring it up as well, but that, yeah, that as well, he was gassed out, and he's not really a guy who really gassed, was he, would you say he was a fighter who gassed out, or had the potential to gas out in, in other matches from maybe like five, six, seven, eight years ago? Uh-huh. Oh, okay, never mind, never mind, I, I, I figured he wasn't really a gasser, but, um, okay, um, what do you think? Do you think that King Mo probably has to hang it up soon? Uh, if he hasn't thought about hanging up the gloves now, he should. I mean, he really should because of the fact that this dude has been fighting for 11 years years now. He started his career off in Japan for Sengoku. He retired Mark Kerr in M1 Global at some weird event in Kansas. He became a star in Strike Force. Obviously, when Zupa bought out the promotion, that star faded away. And it's like, ever since he's been in Bellator, it's been like a roller coaster ride. I mean, granted, yeah, he did win the Rising. I mean, he did win the 2015 Rising Heavyweight Grand Prix as a Bellator representative and then tried to defend that type. I mean, tried to win the Openweight type, Openweight Grand Prix in 2016, only to lose to Mirko in the second, Mirko Krokoff in like the second round or first round. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, it was a second. It was a two part event. Yeah. But. I think the best thing for King Mo, the best thing for King Mo to do, I mean, the best thing that King Mo should do would be to revitalize his options because, let's face it, he was shot. I mean, he was physically shot in that fight. You, you know it. I know it. The fans, I mean, the fight fans around the world know it. He was physically shot. And I'm pretty sure that if he were to take another fight again, it would be detrimental to his health. So, I think the best thing that King Mo should do is revitalize, I mean, revitalize and rethink his options because, I mean, if you think about it, pro wrestling, it would be more lucrative for him. I mean, I would love to see a match between him and Tom Lawler, but even if he do that, I mean, where the hell will his speed go? Where the hell will his tenacity go? 
I mean, does he even have it in the? Does he even have it left in the tank for him to think about doing? I mean, taking up another MMA fight. I mean, would that even be possible for him to take? I mean, I'm just at a loss for words right now. But yeah, like I said, maybe if King Mo thinks about possibly hanging the gloves and the crown up. And calling in a career, I think that would do wonders for him because he doesn't have to put his body to any more punishment. That's, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it, you know it would be great? If he did have one more fight in Ryzen, you know, he started his career in Japan. He should end it in Japan, in my personal opinion. Uh... Yeah, I think he, if he wants to end his career, he should do it in Japan. I know it'll probably be in Bellator because that's just where he's been for like for a long time and for most of his career. But I think uh, a a a proper send off in Japan and Ryzen, even though he he's only he hasn't he's not really a Ryzen guy. Um, I think would be a great way to send him off. I don't know who you fight, have him fight last. I his his. I know Emmanuel Newton isn't with uh, Bellator anymore, um, but you know their 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 matches were probably were, were were quite the thing. They were they 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 were they really were, you know were like light heavyweight classics in my opinion. But I think that uh, Newton would probably probably kill him at this point. Um, I don't know, Jay Kuhn? Jay Kuhn versus King Mo? Now that would be a... That would be a nice fight. But I think that would be better suited for Bellator. But even then, that would be a disaster. And oh, by the way, obviously, King Mo Lawal is now 2-5 and five in his last seven bouts since winning the Ryzen heavyweight so that really puts his fight career in jeopardy. I think he would be a great a great addition to the American Top Team, like coaching. Uh, they could. Oh yeah, most definitely. He definitely be a great coach. I mean, especially because of the fact that you know he would basically be given the next generation of superstars over there some of his expertise. Kind of like what Rondale Silva does now with Evolu Kyle Tai. Yeah, you know, I think, I think this should be his last year as a as a as a full time MMA fighter. Uh, go out, have another match or two in Bellator, have maybe one more match in Ryzen, hang it up, and then come the a full time coach at uh, ATT. Um, for Jiri though, what do you think about the way that Jiri, that Jiri fought in this fight? Do you think that this was the best Jiri? What, what do you What do you think about? How, do you think that Jiri looked impressive in this championship match? Impressive, dude! What are you smoking? The dude was a monster. Well, I'm talking about his his lack of killer. I felt that his killer instinct wasn't set on as much. Listen, compared to how other matches have gone, his the Bruno Capelosa fight, the Carl Albrechtson fight, the Brandon Halsey match. Uh, he, uh, You're right. 
it seemed like Jiri, and that's why I'm saying that Jiri was, he seemed to be hesitant to engage at first. But then when he saw that Mo was slow and telegraphing, that's when he seemed to actually go into Jiri crush mode. And don't forget, these two did have, you know, King Mo did knock him out the first time, so I'm not surprised that he would fight this way. But this definitely didn't seem like the Jiri that we've been so used to seeing in Ryzen. Uh, the J oh, Jiri and JQ match as well. Uh -huh. So this to me was not the most, even though Jiri finished, King Mo wasn't the most impressive Jiri performance. Um... We did talk about G Jiri possibly fighting Carl Albrechtsen. I'll tell you this though, and I said this on Twitter. I think the only person who actually er really earned a title shot against Jiri was Vitaly Shematov. Because Vitaly Shematov did a lot more exciting things than Carl Albrechtsen in that match. And Vitaly Shematov didn't even, didn't even uh, have a match. In fact, I was hoping that at the end that we would have Vitaly Shemitov enter the ring and say, I am your next challenger, Jiri. Uh. He was right there. You know, he didn't have to walk that far to the ring. But that's just me. I, that's what I was hoping would happen. Are uh, you sure you would want to see Vitaly Shemitov compete in his first Ryzen fight and it would be for the Ryzen light heavyweight title? Because... I think that's kind of pushing the envelope a little too far, don't you think? Uh, what about, well, uh, uh, listen. If Vitaly wants to go all in, put him all in. If he thinks he's, if he wants to join up, why not just put him in, just make, you know, make him earn it in the highest way possible. Um, oh, by the way, do you know that Hongman Choi is going to be fighting again, Rujima? Well, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. One more question I want to ask regarding... <laughs> one more question I want to ask regarding the King Mo Yuri fight, and then we'll talk about Hongman Choi fighting in Gunry Ujima. Yeah. King Mo is one and one. No, King Mo took a win from Yuri in 2013. Yep. Here we are two years later. Yuri defeats King Mo in devastating fashion. If we do inevitably see a third fight between these two, would this take place in the Bellator cage? I mean, would do you think it would take place in the Bellator cage or the Rising Ring? And depending on if or if not, King Mo's already shot the shit at that point. I was really doing Bellator. Classic battle compared to their last two belts. No. In fact, I think that Jiri would probably tr finish it in the first round. Oh. Like how he did? I mean, like how King Mo did to him? Yeah. Um. I think it would be in Bellator. Um. But I think. I think. I think the match, I think that Jiri wants to have a match with uh, Ryan Bader, I think. Um, the light heavyweight champion of, Bell, of Bellator right now, uh, Ryan Darth Bader. Um, but I know that a lot, of, a lot of people also want to see a, re a rematch between Vadim Nemkov and Jiri. Considering, oh, yeah. considering the streak that Vadim Nemkov is on, 
Um, at one point, he was an undefeated fighter and was defeated by both, uh, actually, Carl Albrechtson and Jiri. Actually, Jiri's the only person to ever finish uh, Vadim, who basically gave up after round one because he just couldn't take the beating anymore. Um, I think that would be a very interesting matchup to, uh, to have again. Uh, but that will probably be in a Bellator match. Um, I think, you know, I just, you know, I just, you know, I just hope that uh, Jiri is a, is a defending champion. I think he will be. Um, I don't see why not. Um, but, um, congrats to Jiri. I know he won this title. He really wanted it a lot. And he's, he's fought a lot of hard, great matches. And though, while I was impressed with the performance overall... I'm happy that he won, because I'm pretty sure we're going to get a lot more exciting fights in the future from him. Either that, or when it comes down to jury progression, I'm pretty sure he's going to rack up a lot of bodies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what do you think... To close out this program. Well, before you do, before you do, overall, what do you think about the show? Aside from the five consecutive fights where there were decisions and it almost made me want to sleep, the seven fights that ended in a finish, those were probably some of the best fights I've seen, and I'm probably going to see a bit more. As the year progresses, but those were probably some of the best finishes I've seen in a in a while. I mean, aside from the five dull, lackadaisical decision finishes, I wouldn't have been. I probably wouldn't have been surprised if the fight would have ended in all finishes, and it would have made Fuji TV scramble for ideas. Huh. Um. I think this is one of the, the more disappointing shows that Ryzen's put on. It's not the worst. Why you say that? Those, you know, like I said, when we did the preview show, this this show I thought was the best book show in, on paper. Uh-huh. But when those finishes, when those when those decisions started happening, they just followed one another, one another, one another. And it wasn't even that they were exciting fights. Where you could say, you know what? Both fighters put on a hell of a fight, but they were just a better fighter that night. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was either fight, fights where a fighter, mm, excuse me, uh, was fighting, where one guy was fighting, the other guy was not doing a thing. Or, they were, it was supposed to be two brawlers, and said one guy wrestle fucked the other guy for basically almost all three rounds. Or you had um, a two two strong light heavyweights, and one guy just you know totally didn't know what to do after round one, and then the other guy just wrestle fucked the other guy, and then. And then, and then the other match with uh, Reina and SJF, where Reina gets her ass kicked in round one. So she does, she comes back in round two, 
and just does enough to win both rounds. Against a four, she can't finish a four and six opponents, four and five at the time. Excuse me. And so, was this a what? I'm trying to think of like that Ryzen, that Ryzen twelve card that followed Ryzen eleven was very disappointing. That may be that my least favorite Ryzen card so far. But this one was is definitely up there. Uh, like normally when I when before we do a show, you know, I watch the shows live, but you know, sometimes you doze in and out, you know, you sometimes miss some things because you know it's four fucking AM, you know. This fight of this show, I did not rewatch the show before we came here. So Normally I do that, but for this one I was just like, I don't know if I can rewatch this show again, just because of having to go through those those five fights where they just were. And you know, another thing, that's half the card right there, isn't that? Um, I think it's, isn't that half the card? Uh, yeah, the finishes made up over half the card. Seven of the fights ended in finishes. Five okay. Of the fights Ended in crappy decisions. And then even even the one that even the main event which had a which had a finish was still not an impressive outing by by the winner in my personal opinion. Or he could he could have fought better, I guess you could say. Um, and yeah, it was just this was not this was not Ryzen's best outing. Um, and it's it's it was just this is I think I'm trying I'm trying to see who said it. Uh oh. Karif, Karif fan had a great, I think you've summed it up best. Ryzen 15 was a decent show, and he wrote this on Twitter, by the way. You follow him at Karif underscore fan. Ryzen 15 was a decent show, 6 out of 10, but felt like a 4 out of 10 at times due to intermission pacing issues. Sort of worry about the quality of the 2019 year with this, with, 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 when this is the standard of their A When this is the standard of their A shows, and we have Kobe coming up. Um... I know that Cerebral Vigilante as well had some very um, not so positive things as well. Let me see what he said. Um, oh, uh, uh, this is from uh, PVT Suave uh, on Twitter. He said it was not the best card, but it was more than good enough for me to order the next pay per view. Um, Which will be Ryzen 16 Kobe. Uh, let me see. Let me see. If this is what um. No. Um. Let me try to find what what Cerebral Vigilante said because he said something very. I like what he said about um. About it. Um. Oh. Yeah. It, it was um. Let's see. Oh, by the way, also, you know that Eddie Alvarez was, was, uh, was watching this, was watching Ryzen 15 Live? Wow, in Tokyo. I mean, no, not in Tokyo. Yeah. In Yokohama. Not everything is from, not everything that's from Japan is in Tokyo, Marks. <laughs> um, try and, where did he, uh, I know that he replied back to me about, about that, uh, Oh, Ryzen 15 was a good show. Nothing over the top, no surprise results. Some strong finishes, and two action-packed fights. 
I kinda enjoyed UFC Russia 2 more. Higher level of competition and more brutal stoppages. Nice weekend of action. I also want to just read the comment from my friend Japan, who watched it on Fuji TV as well. Um, this will be the last um, feedback that I uh, that I that I'll read. Uh, uh, Take your time. Take your time. Okay, here's what he what he wrote. Uh, oh, uh. Damn it, I just lost it. Uh... Okay, ah. Um... He said that the, that the Japanese broadcast show sucked. Tension's match was on the air three times. Other matches were almost digest. Um, so it sounds like they were repeating the tension match a bunch of times. Um, on the live television show. Um, he said that the, also the last one FC show was better. Wow. <laughs> and you know what? In terms of, like, exciting matches where it made me want to watch next, or, you know, I'll, I'm going to tune into the Ryder, next Ryder show regardless. So that's, but, like, with the one FC show, like, a bunch of those fights made me want to see what happens next. And this Ryzen show, unfortunately, just didn't do, you know, it. this was not the best outing for a lot of those fighters who I'm normally excited to see. And you listen, not every fight has to be a finish in the first round, in the first 30 seconds. But it's how the fighters fight. It's the stakes that are there. It's how they, they, try, they try to do it. It's, try, it's how they try to finish or make the attempt to finish. And for those five decision fights, that very... It, did not happen. There was a lot of, there was not a lot of, um, uh, fight IQ, proper fight IQ, and p fighters realizing, you know, I need to, I need to finish this now, as well. But uh, I also want to ask, uh, do you have a, f uh, I know we, I think we mentioned it before, but I just want to get in, uh, it as well. You have a fight night and performance of the night, Christian? My performance of the night went to... I mean, my performance of the night goes to Yuri Prohaska, obviously, because of the way he dominated. Actually, no. My co-performance of the night honors goes to both Tension and Yuri Prohaska for dragging their opponents for three rounds only to finish them off decisive. <laughs> My knockout of the night went to Dallison Gomez knocking out Tiger in the beginning of the fight card and obviously submission. The only submission of the night, Kanaka Murata tapping out Sarayo Rosco via Von Flu choke or Guillotine choke, by the way. <laughs> Oh, I agree. Well, I'm gonna, my my two performances tonight: Kyoji Horiguchi for dismantling Ben Wynn so quickly in round one, and to the Thousand Gomez Ferreira for basically taking out Taiga and being the ma a major underdog in that match. 
I see. Listen, you know, that's not to say that Murata's win was not impressive or Tensions was not impressive. Jiri's wasn't or that D'Souza's wasn't. Uh, um, I just thought that those, you know, given who those were and, and you know, how they did it was just the more impressive, just impressive um, win uh, performances. Friday night, Ray said before, uh, Roberto Satoshi D'Souza versus Satoru Kitaoka because they both went in there and they both had had two an, two amazing fucking fights, uh, two amazing rounds. Uh-huh. And, yeah, submission attempts, try and knock each other out. They, you know, it was fucking great, that fight. Definitely one of my favorite rising fights of the year. I see. And, of course, the next time that the Rising Fighting Federation will be doing an event, of course, y'all already know, Rising 16, Kobe Diogo Japan, Kobe War Memorial Hall, June 2nd. Four fights have already been rumored, including fights with Kai Asakura, Kana Asakura, Ayaka Hamasaki defending the Rising Super Animate World Championship, and a tune-up fight for Tenshin Nasakawa. But we'll get to those fights in our next installment of the We Are Rising podcast. Now, before we close out the show, and we've been recording for a long while now, I mean five hours, obviously, but you wanted to talk to me about Hong Man Choi fighting in Ryujima. I just thought it was funny. Right? I don't know why. I just thought it was funny. Hong Man Choi is fighting in, in, in Ganrujima. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. You don't think that he has a chance? Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Oh, by the way, I think he's going to be fighting on May 11th in Ganrujima. I guess he has a little bit of a chance. I don't know. Hey, I just hope whoever his opponent is won't be like. I mean, I just hope his opponent ain't gonna, you know, get pushed over easily. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully yeah. not. But other than that, man, it's been fun doing another one of these long, drawn out, detailed podcasts with you. I yeah. Mean, I can't wait. I mean, I'm looking forward to the next installment already because I know that we're going to be, I mean, when the next time we're going to be doing these, we're going to be doing these in, like, late May. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, as I am the first to go out, I would like to say thank you all for listening in and checking out our podcast. You can check me out on Twitter at ChrisGary92. You can follow Focus Fights. We are cover. I mean, you can follow Focus Fights. Us covering the landscape of uh, the Japanese. I mean, basically, we cover all the aspects of the global MMA scene that doesn't revolve around those dastardly three letters or you know a certain promotion that lies about their viewers. We'll cover all, every singles we'll cover every single speck of the mma landscape until there's nothing left to collect you can follow us on facebook twitter i mean you can follow us on facebook and twitter at focus fights like us on facebook by the way and you can check out our youtube channel where we 
well, actually, the only interview of note so far is the WBFF, I mean, WB, WBKFF interview we had. But, yeah, you can follow us on, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. And, of course, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WeAreRisingPod. You can follow Andrew Benjamin at abenger one on Twitter. And I think the floor is yours. Yep, uh, just, you know, thank you for everybody who tunes in, uh, who listens. We got a lot of positive feedback on the Lenny Hart interview that we did. I'm really happy about that. You know, it was, it was an absolute blast talking to to, to her. Um, we did a bunch of interviews as well covering Rise of 15. By the way, as well, to uh, watch replay of Rise of 15, it is available on Fight TV for your viewing pleasure. Um, and the way how you can spell that is F-I-T-E. Um, as well, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, we will be having uh, more uh, special guests uh, to talk about MMA-related, uh, Ryzen-related stuff. Um, and we'll be having some uh, special interviews as well coming up. And I look really forward to um, everything we're going to cover. We'll definitely be covering the Rise show. We'll definitely be covering uh, Bellator uh, 222. If we don't cover the entire show, we'll at least be covering the Kyoji Horiguchi uh, Darren Caldwell match. Um, there, uh, yeah, uh, but you know, up, uh, you know, if there's a quintet show in between now and then, or any important other JMMA event, we'll definitely we'll definitely try to cover it as well. Um, I know one of the things as well is you know I uh, we have a, a big fan. Uh, uh, Bill Lotzi, Bill Lotzi on Twitter, um, let me just make sure, Bill S, Lotzi, Lotzi 2 on Twitter, you know, he wants us to also cover Rebels, uh, try to, you know, I'll try to cover them, the only problem is, is that it's very hard, I, I think it's very hard, and I'm also, I'm hesitant to cover promotions that don't make tape, because my belief is, if you don't, if you're not putting on tape, then you're basically saying that you just want you're saying that you're not, that your show is not important enough for me to watch, and I don't care if it's in Japanese. I don't... Basically, it's like what it's like the old saying goes: if it don't make tape, it don't make cash. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, rebels. You know, rebels is you know I'm pretty you know is you know well known kickboxing promotion, but and the same thing is with some deep shows. Some deep shows don't even make tape as well. So. It's very hard for it's very hard. It's my it's just my personal belief that I don't I don't like if Ryzen did a show that didn't make tape. I would like the one that happened in April of twenty sixteen. Um, which one was that? Well, here's it was available on on like Russian streams or like Chinese streams or no, something. No, actually, it was available on a Chinese stream. Yeah, like it was a way. It was much better if it didn't get. If it didn't get shown at all, well, that's the thing. You know, if the show makes tape, I don't care if it's not in my language. I don't care. I'll wa- I'll watch it. But if the show doesn't even make tape, it's very hard for me to just go off results, go off, you know, a live thing or something like that. That's just my personal belief when it comes to um stuff like that. But we'll you know we'll definitely be covering covering at least Rise, the kickboxing um thing when that comes up. Um, again, Rise is sixteen. Um, if there's any breaking news, we get you know we'll definitely be covering that. And um, oh, we we might have uh, we might finally get around to doing an inter- that uh, review of uh, Godzilla Final Wars 
which um yeah i haven't watched the movie yet on my part i need to get to that <laughs> well i i also have a friend who would be also joining in with that as well he's the uh i guess you could say he's the godzilla a kaiju expert so if you, if you don't get a chance to watch it you can always ask questions like i don't know i don't know if you're a godzilla fan or not or watch any of those movies but... i'm not i mean I'm not your normal type of kid. I don't really get off into Star Trek, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Basically, yeah, <laughs> I'm not your typical pop culture kid because I don't really get off into stuff like that, including Godzilla. <laughs> um, I mean, mostly because over here in the states, and I don't know why, but the previous three films that were made about Godzilla here in the states have all been flops. One of which, the 1998 version, had a great soundtrack. <laughs> now they're making a new Godzilla, King of the Monsters, coming up next month. Yep. Um, but yeah, other than that, we got some great things coming up. And we'll definitely, you know, oh, we have a Discord now as well. Um, it's Rising FF Fans. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm still getting used to Discord. I don't know a lot about it, but I'm I'm still getting used to it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just, we're just going to be doing a lot more things. Try to do a lot more audience interaction. You know what? You should share the link to that store. You should share the link to that particular server. I will share it to you, and you can share it to the world. Yeah, go ahead, because I don't know how. I still, I'm, I'm still totally unfamiliar with uh, this Discord thing. Um... I understand. I will help. But other than that, this has been another presentation of the We Are Rising Pod. The We Are Rising Pod. We are grateful for you enjoying it with us, and we are thankful that you are, I mean, that you guys are true fight fans like us. Until next time when we talk about the Rising Fifth. Until next time when we, what am I trying to say? Until next time, fight fans, when we talk about the Ryzen 16 preview, just remember, like the legendary Scream Queen Lenny Hart always says, Take care, everybody. Have a good night.